it going, Yamitators? Episode 55 with Adam Murray. This is the longest episode to date. This is uh, this went over four hours. So buckle up, because it was a good one. We talked a lot. We covered a lot. We talked about stand-up. We talked about sketch. We talked about animation. We talked about movies. We talked about TV. We talked about The Simpsons and Futurama. We got way into a lot of stuff. D&D, you name it. Okay, so... Uh, go to facebook.com slash Yamatat with Doug Culp. Comment, question, review, rate on iTunes and Stitcher. Please, please, please. It'll, it would mean so much to me and to everyone who wants to get this the word out of this show to everyone else. Um, I'm going to keep talking about our apartment comedy show. Right now, I am getting gently nudged out of uh, my current living situation because uh, my the 50-year-old El Salvadorian lady is weird and she doesn't like it when people use her bathroom. And I've let a lot of people use the bathroom because that's we really, really weird to not let someone use the bathroom. Um, anyway, uh, my Twitter's at Dougathan. Oh yeah. So I'm looking for a place, you know, you know, so if anyone, uh, if anyone has any, has any, uh, rooms or whatever, you know, just, just, just shout, shout at me. Um, I don't, I don't know. At Dougathan, D-O-U-G-A-T-H-A-N and at Yamatat for the podcast. So yam it up with me and Adam Murray. Yeah, this is a strange looking living room we got here. <laughs> this makes a little more sense. It, I mean, it's cozy. <laughs> There's a bed for you for guests. Yep. yep. It's the guest bed. Oh. Would you like a coaster? Uh, sure. Even though that's a <laughs> it's a warm drink, but you know, just yeah, that's just to use them because I have coasters now. I want your. Is this your office? This is my room. Is your where do you sleep then? There's my bed right behind you. Oh, okay. It's a fold-up deal. <laughs> I walked three and a half miles to get it, and it's in. It was in uh, Silver Lake, and then because I, I was like, it's on wheels, I'll just push it back. So the way that I went to get it, there was like so many hills and so many stairs because it was like cutting <laughs> cutting through like the around way around through Silver Lake. Yeah, just like instead the snake of, yeah, streets. Instead of going down Sunset, like and then around. I took, I, t- I went up, I literally, I went up this hill that was like, really the incline was, this is 45 degrees, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, at least. Um, and it was excruciating to get there. So then I was like, all right, well, there's no way I'm taking that way back mm-hmm. with a rolly bed. So I'll just uh, roll it back. And then I chronicled the whole thing on Vine. And uh, <laughs> there were a couple times where I laid it out. And I had someone like vine me sleep like fake sleeping for six seconds. <laughs> yeah. When um, wow, oh, this would be a good story for the podcast or not? Probably not. But when I was living back when I was living in Philly, my girlfriend was like going. She we went to college together, me and my girlfriend. Okay. And she was going back to Arizona for the summer, and I was going to stay in Philly because I had I had a house in Philly and everything, and she was changing apartments. You had a house? Yeah. Like. Had you had purchased rented rented a house renting a house but it was ready it was a three story house five bedrooms two and a half bathrooms basement can I guess how much the rent was good one hundred thousand dollars a month but really what seven hundred 
for me personally or altogether? Altogether. Altogether, it was thirteen hundred. Whoa! For a five-bedroom, three-story house with two two and a half bathrooms, full kitchen, washer, uh, washer dryer, dishwasher, parking, of course. Parking. Well, we didn't. None of us had cars. Oh, <laughs> that's the thing. When you like living in Philadelphia, you can get pretty much anywhere. Public transportation. Not even that. Well, like, but the public transportation in Philly, SEPTA sucks. Like the bus line is awful. Uh... And the subway is, there's really, like, two subways, like, main subways. Yeah. But everyone, like, rides bikes in Philly. Like, it's, like, the number one or two, like, biking city in America. Not not a lot of hills, or? Not really, no. Okay. Especially where we were living. We were living in South Philly, uh, like, right off of Broad Street. So, like, when you see, like, if you're watching, like, an Eagles game, and you see, like, the shot of the clock tower in City Hall, like, that's the street we were living on, pretty much. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, but the story. Um, but yeah, the the house and the Yeah, uh so she was going out she's going back to Arizona and then she's like, Can I just keep my stuff from my former apart my last apartment in your basement? Like, yeah, sure. Um and so we had like we didn't have a truck or anything, so what we were doing is like it was about like a six block, maybe eight block difference between where my place was and her old place. Yeah. So we went to the Acme, uh and I was like, Well if we're gonna do this we're gonna get a shopping cart. Went to the Acme because, like, I just always remember, like, <laughs> oh, if I needed to, like, transport something when I was a kid, I would just go to, like, the shop right near my house and take a shopping cart. Not a big deal. <laughs> we go... We go to the Acme, and I'm pushing the shopping cart, like, mm-hmm. off the like, premises, and it gets to a point where it just, like, stops dead and hits me in the stomach. Mm. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why isn't this wheel moving? With? <laughs> I was That's how I learned about, like, the electronic like fence oh yeah yeah some of the carts i had never that was the first time i experienced it (laughs) and instead of just letting it go instead of just being like well i guess we're not taking a shopping cart today we're just gonna fucking leave it and so they have it so it's built like the one wheel doesn't move and then there's a wheel on the back that has like a brace on it kind of yeah. It's like there's the wheel. I've like, seen it. I've just never like, seen it activated. It's like it's not like it's kind of like a boot almost, but it's made so you can't tilt the shopping cart up. <laughs> so for like three blocks to get back to our my house, I was just in like I think it was like middle or no, it was the beginning of June in Philly. So it was like super humid out. <laughs> so hot. And then I'm just pushing on like one wheel, a shopping cart like up. <laughs> And I took it back to my house, and I dismantled the back wheel so I could be able to tilt it up. <laughs> it was the worst. And then my girlfriend's like, we should have just gotten a truck. I'm like, I'm not getting a truck. Like, I was just so <laughs> indignant. I'm like, no, I'm not going to be beaten by a shopping cart. This is easier. And this free. is so much easier and free to do. <laughs> Look how much I'm sweating. You told was, me you wanted you wanted me to work out. It was the worst. So this was it. <laughs> oh, God, it was such a nightmare. It's just the two of us, mm. and my girlfriend is five foot two and a hundred pounds soaking wet, so she can't really carry like <laughs> heavy things. Yeah. So the shopping cart could problem exactly. solved. Yeah. <laughs> problem eventually solved. <laughs> problem, eventually, <laughs> problem eventually solved through just yelling and sheer force of will. And sheer force of will. It's <laughs> <laughs> just not giving up. Uh, pushing go, a shopping cart. go! I like. Go! I got home, I brought it into our living room, I sat down on the couch, I opened up, like, a tool chest, and I took, I, like, just looked for anything that could dismantle, like, the, like, the back boot. 
and it just you're like, like you're like hey babe I can you give me some dynamite I, yeah I didn't <laughs> actually I didn't manage taking it off even I like Ooh. just <laughs> like wrecked it enough to where it was like pushed up like I took a hammer and just started yeah. hitting it yeah. and loosening the bolts <laughs> and I was like well this will work Well played. Are we recording right now? Well played, now? sir, yeah. Oh, we are? Yeah. Oh, jeez, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I felt... This is our voice on TV. Oh, nice. <laughs> this is my... Oh. Yep. I felt really bad, because I was walking over here, and it, could ha- it probably happens to you, too. Um, it happened to me a lot in Philly, but there was, like, a woman who was about, like... 10, 15 feet ahead of me, and we're mm-hmm. both walking in the same direction. Ugh. And I kept getting the look over. Yeah. And I felt, and it's it's not the worst. It's the it's the worst because one we have to we live in a society where like that's yeah. become the norm and that's and that's like a hard. real legit fear for that's, them to have, which yeah. is horrifying and sad that that's the world we're living in. And you probably have a greater stride than she does. Yes. Yeah. I'm six foot two, and <laughs> she was much shorter, and I just and she gave me the look over, and then. I did, like, the worst thing you could do was I smiled. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh. I was like, I, was, I think I said, how are you doing? And I had my hood up, and I look, look I look like I've been sleeping in a coal mine. So, <laughs> I just felt, I felt awful. What you should have said was, no, no, not rape, podcast, podcast. Yeah, just, <laughs> that would have made it better. <laughs> She just thought of some weird Russian immigrant in the neighborhood. The, no, church, rape, the no church rape. is right there. Yeah. What if you said that? And she was like, oh, okay. Gosh, I wish someone would just say that every uh, once in a while. I got that uh, when I was living in Philly. I used to like grow my beard like super big and bushy. Mm-hmm. And then I would like get home at night from the studio. And just when I was walking around, I would get it so much. I just felt like I felt like the worst person. And I was just like, I just don't want to be... The person who's installing fear in a woman, ever, and I, it's the terrible thing that we live like this. And I just, I, under, I completely understand where they're coming from. I just imagine you also are wearing a shirt that says, "Just walking home, nothing else." <laughs> oh, oh god! But yeah, in Philly, I got it a lot. I got, I got cross streets oh. to where if I was walking behind somebody, somebody would cross the street, and I understand. But yeah. I felt so like I just feel terrible. Yeah, it's just a little heartbreaking because you're like, no, no, uh, no. I, mean, I know you want to be safe, but I did. <laughs> I wish. Oh God! What do you want to talk about? <laughs> so, uh, how long you been? Uh, how long you been doing comedy? Oh, God. Well, here's the, here's the weird thing. I never, like, I never had the, I guess, vision or, like, the idea that I'd be doing, like, live comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to college for film and animation, uh, and I had, like, this whole site set on doing animation for a living, which is what I actually do, Yeah. and doing comedy through that. But then, I think, like, my second year of art school, I started doing uh, video sketches. Yeah. And then I started, like, I started, like, turning out maybe, like, one or two, like, one or two every, like, five months. Uh, and that was back when I had, like, full exposure to, like, a whole bunch of equipment and everything. Yeah. And so I was making those, and then I started doing stand-up in Philly. Um, and this was about, God, almost three years ago now. Okay. Uh... Yeah, I just started doing stand-up in Philly because I had a friend who was like, hey, I'm running this stand-up show at this bar. Do you want to come do so? I was like, I've never done stand-up before. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And then when I did stand-up, and the stand-up I did then is far and away different, <laughs> much more different from the comedy that I do now. Yeah. I think... It was How much, much time did, did they give you? Or was it just an open mic? Like it no, it was like a it was like a show. I got ten minutes like my first time. What? No. This is an, uh, <laughs> if Alex Perlman listens That's to this, dangerous. he'll probably like <laughs> Alex Perlman's a Philly comic. He's a really really funny dude. Um, <laughs> but I went up and it was like I was in a lineup of people who were like clearly veterans, seasoned, like, like, like seasoned yeah, standups yeah. in Philadelphia, and then I went up. I did ten. And I, I was very drunk. <laughs> I was like maliciously drunk. But I, I, I don't know. Because you were probably nervous. Oh yeah, I was incredibly nervous. Um, <laughs> I just went up and I did ten minutes, and I think like uh, I had a joke about um, if uh, being an organ donor covers your face for face transplants, <laughs> because I don't want to die and then have my face donated to a person needs a face transplant but they turn out to be like a serial killer okay as you can see very very edgy that was the perfect response to it okay. yeah I, I can see the concern in that, that. Was, uh, oh, i can see where i can see where the joke was yeah that was the perfect reaction as you can see it's clearly very edgy mm, yes um, uh indubitably yeah. uh, and then I ended up I ended up doing a few more shows in Philly for a while, and then the, when I stopped going to do shows was I was doing a show where I just absolutely bombed, and I had to fo- I bombed after following uh, an improv team, uh, and the improv team did thirty minutes. Whoa. The show the show the show was just like absolutely lawless. Like it was just like whatever. Yeah. Um, Did they do really well? No. <laughs> the uh, thing is, it was an audience uh, of like 12 people. So there was an improv group doing 30 minutes of improv that was just to a room of silence. Yep. It was one of my favorite things to watch. I was just sitting in the back. I'm just like, I'm following this. <laughs> but it was just silent. The only noise was them on stage acting their hearts out uh, for the scenes they were doing. Uh, and then I went up and I just was, I think I was just angry. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, ah, what? I just bombed, and I bombed horribly. And then that was the last time I did. And I ended up moving out of Philly like a couple months, like I think like two months later to move here. <laughs> that was the show. That was, that the, was show the show that pushed you. <laughs> well, was, well, then I came. I moved out here. I ended up. Um, this is weird. Through Twitter, uh, do you know Adam Cousins? Mm-mm. He's a stand-up here. Uh, I know Adam Brothers. Yeah, Adam Brothers. Uh, Adam Cousins is a really good. Uh, <laughs> Really good friend of mine. Um, I met him through, like, Twitter. Yeah. Weirdly. Like, we were just following each other on Twitter, and then, I, like, he was like, hey, do you live in Los Angeles? I was like, no, but I'm moving there. And through him, I ended up, like, getting booked on, like, a few shows when I first moved out here to do stand-up. Yeah. Uh, like, smaller shows, nothing, like, crazy. Uh, just, like, $100,000 a night. Yeah. <laughs> like, some of the smaller stuff. Small time. Yeah. Um, no, but through him, like, I... Ended up, like, I got, through him, I went to Dave Ross's birthday party, like, the second week I moved yeah. to Los Angeles. Yeah. So, I got, I ended up meeting a lot of really awesome stand-ups, like, when I first moved out here. Yeah. Uh, and were, then... Were Dave and Will roommates then? I don't know. Possibly. How long ago was this? <sighs> At least, uh, a little bit over two years ago. Or it might have been two years ago, exactly. Okay. 
But, uh, yeah, and then I got, I started doing some shows that he helped me get booked on, and then it got to a point where I was just, I was like, I, I don't have the brain for stand-up. Mm-hmm. And I, I say that because, first of all, stand-up is incredibly difficult uh, to do, but, like, the way <laughs> my creative... <laughs> This is going to sound so fucking pretentious. Uh, But the way, like, my creative brain works for comedy is, with stand-up, it's a lot of repetition. You go up, you perform, and you work on that, and you try to iron out your set over however long it takes, and you build up your set. I have a brain where I like to, like, write something and make it and put it out there, and then move on immediately to the next next thing, thing, which is why I've, like, made the complete transition to doing sketch, like, primarily doing sketch. Yeah. And then... and. I when I look back, like my biggest influences for comedy have always been like sketch or acting related. It hasn't really been a lot of stand ups. SNL. A lot of SNL. SCTV. Yeah, uh, Kids in the Hall, big mm-hmm. time. Because mm-hmm. um, I grew up. UCB. A, a lot of UCB. When I came on, that was like a big deal. I got through UCB through Kids in the Hall. Yeah. Because when I was growing up, I would come up <coughs> to school, and on Comedy Central, they would have Kids in the Hall episodes playing at, like, 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock. That's awesome. Because they, they just owned all those episodes. <laughs> and so I'd watch those up until dinner, and then after dinner was Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> but that was, yeah, Kids in the Hall was a big, big influence. And then through that, my dad was like, well, if you like this, you'd probably like Monty Python. And then transition from there it all went from there it all went from there yeah. <laughs> as a john cleese is like one of the bigger influences like for me comedy wise when yeah. i think about it i still haven't seen faulty towers faulty towers is amazing okay uh, I, I, had, I had a roommate uh in college who really loved faulty towers and i he had all the dvds so i ended up just watching them through like the course of a week <laughs> how many seasons is it oh god i forget <coughs> It was also a time I was not doing a lot. <laughs> like my se- it was like my junior year of college, and I was just not really doing anything. Yep, yep. Um, so, what's your favorite part about doing sketch? Um, about doing what you do. When I, I you guess you do sketch and animate. Yes, I do animate too. What's your favorite part about uh, both of those? Uh, my favorite part about sketch. If I had to break it down, it's probably... It's a video aspect, which... Like, I love performing live. I love doing live sketch. I haven't done live in a while. And I'm trying to do more. Like, that's my resolution in mm. comedy for the year, which is really lame. To do more <laughs> live uh, sketch. Um, I didn't even make, make a resolution, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, I don't like to say that I'm a filmmaker. I, I hate that term. Say it. Say no, it. I'm not going to. I hate to hey, say Adam. it. Hey, Adam. Yeah. Are you a filmmaker? No. <laughs> I, I make, I make four-minute-long comedy videos that I put on YouTube, <laughs> and they have some high production quality to them. And Are I, you a short filmmaker? <laughs> I mean, they're technically Do not. you use a red camera? I don't. Uh, I don't use a red those are a nightmare to work with, or so I've heard. First of all, they're super expensive, so they're like a, I think a kit alone is like sixteen grand for like yeah, a basic kit. I think just for the camera alone, it's like ten grand. Jesus. Uh, my my favorite thing about the sketch aspect is doing comedy, but 
in a cinematic form. I guess that's the simplest way to put it. Yeah. Because I... And I've made... Making it look crisp, but yeah. also making people laugh. Exactly. That's... I When I, like, moved out here, too, I didn't have... I was barely working. I had, like, no money. And so, like, the only thing I was really able to do was, like... I call them couch sketches. Mm-hmm. Where it's two guys sitting on a couch in an apartment that's probably beige because every apartment in Los <laughs> Angeles is a weird color beige. Yep. Uh, and then something like weird happens. And I'm, I've made so many of those this <laughs> before. And then like, I got to a point where I was like, I rather stop trying to put out a sketch a week, like on my own and have it just be shit. <laughs> yeah. And focus more on making it look Good. like something you'd see on TV. Yeah. Maybe have other people involved. So yeah, that have other. That's and I, I. So the pressure's not on all on you the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that and then I was like, I was like, is that worth? And I was looking at and then that's when Key and Peele came out a couple of years ago. I was like, oh yeah, it's totally worth it. Yeah. And the director of that stuff, uh, Pete Intensio, was actually I've realized I was like a big fan of his beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know Super Deluxe? Uh, I've heard of it. I it was a website that. Uh, Turner Broadcasting made. It was, like, kind of before Adult Swim bought it, but Super mm. Deluxe was a website that Turner Broadcasting had for, like, online comedy, and then I think it was, like, right around when YouTube had also come out, so it was, like, it, they were oh. birthed at the same time, so this is probably, like, 2006, um, and Turner Broadcasting was just throwing money at, like, comedians to make stuff, <laughs> Yeah. and I've heard uh, people talk about this, uh, uh, Jonah had a show on there called, um, the Freeloader's Guide to Easy Living. <laughs> so it was him, him, Neil Mahoney, and Pete Atencio wrote it. And Pete directed it, and Jonah was, like, the star of it. Nice. And so they made, like, I think it's like, an eight-episode <laughs> series of just, like, <coughs> how to, like, how to, like, live the easy life. And it's all ridiculous. Like, one of them is how to get free drinks <laughs> at a bar, and Jonah gives you, like, a rundown of, like, all the stuff you do. And it's, like, you yell dance party, and people get up, you just start drinking all the alcohol <laughs> But the best thing, the the sketches there all have such great turns in them. Yeah. So in the one, like, how to get free drinks, uh, he actually, like, touches a girl's butt, and then he does the thing, he's like, it's called time to pass the buck. And then he goes, I didn't do it, this guy did it. And they just turn on the guy who did it, and they eventually drag him into the back of the kitchen and shoot him in the face. <laughs> it's, like, it's such a great turn. There's one with, like, a brunch where they're like, oh, uh, oh, uh, Jonah brings, like, old donuts from a dumpster mm-hmm. and then they like go bad and it causes an alien to burst out of Neil Mahoney's stomach <laughs> and then it turns into like a scene from <laughs> from Alien where the alien gets into the vents and is running around <laughs> and you know you know Demorge yeah. Demorge Brown yeah. he's in it as like this old <laughs> commander and so it turns into like a parody of Alien it's it's they, you should look them up the Freeloaders Guide to Easy Living they're fantastic okay um, but yeah that's I think that's my favorite thing about Sketch is able to make comedy in a cinematic art form. I think that's my favorite part because I love movies so goddamn much. Yeah. And to be able to do it, do comedy that way, I really enjoy. And animation... I, I mean, I don't think... lightly. Well, it's, really, it's like, what else is there to say? It's like, you get to make cartoons for a living. It's like, yeah, I can complain about like, being bored sometimes during, an, like, an animation jobs, but it's, like, you look at it, it's like, oh, I'm making cartoons for a living. Yeah. I really can't, I really have no room to complain. And you watch the finished product? Yeah. Because when you're, while you're making it, you're like, 
you're probably like, oh, this will be cool. Or do you see it in motion, like, in pieces when you're making it? Or, like, how... Because I don't know how many steps go in. Like, I don't uh, I don't know a lot about that. I'll, I'll give, um... <laughs> I'm Mr. Pickles. This is how we, uh... Also, we got a second season of that. Yeah, yeah nice. The second season of Mr. Pickles will be coming out. Who knows? Uh, but, um, the way... The, like, the step-by-step we did for Mr. Pickles is we would have... Will and David make the script. Um, we'll... Will Carcel and Dave Stewart, who are the creators of the show. And Sean Conroy. Uh, do you know... Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was the head writer of the show. Nice. Uh, so the three of them would make the script. It goes from script to uh, storyboard. So Will and Mike Mayfield, who was our animation director, would go through storyboard out. You know what a storyboard looks like. Yeah. Then we take that storyboard. Uh, when we do voice recording, we do the teleplay for it. Drop that in, we make an animatic, which is basically just when the storyboard moves. Yes. So okay. everything's timed out. You see how long the scenes go. So it's kind of good. It's like it's like the episode, but very crudely drawn with very little animation, if any. Yeah. Uh, then from there, uh, rough animation. So you have a team of animators go in, do a usually rough, very like not clean designs, but they get the motion down for the animation. Okay. And then I was on cleanup for the show. So then after that, it gets passed to me. And then I do, I go in, I go and clean it up, do the lines, add in like any figures or anything. Pretty much what uh, you see before it goes to TV is what uh, I was doing. Hmm. So I would get, I would get like a character. It'd be like his head pack. Also, it's digital animation. Okay. Uh, so digital animation is much easier to make now <laughs> uh, than hand drawn pencil and paper because yeah, like you probably get like. If the head moves, then you just take the head and, like, bob it yeah. down a little well, we bit. we have, or... on Pickles, we have character packs that are just huge, and they have the character's body at, like, a full 360-degree rotation yeah. and different angles and all this. <laughs> uh, so you could really just go in and just you drop in whatever head you need, and you can control the mouth, like, everything. It's it's a much easier process than animating used to be. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so then I would go in and just clean it up, make it look pretty. And yeah. then it goes to compositing, and they put whatever effects they want on it. And so it was, we were kind of like the last line before TV. Cool. Uh, that was our process on Pickles. And every show's different, like the show I'm working on now. Um, can you talk about it? Yeah, I'm a, I don't know if I can say the name of the show. It's for Fusion TV. It'll be out <laughs> sometime soon. Um, <coughs> I just noticed there's a theremin in your room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I hook it up sometimes. To my amp. Do you just try to creep out your neighbors? No, I don't play it as much as I should. It's really hard. Have you played one? No. <laughs> I want to after. <laughs> okay. I, really want, I really want to go swing at it. <laughs> I'm looking for a ghost to scare my family. It's yeah. another thing for him to use my theremin. Yep, and also uh, alien abduction. See, I would just... If I had neighbors I didn't like, I would just play that next to the wall the whole time and just do the creepy, like, <laughs> just, like, at certain moments through the night. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, yeah, the, mm. yeah, the show I'm on now, we're doing, like, the designs are already made up, so we, then we just go and it's, like, whoever's animating whatever scene is in charge of, like, layout, keyframing it, <clears throat> pretty much every step through animation. Every show is different, though. FusionTV.com, you said? I think it's a channel now. Like an actual TV channel. Online? 
Or no. No, oh, okay. on, the, on the cable. Okay. I know Paul F. Tompkins has a show on there. Oh, nice. That No You Shut Up show with puppets. No You Shut Up? Yeah, it's called, <laughs> no, it's called No You Shut Up. It's a talk show. Uh, but yeah, it's a show with puppets on there. Nice. Uh, yeah, and, and animation's fun. Uh, <laughs> it's a living! It's a li- it, it really is. It's so, I like... I'm super grateful that I get to work in it, and I can, like, live off of it. Um, I've, I've been trying to make the transition to get to the point where I can do, like, more live-action stuff full-time as a career. Yeah. Uh, just because after going from... Like, I'll, I'll take a month or two, and I'll, like, make, like, three sketches in, like, the span of, like, a month and a half. Mm-hmm. And those are on my weekends, and it's just like after going from a weekend of like making something and then editing it and like seeing the final like like product, after doing that and then you go back to just sitting at a desk and you draw most yep. of the day. It's so it's like it feels stifling, at least for me. Like yeah. I'm sure I'm sure there's people who do the same thing that I'm doing, but then they go to an animation and they really just love. And they're like, oh, finally back to back to drawing. Back to the yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I back to the year. drawing board. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> back to the. $2,000 drawing board <laughs> yeah. that we draw on. Um, no, it's just, it just become like a thing where it's starting to feel more safe. Like, I don't know if that's because I'm just burnt out on it because I've been working, I've been steadily working for the past almost over a year, I think. Bragger. Yeah. <laughs> Once I was on, yeah, in February, I'll be at a year mark because I was on BoJack. Yeah. Bojack Horseman. Uh, Bojack Horseman. Which I'm, oh, <laughs> he's well, wearing the hoodie. I'm wearing right the now. hoodie. That's my Planet Hollywood jacket. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I was on Bojack as a character designer. Yeah. Um, and then I went from Bojack to Mr. Pickles, which ran for six months and change. And then I was like, oh, I'll look forward to the time off. I'll go on unemployment for a bit until like production kicks up again because production and TV animation, anything like dies like around December and January. Yeah, and then it's doesn't pick up again till usually like, well, February, yeah. realistically. <clears throat> everything just comes to like a screeching halt. Yeah. Um and it's like if you're trying to find something and you find something like that's really rare. Uh thankfully like I hopped on this show in October. Um hmm. uh, was it October? I forget. Yeah, I think it was October. And it was like uh 2 weeks after I was done on Mr. Pickles. Nice. So I just had like a 2 week break and I just went back. Uh, to go animate some more. Mm-hmm. Uh, did someone scout you out, or like, did you? I actually had around. Actually, the producer who I knew who worked there, her name was Scout, and, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, well." I was like, "Oh, are you looking to hire anybody?" She's like, "Yeah, I think so. We have so many projects happening." So you scouted Scout. Yes, uh, <laughs> and I ended up. I got a good recommendation from Deanna Rooney, uh, who's a friend of mine, um, who's an animator, and she's been over there for a long time. Cool. Uh, yeah, so what what are you up to? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm bored talking about me. I hate that's it, I hate it. I fucking hate talking about myself. Uh, uh, brief. I'll, I'll I'll be brief. I'll, oh, God, I'll, how uh, was your Christmas? I'll uh, no, it was good. Yeah. You're um, not. Are you? You're not from out here. No, I didn't go home for Christmas. I spent it um, in San Diego County with my buddies. Um, got high. <laughs> Had my had my birthday, had Christmas. Um, we, Is your birthday right before Christmas? Yes, yeah, the twenty second. That sucks. So like, <laughs> gro- growing up though, like we had, 
it was pretty much Christmas week for me because it was like my birthday was twenty mm-hmm. second, twenty third. We did this thing called um, Shoe Night. Like it's probably something else, but Sparta Pete. Oh yeah. Was Santa's you, you helper. You put your shoes out. Yeah, you've yeah. heard of it. Yeah, I've done that before. Really? Yeah. No way. Where are you? Where are you from? Uh, well, where were you born? I was and born raised. in the Bay Area. Okay. Raised in Reno, T- Tulsa, Santa Maria, Northern Kentucky. <coughs> Military but, parents? No, uh, my dad's a TV news producer. Oh, okay. So he would always get in the bigger and bigger media markets, and like after we left Northern Kentucky, he was working in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um. I moved out here and then, or no, I moved out to San Diego County, and then a few years later, my parents moved to Seattle. Okay. Um, but Spark to Pete. Yeah. That's crazy that you've <sighs> done that because I've like I would I believed in Spark to Pete way longer than I should have. Oh no, I. <laughs> because <laughs> I would. You tell t- your story. Yeah, because I would tell my friends about it, and then they're like, "What? What do you what?" Oh. Like, shoe night. You guys don't have shoe night? Like, you put your shoes out, and then you, like, watch TV or something, and then you go back, like, and then he comes and puts candy yeah, in puts your candy shoes. Yeah, in your shoes. You leave them out on your front porch. Yeah. He comes down your driveway. <laughs> as I, as I imagine. Is it a horse? No. What am no, I... No, Svarta Pete is like a, it's like a, um... I forget. Little helper guy. Like a little elf. And apparently he's in blackface. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Black Peter, Black Pete, yeah, Black Pete, yeah. What was that God? I gotta text my mom because so because <laughs> I remember doing the same thing. I was like I don't fourteen think I ever remember, when I finally. Like, the mythology. I was like fourteen when I finally figured it out. Did you still believe in Santa at that time? Maybe I was twelve, but no, I knew that Santa wasn't real. But I was like, Spark to Pete is real though. <laughs> Spark to Pete is real. <laughs> you guys, you guys don't have shoe night? Like, it was because it was so exclusive. Santa's clearly fake. <laughs> but this man in blackface who comes and puts candy in your shoes is definitely yes, real. Yes, of course. That's more feasible. To we get. actually didn't know about the blackface. I don't think we ever saw uh, pictures of Spark to Pete. I don't think I did Pete. either. Because like, yeah. I remember my mom, it was a thing my mom had me do. I think <laughs> I was, I'm the youngest of three. And I think my mom was like, well, he still has fantasy in his heart. <laughs> so she, like, did that. I think it was just, like, I don't know, a way to get rid of Halloween candy, maybe, that we didn't <laughs> give out. Because our house, well, I, the house I lived in growing up, mainly through most of my life, uh, we built, my dad bought the property and we built the house on a vacant lot, Ooh. 200 feet back from the, like, street in the suburbs of New Jersey. Huh. And so, on Halloween, my dad just turns off all the lights in the house. Because you can't see the house from the street unless the lights are on. And so, we, my mom would buy Halloween candy every year. And, like, maybe two kids who were friends of mine would show up at our doorstep. And they would get, like, half a bag full of candy. Um, yeah, I believed in Santa, I think, until I was 12. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I found out about it, like, through... Through a f- through friend a friend's parents, I went. I rode my bike. He lived on the corner of our neighborhood. He lived like two minutes from me. So I rode my bike over to his house. I walk inside because it was just that kind of like you ever have those friends where you just walk into their house like you don't have to knock. Yeah, yeah. Back. I mean, back in the day. Ba- back in the day. Back now. In the- now would be uh, weird. <laughs> like, now- dude, what do you? You don't even text me. Like, well, that's, well, that's, I did that. I got to a point where my best friend Gary growing up. <laughs> 
Um, like, I could just walk into their house, even if, like, they weren't home. <laughs> I'm serious. I got, I w- it got to a point where, like, because I knew him since I was 10, and, like, by the time I was, like, 14, mm-hmm. 14, 15, I was at the house, and, like, if even if he wasn't there, if I was just hanging out, like, playing video games or something, with his brother, or, like, alone, even, <laughs> they were like, well, we're going out. Uh, they're like, if you leave, just lock the front door. <laughs> so I would spend like afternoons alone in a person, like a family's house with them, not there. <laughs> um, but it wasn't his parents. Uh, it wasn't Gary's parents. It was a kid, Lou Zavaglia, who ended up becoming like a like local myth in our neighborhood. What? I'll get I'll get into that. Yeah. Um, Zav- with the name like Zavaglia, you, Zavaglia, you got me hooked already. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he he. I don't I don't follow him on Facebook. I don't know if he has like gmail or anything so you probably will never hear this so i feel fine talking about him uh but no i went over to his house one day and i walked in and the him and his parents were like talking and laughing and i was like oh what's so funny and they're like oh we just found out that alex who's another friend of mine uh still believes in santa claus and the mom was like isn't that ridiculous and, and i was like, like, and I, was like I was like yeah that's real ridiculous oh no <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, I was like, I've already left something at home. And I just immediately left the house. I got my bike and just rode around the neighborhood. And I was like, and I was having, like, memento moments where I'm just like, oh, the handwriting was the same. Santa is John G. Why didn't I see this? It was, it was, like, just. I don't think, I don't know if they knew or not when they told, like, my reaction. I was like, yeah, oh. <laughs> In my head, I was just, like, holding back tears because it was so devastating. Yeah. And then I went home and watched Big Trouble in Little China on HBO. <laughs> <laughs> because I was playing for, like, a week straight on HBO at the time. Uh, no, Luz of Aglia. Uh, mm-hmm. Growing up, um, I don't, I don't know if this is just because my parents smoked weed in the 70s mm-hmm. a lot. Um, but my dad constantly put, like, the fear of drugs in my brain, mm. and I don't know if that should be just because he was like, I don't want you ending up like people I knew or whatever, but he was very anti- I don't want you ending up like Luz Avaglia. Well, this is the thing. This is, here we go. <laughs> he goes, he's like, he, he just, he gave me, like, the talk where he's like, drugs are bad, da 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 Um... And Luz Avaglia and me were friends up until seventh grade. I want to start a band and call it Luz Avaglia. Luz Avaglia. <laughs> uh, we were friends up until seventh grade, even a little bit past seventh grade, I think. But he, I went, I ended up going from public school to private school. Okay. Uh, I went to St. Joe's uh, Middle School. And then we, like, stopped hanging out, really. And then when I would see him, uh, he was hanging out with, like, rough kids from the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And he was just getting, like, progressively, like, rougher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, he kept showing me, uh, like, I would hear stories from people about, like, him doing drugs, and, like, and, like this is, like, yeah. seventh grade, so it's, like, drugs, so, like, in my head, in my head, the only drug I knew was, like, I think crack <laughs> and marijuana, so those are the two drugs that I knew of, it's, like, oh, Louis smoking crack, um, it, honestly, that could have probably been happening, um, but it was, like, the first time in my life that, like, my dad was... Like, don't do drugs. You'll, they're not good. And then I had this like view of watching Luz of Agony through the years just grow up to be this like monster of a person because he ended up getting into really heavy drugs. But just through my brain up until I was like seventeen, I was like, the drugs are awful. Like, look at Lou. And Lou ended up um, 
he used to be this really nerdy kid. Like, he'd play video games a lot. Mm. Uh, we played D&D together for a while. Nice. Uh, he collected every Dragon Ball Z action figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, never took them out of the package. They were hanging up around his room. <laughs> um, and then he went from being that kid to really getting into metal. And he got real muscular. <laughs> he joined the powerlifting team at his high school. And he what? got real muscular, grew his hair. He looked like Len Danzig. Yeah, like, like by the time like my last like conscious like vision of him is he looked like Glenn Danzig. So, Wait, are you sure it wasn't Danzig? <laughs> it was New Jersey. Might have been. Might have been Glenn Danzig, like a clone of Glenn Danzig, growing up. Uh, and now then, like that was my last conscious memory of him is him being super muscular. And then I read in a newspaper uh, one summer that he was in the hospital because he got shot. In the middle of a drug deal, what? Somebody shot him through the leg. Oh, like he was in the rut. He was in a part. Uh, I think he was in Bayonne, New Jersey, which yeah. is kind of that has some rough areas. Uh, Beyonce's from there. It, no, she's not. I mean, she just added a. C- oh, okay. To the- <laughs> I was, I was like, I know my New Jersey. I know my New Jersey celebrities. She used to pronounce it Bayonne. 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 And- uh, I was like, I know my New Jersey celebrities. <laughs> Don't you tell me where Bruce Springsteen's from. <laughs> Don't you tell me about our mayor. Uh, then I, I read like a newspaper story where he got shot through the leg during a drug deal. And you're like, huh. <laughs> and I was like, what? What is? I was like, my dad was like, my dad was right. And then I ended up, I, I smoked weed for the first time when I was like 18, I think. Mm-hmm. And I had a horrible like first weed experience. Oh really? Um, because uh, we we did it at a friend's... I don't know if my parents ever heard the story. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm 26 now. It does, you can't yeah. Yeah. change anything it's now. Fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but now we uh, smoked weed at a friend's house. Um, it was my friend John Mulder. It was the first time I ever smoked weed. We were in his basement. His parents Is he related were... to Fox Mulder? No, he's not. <laughs> he's very... He, uh, he was... John was, like, my weirdest friend at the time. And I look back on it now, I'm just like, oh, John was just, like, extremely normal. <laughs> um, kind of. But, so we're in his basement, his mom is, like, gone. His mom traveled a lot, so we're in his basement. And John's mom liked to keep guns in the house. Hmm. And so, like, 30 minutes goes by after smoking, and I'm just like, I'm like, duh. <laughs> like, I, I'm just gone. He comes downstairs with a shotgun and, po- and points it at me and just starts laughing. And I fell off the couch and started crawling backwards like Linda like Linda Hamilton in yeah. Terminator. I was yeah. just like, oh, oh, like on the floor. And I just have my hands up going, no, no, high-pitched screaming no. And he's just pointing a gun at me and laughing. And our friend Gerard is on the couch watching it and just laughing too. And my biggest fear was that I wasn't going to die. I knew, like, I didn't, in my head, I, I was like, if he shoots me and I die, whatever. <laughs> my big, my bigger fear than dying was getting shot, surviving, and having to call my dad to take me to the hospital. To and tell him, him why. And tell and him why. I was like, I was, I was smoking weed and I got shot. You were right. <laughs> they is, are bad. Is, they are bad. I got shot with a shotgun. No. I need you to take me to the hospital. And then just him being mad at me for smoking weed. <laughs> and like being like furious and like never like being let out of the house again. Like that was my biggest fear. Like not getting shot and dying. It's like if I get shot and I survive, I'm going to have to call Paul Murray. And he's going to... My dad used to, um, I don't know if, I don't know if you ever did this with me. I think he did it with me too. 
but if my sister said they were going somewhere, they would like, oh, we're going to a friend's house. He would drive by that friend's house to see if their cars were there. Whoa. And my dad is not like a military, he's not like a strict person. Like my dad has worked in uh, lighting sales for years, Mm -hmm. since as long as I can remember. And yeah, he was just, he would drive by the house you were supposed to be at if you weren't there. You're in big trouble. I don't know. And then, and then they came out and visited me like two, like two years ago. About a year and a half ago, September, like last September, I think, and I heard my parents talk about like have, like weed stories for the first time ever, and I was furious. I was, I was livid. I was like, "You made me think like I was going to murder someone with a knife if I started smoking weed, and I'd be on, the, I'd be one of those people with no hair and no eyebrows on the streets. Like I just." It was, and then I, I figured out that weed wasn't that bad when I was, like, 19. I mean, my mom were in a car, and she goes, are you doing any drugs? I was like, I smoke weed occasionally, and she goes, okay. <laughs> and I, and I was like, right, yeah, I was like wait, no, that's not the reaction you're supposed to have, according to what I've known growing up. Funny, she was like, okay, I mean, no, Ooh, no, yeah, she, she, so she said, I think her exact words were, okay, just don't do pills or powder <laughs> i think that's what she said to me <laughs> it's just like what what is happening i lost my mind <sighs> yeah every experience for me has been positive there's been really? no, yeah there's been no negatives the first time like uh it was thanksgiving day mm-hmm. this last thanksgiving i'm 31 this well, is the I first was, time i was 30 yeah um and that's, that's kind of impressive yeah it was me and my buddies and we were all sitting around, we were playing board games, and we were learning some board games that I had never played, <laughs> and that was a bad idea, because... <laughs> were you the one trying to teach them? No, uh. no, they were, yeah, they were trying to teach me, and I was just like, oh, oh, uh, like, my buddy Tyler, I remember one of the phrases that set me off was, um, does he have any chickens? And... <laughs> It was it's this bullshit game where it's like Sheriff of Nottingham, so it goes around and everyone gets a turn as the sheriff to say like, okay, um, give me uh, give me your goods or whatever, mm. and then I'll either believe you and you get points, or I'll or I won't believe you and I'll open it up. And if you're lying, then I get points, and if you're not lying, then I get like negative points or something. And then so the thing does he have any chickens? Was he was like, okay, so there's a couple different things that you can trade, and He's like, there's like cheese, there's um, chicken, there's like barley or whatever. And then he's like, so if I put, uh, say that I said I have four chickens, mm-hmm. and I put them in my pouch and I give them to me, and then so the sheriff is like, does he have any chickens? And so that's the thing. That's the thing that sets you uh, off. And yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, insane. Like, like lightning in my brain, in the back of my brain. Like, <laughs> everyone stops and they're like, uh... You need a minute to talk. Oh yeah, for at least five minutes. Yeah, at and least. that and that feeling of the the high. I mean, it, it kind of it like went down very gradually over the next like twenty hours. Oh yeah, because I have like such a low tolerance, and it's great. I God, um, <laughs> before that's isn't that like the scariest thing though when you wake up and you're still high. No, uh, I hate it, it was <laughs> it was crazy because I was like, I think I'm still, 
Oof, yeah, I'm definitely still feel- yeah. <laughs> feeling oh, it. God. Before my girlfriend moved, she she's out here now. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was, I think, in Philly at the time. Yeah, it had to be Philadelphia. She was finishing up college. Um, uh, on 420, I was just like, you know what? Why not? Like, I, I'm very casual when it comes to, like, smoking smoking weed. I'm just like, ah, oh, I, I don't need it, like, in my day. But I just, for whatever reason, I was alone. Like, I was alone living in an apartment, like, a block away. I was, like, super depressed because I was, like, barely working. I was doing freelance work. Uh, so it was just, like, I was in, just in, like, a shit, like, zone. And I was like, Whatever. <laughs> and I got uh, an edible from a friend's roommate, and I ended up being <clears throat> high for 19 hours. Yeah, and I was, <laughs> and that was the night I was supposed to Skype with my girlfriend, and I was Skyping with her, and I was just like, oh, like I had super dry mouth. I was just like, oh no, she knows. Everyone knows. Everyone, my neighbors. There's a cop down the road. He's on his way. Everybody knows. He knows. Every that's yeah, the that's the worst feeling when you when you're like everyone knows right now. And so and then I told her about it like recently. She was like, "What?" I was like, "Hey, I didn't know." She goes, "I just knew you were acting really weird that night." And then I went to sleep. I was like, "I just gotta go to bed. I gotta go to bed." I went to sleep and I woke up and it was still happening. I was like, "Oh no, this is still happening." <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, edibles. You gotta. And, there, and then I, he was like, "Take a quarter." And I took a quarter piece, and it was the war. It was the worst. I oh, was, really? I was. It was. I was so. It was so bad. A safe way to do edibles is the gummies. That's what I've heard. Cause it'll be like, a bag is a hundred milligrams, and there's ten pieces. So mm-hmm. you're like, okay, each one's ten. Yeah. And then you can like, get a get a gauge. You get a gauge through. Yeah. Because the first, the very first time I did like one 10 millimeter mm-hmm. or milligram, <laughs> millimeter. millimeter, it's really tiny. It's very <laughs> 10 milligram. And then it like didn't, like didn't really do much. And then the next time I did two and then I was like, all right, this is, this is pretty solid. <laughs> <laughs> I've done some writing on edibles. Really? Yeah. I, I have no motivation when it ever kicks in. I did a, um. I wrote the pilot for that cartoon that I drew the character designs yeah, for. Yeah. And I wrote episode two, like, hi. Like, pretty much the whole thing. <laughs> Did you go back and read it? You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what it's is- good, though. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do I I hear so many people. Well, this is the funny thing is, um, I've gone and talked to my high school about, like, TV production, so don't ever talk, go back to talk to your high school. No. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like I didn't have a terrible high school experience like I was I don't know I wasn't like super popular but I, I, I when I hear stories about bullying it's very weird to me because I went to a catholic school and my graduating class was like 200 people 250 yeah yeah Same. went to a small like, school and small. like we all knew each other and yeah. we all like nobody hated anyone yeah and so when I hear stories about bullying and, like, people who, like, when, like, oh, this girl got into a fight all the time with this girl, like, it was just very weird to me <laughs> to hear that. And I was just, oh, I don't, I don't know where I was going with this. Well, what were we talking about before that? Oh, hi. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, but then, like, I ended up going back to my school to talk to the <clears throat> production class and they could not 
care less about anything I had to say. Like, I showed them stuff from Mr. Pickles and, like, yeah. film, like shorts that I've worked on and all that. And, like, other TV shows I've worked on. Uh, and the one question I get always is, how high are the people who are making the show? Or what drugs are you on? <sighs> and I know that's, like, a high school mentality. And you're like, probably a lot. I don't know. I, I, would, always, I, just... I, well, I, always, I would always say none. <laughs> because I want to... And it usually is none. Like, yeah. It's... The biggest thing I hate, I post videos on YouTube and I try not to read comments and I try not to read comments of other people's videos. Like, I'll watch a music video that I really like, yeah. like something that, like, Eric Wareheim makes or something that, like, um, oh, shit, I forget their name. They did the Turn Down For What video. Mm. Have you ever seen it? Mm -mm. It's it's ridiculous. Um, but I forget their director's names. Ah, oh, crap. They do really good stuff. Eric Wareheim does really good music video stuff. Have you ever watched his? Mm -mm. He does a, you know Eric Wareheim from oh, no. Tim and Eric. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he directs <laughs> amazing music videos. Nice. Uh, like, really Wait, great... Wait, did he do the... Because um, I know that... I think Tim and Eric were involved in the... Ben Folds' You Don't Know Me? I don't think he directed... I don't know if he directed that or not. Okay. Because um, I think... They, I'm pretty sure they both were in that one. And probably. Like I haven't seen really that video. funny and weird. Uh, he did a video for... Um, he did a video for Tobacco that just came out recently... Uh, he did a video for... Wait, the, there's a band called there's, Tobacco? Yeah, there's a, there's a DJ's... Uh, or for Tobacco in general. Like, no. <laughs> Listen, kids. <laughs> no, it's a song called Streaker by Tobacco, and it's okay. uh, it's based off the... I forget what album it's off of. It's his newest album. He did a video for them. Uh, do you know Beach House? Uh-uh. He did a video for Beach House, which is incredible. It's for the song Dreams, and Ray Wise is in it. Okay. From Twin Peaks and... Oh. Uh... Is uh, Mr. Palmer in Twin Peaks? Okay. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know Ray Wise. Um, have you ever seen Reaper? I've I have, mm -hmm. um, and I know, and I also know him from um, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, he he, he was the replacement, Mr. Uh, Mr. Shabatsky. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He base he does look like Satan. <laughs> like he looks like if Satan was in human form, Ray Wise is like the perfect. Like, yeah. look for Satan. He's played Satan a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, look up... Eric Rarheim's done stuff for Beach House, uh, Tobacco, uh, this band Health. Um, he did Pond de Floor for Major Laser. He did a... Uh, you know the song Bubble Butt? Uh, I don't know. Oh, it was Diplo and um, Tiger on it. Uh, yeah, he's done a lot of really awesome music videos. And the comment I see on a lot of, like, his videos is, the uh, fuck did I just watch? <laughs> And I hate that comment so much because it's like, how, like how boring is your life where like this like confuses you? Like if you watch a video, you're like, I don't know what I just. I don't you, even know I what to think. I can't comprehend <gasps> anything. I usually just stare at a white wall and, <laughs> and eat crackers most of the. It, it bothers me so much, and it shouldn't. Because it's just like a fucking trending internet comment. That's yeah. the thing that people use all the time oh, okay. when something's weird. But it just bothers me extremely because it's like how how like small is your imagination where this like scares you or this is like confusing you. Uh, <sighs> maybe that, it's maybe it's their way of saying that was so fucking awesome. I can't believe it. I, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, so I just I hate I hate uh, YouTube comment threads. Yeah. Because they never go. <laughs> Never go to a good place. You're more of a Reddit comment thread guy. I don't use, I don't use Reddit. <laughs> I barely ever go I, on it, but um, it's 
it's fun when you when you go down the Reddit Reddit rabbit hole. Sometimes you're like, holy shit, that that, okay, cool, all right. I I can't do Reddit. I think Reddit's too ugly to look at. I think Reddit's super ugly to look at. Um, and then when I have like stuff, I know like the one thing I learned from Reddit, it's not good to post your own stuff. Mm. Like that's what I've heard. It's like they're very against you posting something that you've made. Huh. Like it should get there through like just through osmosis. someone else, through other osmosis. channels, yeah. yeah, someone else. And so I have a few friends who have like better Reddit standing than I do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, hey, would you mind posting this? I'd really appreciate it. Yeah. And that way it doesn't come from me specifically. So they look up like, who is it? Oh, it's him. And then they, <laughs> and they banish me. Um, uh, I know a sketch group. I'm not going to say their name, but um, because I don't know if they're okay with me saying or not. Mm. But they can't post stuff on Reddit anymore because they're posting it themselves. Oh no. And they end up getting banned. Uh, from Reddit, which is so weird. Yeah. That it's like, it's so weird that there's a community of people who create stuff and you're not allowed to, like, post the thing that you've made. Yeah. That you've enjoyed, that you enjoyed and put time and effort in and made something. You're like, look what I made. And people are like, fuck you. And shut it down. <laughs> it's a very weird idea to me. Uh, so you did get banned or you? I did not get banned. Okay. I know there's a sketch group uh, that did. They're friends of mine um, that got banned. And I don't do Tumblr either. I can't do Tumblr. Yeah, that's another animal where I'm just like, I don't know. Like, because people make it their blog, right? Yeah. And then they post a lot of pictures and GIFs and... Tumblr is... (laughs) And I only... I follow really only a handful of people, and most of them are other comedian friends who have Tumblrs, and they very rarely get used. Yeah. uh, Because I might post, like, one or two things a month. And so the rest of my time, I follow, like, a couple like picture blogs or something uh and then they get i get my thing gets flooded but then i'll every now and again i'll see like an opinion piece that somebody wrote Mm -hmm. and tumblr is full of people who don't research (laughs) and so you'll read something you'll read something that is so like (laughs) not researched not thought out is just kind of like a like knee-jerk reaction Mm -hmm. it's like a trigger response yeah and then you're like i can't do this and it's like one person will make like uh like a decent amount of sense and then everything will just it'll just get drowned in nonsense and the other thing is tumblr is full of very sensitive people oh i'm sure and and yeah it's there's you have a right to be outraged about stuff but it's like if you don't go in and research and like really find out what the like what you're mad at yeah you just kind of come off looking like a petty child. <laughs> uh, the best example was, um, and this isn't, there is, you know the episode of Fresh Prince where Will's dad leaves? Uh, where he comes by and Where he comes leaves. by and he leaves and Will Smith like breaks and, down. Yeah. He's like, why don't he want me, man? Yep. And he hugs Uncle Phil. Yep. Uh, still cry at that scene. Mm-hmm. It's real sad. Yeah. Um, somebody posted like a gift set of that. And they were like, did you know that Will Smith, uh, his dad actually did leave when he was young, and so this scene, oh, he wasn't I supposed to cry. That. Yeah, and they kept it. And they kept it. Not fucking true. They, somebody was in a response. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> not true. You Google, you can Google Will Smith's father from, like, this time on Fresh Prince. 
all the way up to his career now. You can see photos of him and his dad hanging out at red carpets at, like, events. Like, he had a very healthy relationship with his dad. But you don't know, right after the red carpet, he fucking takes he off. He takes off. Always. <laughs> why and, don't he want and me, And then man? Will Smith just finds a large black man and says, why don't he want me? He turns to his bodyguard and says, why don't he want me, man? No, Uncle Phil follows him around. He's dead now. That <laughs> actor died. Oh, shit. Yeah, uh, the voice of Shredder. Oh, I did yeah, hear about he that. He passed away recently. Oh. He was also a major, uh, like major proponent of the civil rights movement in the '60s. Oh. I think he was good friends with Malcolm X, I believe. What was his name? I forget. The actor. Oh, name. Uh, James Avery. Yeah, that sounds right. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like Avery Brooks. No, that's that, that's the that's uh, Captain from Star Trek. And then you're like Tex Avery. Wait, those Tex are Avery. Wait, <laughs> that's a racist cartoonist. <laughs> <laughs> He was ooh. Not him. <laughs> Do you ever go back and look at old Looney Tunes episodes? Like old? Well Tex Avery was like the wolf in the in the yeah, yeah. Like, like those old epi- like those old cartoons yeah. and anything Chuck Jones made. I haven't watched those in so long. They're very well animated, but you watch some episodes, you're like, that is super racist. <laughs> <laughs> and I know they're I um I've heard like they're standing on why they animated those things where they're like if we don't acknowledge that this is a thing in our culture and make fun of it in some way then we're just kind of allowing them to still yeah. exist and not be judged or criticized yeah bringing it to the forefront like, yeah. is big because mm-hmm. if you just kind of like about you, it and like yeah. you just kind of pull, pull at your shirt collar then it's going to be a big deal forever yeah like, which that's they're kind of that's kind of what South Park's been doing for yeah. the last 10 15 years almost now. Yeah. They, I think they're going like what season Oh god. I feel like season 10 was like a week ago. <laughs> and that was like the World of Warcraft season. <laughs> I there's uh, from from the little things I've seen on just the Facebook scroll or whatever season 17 maybe 16 Maybe yeah. Yeah. No. So it's up there. Well, that's there's so many episodes that stand out, and this happens on Simpsons all the time. Yeah. Um, where the the good thing is about the Simpsons, everyone who like I run in circles with hasn't watched past season like sixteen, mm-hmm. and I very rarely keep up with the new seasons. Um, but it's just like your brain just locks onto those certain episodes from the past. That's why season ten, I was like in high school, I believe. Is that Grimes? Frank Grimes? No, 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 season 10 of South Park. Oh. That, that was the World of Warcraft season. Yeah. Like, that whole season, like, locks into my mind. Uh, Frank Grimes. Oh, God. Frank Which Grimes. one was the Facebook uh, South Park episode? With Kip Drody? Uh, I don't know. That one with the kid who has no Facebook friends? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Kip Drody. You have zero uh, friends. I forget, what, I forget what season that is. That was some... so funny, dude. And the thing is, their seasons are so sporadic. Mm-hmm. Like, when they put stuff out, it's, like, very hard to keep up. But they and just... they make it... In a week, right? They oh, make yeah. each episode in a week. Um, to work on that show sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> because people like sleep but under their desks. a beautiful nightmare. <laughs> they get, I heard they get paid very well. Uh, because they pretty much have to live at the studio and wait for Trey Parker to like come up with an idea. And then they animate it. It's I heard it's crazy. Uh, yeah, what? <laughs> so, I, so think, you, I think it was... Uh, shoot. Bill Hader... Yeah, he was a writer. Uh, yeah, I think he writes for them still. And he was talking about when he first met them, he he got flown out to like some island 
and they were like hanging out with like llamas everywhere or something and then uh, they're just talking about the show and then they're like so yeah do you want to do you want to do it or and he's like yeah okay like it was just super random and weird they had that kind of money yeah eccentric for eccentric sake go to like Machu Picchu (laughs) and just hang out and fly somebody up and bring them up on a cart listen I don't usually do this but can you meet me at the peak of uh, Everest tomorrow (laughs) I'll be at base camp I'll be at base camp yeah we actually have a helicopter that is able to fly to the peak drop you off there is that cool then we'll talk we'll just hang around he's gonna give you a little flag with your name on it gonna plant it right in the top like that flare slide down this rock I'll pick you up at base camp you have so many board games yeah is there anything specifically you want to talk about or can we just talk about whatever Whatever, but also I do I do have a few questions that I pepper in. I already asked you two of them. Let me see. Did, only, I, did I answer them well enough? Because I could go back and answer questions fuller. I said favorite part about doing what you do. Oh, what's a big like uh here they are. What's a big like gig that you would want to get? Like something where you're like, Oh, that would be fucking awesome to do that. Uh, oh. I would I, I want to say, just acting like and not and I don't want to get to like, becoming a steady working actor is so fucking difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, like to just become that kind of person who's constantly working in comedy, like I really like Paul Shear. Yeah. Like that's a kind of like acting and creative career that I would like to have because yeah. he, he'll do whatever amount of shows he wants to do and he yep. pretty much gets booked and everything. But he also goes ahead and creates shows. Yep. Like, he created NTSF, and he created uh, Hot Wives. And mm-hmm. I think, did he make Burning Love? Was that also him? Uh, I'm not sure. He was part of uh, Human Giant. Yeah, he was part of Human Giant. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that's like, just like, that kind of career would be super nice to have. Where it's like, oh, you're that guy. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be super nice. <laughs> you're, not, you're not like an Amy Poehler, or you're not like, um, like an Aubrey Plaza, or... Uh, like Adam Chris Scott, Pratt. Chris Pratt, being Chris Pratt would be nice. Um, <laughs> You're that Chris Pratt. Yeah. Uh, but being like the guy, like oh that guy, like Bill Hader is someone who I super admire too. Yeah. Bill Hader. Um, I've, yeah, being a being an actor primarily in sketch, just because I love sketch a lot. So like being on SNL would be nice. Yeah. I heard that's a nightmare <laughs> to work on. <laughs> I've heard. Well, I've what heard. A beautiful. It's gr- yeah, it's great. But it's like you're just exhausted every single day because yeah. you're writing and rehearsing and making all this happen, which is great if you have ridiculous uh, stamina. Stamina, yeah. Um, that'd be a nice gift. But also, like realistically, I think as a career, like for the future, directing is something that seems more feasible in my mm-hmm. head. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I love doing sketch and I love doing characters, but I just feel like. That road But don't is... go feasible. Don't go realistic. Oh, dream gig? Yeah. Oh, then, yeah, like something on SNL. Great. <laughs> SNL. Bill Hader and Paul Shear are two people that I, like, really model, like, oh, that's how I kind of want my... There's a... It's a robot weed outside. Whacker, yeah. Uh, hey, it's oh, raining hey, in Los hey, Angeles oh. right now, too. Yeah. It's, Why are you whacking weeds right now, you idiot? Out in the, there's a guy out in the rain <laughs> who felt like right now was the right time to... <laughs> <laughs> He's just sitting at his window going, 
was the right time. Yeah. I think all this is going to probably get cut out. Nope. No? Nope. This is being left in. Let's wait till he... We're louder than he is. We are? Yeah. Because it'll... It's picking us up better. Also, it's it's on bi-directional right now, so it's, uh, okay. it's getting our volume more than his. He's just trying to fucking overpower us. <laughs> it's raining outside. <laughs> you asshole. Why, why would you do this? Go back inside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's snowing out. I'm going to... Shut the window slats. Okay. If I don't do anything to the sound... Very little, but it did something. Nope. And now he's done. Nope. 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 Just teasing us. And apparently, our Stonecutter's Twitter tweeted something. <laughs> I'm just getting a bunch of notifications. Um, yeah, dream job. Something like like I look at Bill Hader as like an inspiration to like what to aim for if that's like for a dream gig. Yeah. Uh, that are directing like, and I don't mean like directing mm -hmm. like big Hollywood movies. I really don't think I would have like the wherewithal to do it. Like, so I see, like, action movies and stuff like that. I'm just like, how did they... I don't know how anyone... So don't direct up. action movies. I don't... I, well, I, <laughs> I love action movies, though. Like, I love something. I feel like, oh, yeah, I would do this shot and this shot and this shot. I'm just like... The 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 fake stress that I put on myself with the crew and cast that, I, that I'm not directing for something <laughs> that, I, that I haven't made... Like, I already, I shoot myself down before the I The imaginary that. stress yeah, right now just, is making you go, no, I can't I was do like, it. What, I was like, what if I did direct, like, a action movie? And I'm just like, oh, there's, there's so much that would go wrong. And I just, like, talk myself out of it. What if you directed Garden State? <sighs> we don't want to do that. <laughs> that, was, that was a movie that I, I saw it when I was, like, I think a freshman in high school, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or a sophomore, and then I went back and watched it the next year, and I was like, "This was fucking. This is awful. What was it doing? Why did I feel so connected to this movie?" What if you directed, uh, Lost in Translation? See, I'm not a huge fan of that movie either. It's been a long time since I've seen it. What if uh, you directed Rushmore? Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Well, those movies already been directed though. No, you you do a redo. No. <laughs> no, oh, I know. <laughs> I, I mean a movie like... I think I made a joke. Because those are non-action movies. That's, um, that's what I'm oh, getting yeah, at. Oh, yeah, I know. I just, like, just something of that <laughs> speed. I yeah. watched... There was a movie I watched over Christmas called Happy Christmas, mm -hmm. uh, which is such a Mumblecore movie. <laughs> it's ridiculous. A what? Mumblecore? Mumblecore? What's that mean? Mumblecore... It, and it's really not. It's scripted. Um, and there's, like, a plot behind it. Mumblecore is kind of the vision of film, and I'm probably butchering this. Um, but it's, like very intimate, very free-flowing, very improv, like, filmmaking, where you kind of have a subject just in their everyday life, really. Yeah. It's like, and you just film them. Okay. And I'm trying to think of people who make Mumblecore films. Um, Tiny Furniture? Tiny Furniture is kind of close. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, Lena Dunham is in the movie Happy Christmas oh. <laughs> that I'm referencing. Uh, Lena Dunham's in it, Anna Kendrick's in it, uh, and I forget, Matt Fowler? I forget his name. Have you ever seen Your Next? No. Uh, that's the one with the goat mask, right? Well, that's the one. With, that's the Adam Winkert movie, and that movie's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. That movie, go watch. If it's on Netflix still. It's mm. awesome. That movie's awesome. I want to see the guest, which is his newest movie. Uh, and that's supposed to be incredible too. It's about the uh, Phantom Planet album from two thousand two. Oh my god. Oh. 
was a deep that's cut. That's a really deep, awful, <laughs> awful. I like that album. <laughs> I like that album. Is that album. the one with California? Yes. Okay. But I liked all of the songs on it, <laughs> and everyone else was like, "Oh, the California band." And then the the album after that, uh-huh. which was self-titled, but really like if you look on the CD, it says like "We Win Again." I always thought that that was the title of the album. Here it comes again. Hold on. <laughs> Here he comes, stupid son of a bitch. Get out of here, you fucking bitch. If you can't hear you it, there's a, guy, there's a guy still <laughs> weed whacking his front yard in the in the rain. Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the Phantom Planet album that came out after the guest, everyone who was so used to, oh, the California song, mm. they were like, ugh. It sounds so different. And like, yeah, it's good. It's like, it's, it's good. They're good. <laughs> They're, I'm trying to make an argument for Phantom Planet I'm, here. I, I have no <laughs> I have no opinion one way or the other. Yeah. I, I listened to them since, um, since like 2002, I think. And that was when Slackers came out. Oh, yeah. I found out about them because of that movie. Because of Slackers, yeah. Because Jason Schwartzman mm-hmm. was their drummer slash keyboard player. That's right. But the only reason why I found out about it is because for the song at the end, when he was doing like the little locked room song, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I bet he wrote that. And then I like watched through the credits and I was like, whoa, written and performed by. Like, whoa, that's cool. <laughs> and then I saw this thing on the internet that was like, when uh, the soundtrack mm-hmm. from Slackers... Uh, with original songs by written and performed by Jason Schwartzman of Phantom Planet, and I was like, "Whoa, he's in a band? Mm-hmm. Okay." And then he did. Hold um, up. What was his other project? And that song West. Coast. Oh, Coconut Records. Coconut Records. Yeah. yeah, and I saw them play, which was like <laughs> him and uh, the people that played behind him was um, his brother, who's in Rooney, and like the rest of those guys mm-hmm. from Rooney. Oh God, I remember Rooney. <laughs> Oh wow, Rooney! Wow, <laughs> they were like a big thing for like a week. Yeah, and then they kind of—I mm-hmm. don't know what happened. They just kind of disappeared. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the guest. Yeah, watch your next. <laughs> okay, it's really good. No, like people horror like, movie, right? It's a horror movie. It is takes, there a lot of comedy in it, or there's a good amount? Um, if you know who Ty West is, Mm-mm. there's comedy just based around the fact that he's in the movie and he get, he dies first. <laughs> Dude, but, spoilers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's been out for like three, almost three years. Um, it's uh, it hasn't left Netflix in forever. Um, Ty West is a director. He did House of the Devil, which is a really awesome horror movie. Uh, he did The Sacrament, which just came out recently. Okay. Um, which is based, it's not his best movie. Um, if you know the Jonestown Massacre, it's basically uh, the, a movie. The Drinking the Kool-Aid? Yeah. No. It's basically, no. yes. Was it? Okay. Yeah, James Jones. Okay. Um, it's basically just a movie about the Jonestown Massacre, <laughs> but it's all found footage. Uh, um, and the guy who's in that movie is also in The Guest, who is the guy who directed, uh, Happy Christmas. But, yeah, Ty West, what else, um... My friend Alex is screaming at me when, he's, when he hears this. He's going to be, like, yelling at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did House of the Devil, The Sacrament. Oh, God. Oh, The Innkeepers, hmm. uh, which is a movie about um, 
these uh, Pat Healy's in it and Sarah Paxton, and it's these two people who work at a haunted like motel that's also like a site. It's like it's like this motel is haunted. Come uh, see it okay, when you're okay. on, in our town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they start doing like tests to like find the actual ghost, and it's a really good slow burn mm. ghost movie. It's real creepy. Cool. Um, but yeah, Ty West is in your next, and he plays a documentary filmmaker. He's the boyfriend of one of the family members. And he dies like he's the first one to die. He gets shot with an arrow in the face through a window, and it's just really funny to see Ty West. He's like he's wearing a scarf, and he's just like dressed like a documentary filmmaker that you would think how one would dress. Typical, like pretentious filmmaker. He's a guy who's made some of the like best modern horror films of like the past like twenty years. He did um he did a segment VHS also. I still haven't seen that. Oh, watch watch VHS. The VHS movies are good if you want to see one really good short, and then the rest, it's like a pyramid. In the middle of VHS... One is it three, three different movies in the movie? Or uh, I believe it, it. I think there's four? It's okay. a, I forget. There's VHS and VHS 2, which are both good. They have one amazing short, and then the rest are okay. Like It kind of like dribbles down off the side. I've heard the new one, Viral, is terrible. Hmm. I haven't seen it. Um, I heard there's one good one of that, which uh, Nacho Vigalanda, I, I think that's how you say his last name. He's a director. Uh, is really good. Um, yeah, then the second one, uh, Gareth. I always get him and the director of Godzilla confused. Jareth. You're thinking of from Labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we they're, talk doing about... a, they're doing a sequel, right? No, I hope not. I, I, heard could, I could talk about Labyrinth for hours. I heard they're doing a sequel with want... like most of the original cast. That's going to be awful. Or it'd be no, amazing. No, it won't be amazing. Did you like the Tron sequel? No. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, I, I don't like Tron either. Oh, That's the thing. I know you have a oh, Tron poster yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's staring me in the face. <laughs> Tron? I find Tron really boring. Dude, I saw Tron for the first time like five years ago. Really? Yeah. And I was like, holy crap. Like, I wasn't like thrown with like oh my gosh this is so amazing but i was like for the time yeah like that's oh, yeah, pretty it's very cool impressive. yeah so i put myself in the shoes of like someone, someone watching that, it in the 70s, in the 70s yeah. yeah and i was like that's pretty cool like because who yeah who knows how computers work <laughs> we don't know and someone at disney was like feasible I'm what if we go inside the computer <laughs> <laughs> what if we, what if we can <laughs> Oh god, no! I I watched Tron when I was a kid, a lot. I feel, <laughs> I watched Star Wars a lot as a, as a kid. I watched Tron a lot, uh, and I watched a lot of Muppet uh, related yeah uh, films and TV. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of my early childhood is Star Wars and Muppet related. Yep. And which I actually have on. <laughs> I have Muppet socks on ah, right animal. now. And then on this leg, I have a tattoo of Admiral Ackbar. Because <laughs> that's what, that's what 45 bucks will get you on a bored afternoon in Philadelphia at a friend's apartment. I have, I have four tattoos that all look like they were done in prison. Uh, what is the... Oh, Gareth Evans. Gareth Evans is the director. He directed The Raid and Raid 2. Have you ever seen those? Uh-uh. They're amazing. They're, what, are, what kind of movies are they? Uh, the... the Raid and The Raid 2 are both... Uh, action movies. The plot of the raid, and they're made in they're Indonesian. Okay. Um. So all the actors are Indonesian, are from neighboring countries. So there's like I believe there's a couple Japanese actors in the second one, and Chinese I believe in the second one too. 
Um, but the main cast, they're all trained martial artists and stuntmen. Mm-hmm. So the raid, the first raid movie is the raid redemption is basically a video game almost. Okay. Uh, it's a SWAT team who is going into this apartment complex that is run by this uh, crime lord. Who is lives... it first person movie? No, 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 no. no. Oh, okay. It's an amazing martial arts movie. Okay. It's absolutely incredible. Um, but they like the guy lives at the top of the apartment complex, and the building he rents the building out to mainly criminals. And so it's a stay to get to the top. Yeah. <laughs> but the it's and it's such a simple story. <laughs> It's, you watch the movie, and just from a, like, filmmaking standpoint, and, like, cinematography and directing and how to edit an action film, especially a martial arts action film, it teaches you so much, because the scenes, if you watch something like The Raid, in comparison to, like, something like The Born Identity, yeah. or any kind of, like, spy movie where there's martial arts happening, yeah. you can see the vast difference in, like, training, because in uh, movies like Born Identity Ultimatum, when there's fight scenes happening... The way they do those, those they're so tight. If you look, they're they're framed. It's pretty much like it's like a two shot of people like punching each other close, and they shoot it from so many angles, and they edit it that they have to so many cuts to make it look perfect. Yeah. You can watch the raid in raid two, and there's just long holding shots of fight scenes mm-hmm. because they know what they're doing and they know how to fight, and it it's yeah. inc- it's an incredible movie, and it it has taken like how to make a martial arts movie and like perf- like really up the bar to where you it's impossible like <laughs> it almost seems impossible to surpass it. and they're incredible movies so that's the first one is uh, and the SWAT team um, the order for the SWAT team to go in was made up by the one captain who's leading them in so they don't have backup coming because they oh. didn't get a warrant and so they kind of get ambushed and like stranded in this <laughs> apartment complex yeah and so it's it, called the raid it's or called just the raid. raid. The raid. Okay. The raid redemption is the first one. Because I know when people have talked about it, they've they've been like raid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it always feels weird to say the before yeah, something. Yeah. Have, you, have you seen the? Eh. It, well, especially when you're talking about like the a band. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, what's your my favorite band? The Strokes. It always sounds weird. Um, <laughs> and then raid two, uh, the main character from the first raid movie, uh, goes undercover. Um. To bring down uh, these two crime families in another apartment building. No, that's a, <laughs> the, the first movie is all takes place in the span of I think like maybe a couple hours. Uh-huh. The second raid movie is like the span of like two years. Whoa! So it's this character Rama who's undercover for so long, mm-hmm. and it's incredible. Like there is a car chase scene in that movie that is better than really any car chase scene from the past two decades. Whoa. Like, better than a Fast and the Furious movie. Better than Crank? Yeah, better. <laughs> oh, I love, no, I love those movies. The Crank, crank and Crank 2? Those movies are beautiful. I, have, I haven't seen them, actually. They're, I've just seen bits and pieces. Go watch those. Those The guys who direct those movies, they're weird geniuses. They're really, like, those movies know what they are. Transporter is, a, a best, I guess, a better... Uh, yeah. Comparison, comparison, because he's in a car the whole time, right? Pretty <laughs> yep. much, he, do- he doesn't have legs. <laughs> it was, it was a, it was he a, is fused into the car. He has a gypsy curse where his legs are fused to the car. And he can't get out. That's, uh, they're not as exciting as you think. He just drives from place to place. Um, but yeah, in uh, the raid two, and there's if you watch the behind the scenes, there is a scene where. 
it's a wide shot of the car that's being chased, driving down the road, mm-hmm. and then another car is chasing them, and then the camera gets closer, the camera moves into the car to film the guy in the driver's seat, what? and then so it, it goes from a wide shot, pushes in, goes actually in through the window of the car, gets up into his face, and then like a bullet flies through the back, and then the camera goes out through the back seat and goes into the side of the car what? and films the car that's chasing them. The way they did that was they have the cameraman... Cream? The, no. They have a cameraman who is uh, driving, he's holding the camera, and he's on the side of a car that is uh, driving in front of the stunt car that's driving. The guy with the camera leans into the car, and the passenger seat is actually a guy dressed like a passenger seat. So he's camouflaged as a seat. So he takes the camera, puts it on the driver. (laughs) After that action happens, the guy who's dressed as a car seat pushes through to the back seat and puts the car the camera outside of the window and on the side of the stunt car is a platform where a guy is lying down and then they hand the camera to him Ooh. and he videotapes the car behind you in it's insane it's mm-hmm. it, look up the behind the scenes for the raid 2 chase scene it's absolutely incredible that's awesome I, I can just i could talk about that movie and when i saw that movie in theater uh it was like that week where there was like five earthquakes oh yeah and so we're sitting there in the theater at Arclight in Hollywood. I just feel the ground rolling. Uh, like a You're like, whoa, this is an extra movie effect. Ooh. Yeah, that's what I was like. Is this movie just really that good? Yeah. That's also the movie where I learned that John Ungaro laughs at really inappropriate times. Like at horrible scenes of violence. We're sitting there and there's a part where a guy grabs another person's leg and just snaps his like just snaps his shin bone. Yeah. And John Angaro is sitting directly behind me and just starts laughing his head <laughs> off. Like at the most violent scenes in a movie. Uh, yeah. The guy, the but I um, loves his violence. Gareth Evans, the guy who directed those, did a, a short for VHS two called Safe Haven. Okay. And that is an amazing horror short. Like it's incredible. It's about this cult. Uh, that these filmmakers go to, um, like, interview and, like, find out more about them. And it turns into a real... I don't want to spoil it for you because it's really good. Okay, okay. You should watch it. Um, but it gets real creepy. Safe Haven. Safe Haven. Yeah, if you even just look up Safe Haven VHS 2, you'll probably find it online. It's incredible. Cool. Uh, um, <laughs> so speaking of martial arts movies, uh, so you like martial arts movies? Like, have you seen a bunch of them? Yeah, I... Uh, I haven't seen a bunch of them, I, but I yeah, go ahead. Uh, so I saw I saw this one like in passing, um, called Blood Fight, and yeah, and it's a uh, I think they made it a couple different times in a couple different languages, and it's really <laughs> it's insane because you're watching it and then halfway through there's a story point where you're like holy shit I did not see that coming. And then what the rest happens? of the movie... Okay, yeah. so there's this, like, sensei, right? Mm-hmm. And he's got a dojo, and he's, like... It's, like, not making any money. And he's, like, trying to train... Is it supposed to take place in, like, modern times? Or is it, like, uh, it's, is it's it like the, the Drunken Master It's, kind like, of? 80s. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then he's, like... Um, and there's, like, this group of, like, uh, punk rock guys that, like, really fuck shit up. And, like, they're, like, the bad people is in the town movie or is it no uh i think it's japanese okay but so then so the sensei guy he's like trying to find someone to train so that he can like have a a notable dojo mm-hmm. and so that he won't go under or whatever so he he sees this guy 
um, fight one time, like, just to, like, defend his girlfriend or something, and then he's like, you know, like, you know the moves or whatever. <laughs> and so then he's like, I want to train you, and he's like, no, I won't fight again. I only fight if I have to and if it's mm-hmm. to defend my girlfriend or whatever. And yeah. then he's like, he's like, I'll, I'll convince you. I'll convince you. And so this kid's like, no, you won't. <laughs> so then this kid's like going through his everyday life and the sensei just shows up, shows up, shows up, smile, shows up. And then, and then it's all like of a, a sudden. came back scenario. Oh, it's so <laughs> weird. And then finally this kid was like, um, he was in a situation where he had to defend his girlfriend, Mm -hmm. but there was, like, six dudes that surrounded him, so he couldn't. Like, he just got fucked up. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he goes back and finds the sensei guy, and he's like, I'm ready, sensei. And then the sensei guy is like, no, I can't. I can't. And you're like, wait, what? No, you were just scouting him. Like, you were just stalking him, pretty much. And then he goes, I'll convince you. And then so the kid shows up. Sounds awful. (laughs) So the kid shows up a bunch of times in the sensei's life, and then finally he's like, "Okay, I'll train you. I'll train you." So then he trains him, and he he trains him to do. Yeah, I just want to imagine the sensei is awful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fine, I'll train you. Well, he trains him to make sure they cover your face like this. He trains him to do this move that like works every time on every bad guy. And what the bad guys are like, it's this weird, like, blood fight. Like, really, like, you play to, like, kill people, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's killing these people. I don't know if he's, like, killing them, killing them, or, like, just fucking knocking them out. Mm. He jumps, and he, like, comes down at them with his heel, and he fucking tears their uh, frontal lobe. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's just, like, hits them in the forehead so hard that they just get knocked out every time. Then he gets to this one dude... And uh, he kind of looks like a like a jacked like Liu Kang. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it was a bolo. I don't know. He, he's the. Uh, let me look him up. The guy who you're talking about. It sound, he's uh, this actor Bolo who has been in a lot of a lot of action. He's in Bloodsport. Have you ever seen Bloodsport? Oh uh, yeah. He's the bad guy in Bloodsport. Might be the same dude. Um. Uh, but he yeah. So then he goes up against this dude, who might be the dude you're thinking of. And he tries his move, and the guy like just moves out of the way, doesn't get doesn't get heel kicked in the forehead, and then he takes down the kid, and then he fucking kills the kid, and this is, is halfway through. Yep, that's yep, the guy. Polo Yui. <laughs> he's he's yeah, he's been in like a hundred something martial arts films. <laughs> yeah, that's. That's the dude, and he kills the kid, and this is halfway through the movie, and you're like, what the fuck? It's like Psycho. No! <laughs> so then, lead halfway through the film. Yeah, so then the, the sensei, he's depressed, so he gets drunk, like sloppy drunk, like a lot, and then he's like, no, I have to, I have to <laughs> defend like his honor, I have to avenge him, or whatever. So then he's like, training and training and training for a long time. This sounds awful. <laughs> It's great how awful it is. Training and training, and then he, like, goes into the blood fight to fight this dude, and then he finally fights him, and I'm pretty sure he also kills him. Or no, he, like, gets to a... <laughs> the sensei dies, too. No. It's like... No. <laughs> sensei, like, gets to a point where, like, he could kill the dude, mm-hmm. and then he decides not to, and then I think the dude comes for him to kill him, and then he has to kill... I forget. But, uh, man... 
I finally, I was looking for that movie for like 10 years. And then I finally found it because I had no context. I didn't know what it was called. I didn't know what year it came out in. I just knew like martial arts movie where a guy gets his forehead dented in. That's like the only. It's worth it. It's uh, worth it. Is that like your only martial arts like movie knowledge? I mean that one, like Crouching Tiger. uh, See, I started. I started (laughs) off with Jackie Chan movies. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. So Rumble in the Bronx. I haven't seen that. uh, Legend of Drunken Master. Drunken Master. I haven't seen those either. Legend of Drunken Master is great. Rumble in the Bronx is pretty great. This is young Jackie Chan too. Yeah, yeah. This is when he was still doing all of his stunts. Before Rush Hour. Before Before Rush Hour. Before Rush Hour. Um, And then from him, I ended up getting into Bruce Lee. Okay. Um, Which, if you put those movies, if you compare those types of movies, Bruce Lee films are much slower. Um, Hmm. They're still well-made movies. And the martial arts in them is pretty great. It's What's just... the one where there's the bad guy that has the claw on the chain and he like fucking wings it at the uh, good guys and then just like <sighs> is that Game of Death? Grapples no. onto them and then pulls them. Because they parodied that in um, uh, Kung, Kung Pao. Kung Pao. Well that's from an actual movie. That's That movie they're doing is an actual film. Oh the whole thing. The whole thing is actual film. They just edited in Odenkirk <laughs> over that character. <laughs> So those that's a, I forget the name of that movie. That's a real martial arts movie. Um, it's not Enter the Dragon. Right? It's not Enter the Dragon. Enter, Enter the Dragon is uh, <laughs> the one where they go to the martial arts tournament on an island for Mister Han, who is the bad guy, who I think is selling heroin. <laughs> I think I think he's a heroin dealer, and he has like a weird heroin den on his island, which gets super seventies like halfway through the movie. Like you see the heroin den, and you're like, oh wow. Uh, and pepper. <laughs> it really is like that scene. There's that, there's Game of Death, which is uh, the one with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I don't know. Have you ever seen that? Uh, it's there's Bru- so many Bruce Lee. martial arts movies that Bruce, I have not seen. It's a Bruce Lee movie where, it's the one with him in the yellow suit. Okay. You know that like yellow skin tight like mm-hmm. suit? That's what movie that's from. And it's him going up the floors of this temple, and he has to fight like a person at every single floor. Mm-hmm. At the very top is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> who is just, you get up there, and it's 70s Kareem abdul he's got a big afro. He's got aviator shades on. They're like the size of his face. And he's sitting in a chair. And Bruce Lee runs up to fight him. And, and Kareem just kicks him in the chest. And his footprint alone is like the size of Bruce Lee's chest. Like he comes and he just puts a leg that's like the length of like this lamp. And it just hits Bruce Lee square in the chest. It's a great martial arts movie. Game of Death. I would take Game of Death over uh, Enter the Dragon. Um, there's also The Big Boss. That's a good one. Uh, Kill Bill counts as a martial arts movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would count that would count as a martial arts movie. Especially because it just takes so much from older martial arts films. Yeah. That's and uh, Tarantino gets this a lot where it's like, oh well he just copies things that he sees. And he doesn't he doesn't copy them, he no. just like he he references them. Which, yeah. <laughs> and, and people are like, Well he's he steals stuff. I'm like, no, every every good director samples Listen, from Quentin Tarantulino has <laughs> never has never stolen anything. never stolen anything. <laughs> uh, but that's why I hear people are like I don't like Tarantino because he steals that's that's, no. that's not true if if he's referencing or if he's borrowing or he's using a scene from a previous film in his film it's because he really enjoys that movie yeah and it works mm-hmm. it's like oh well this would look really cool here like any good director knows that yep that it's like oh if you want to it's 
like, yeah, you would be amazing. Like Star Wars 4, 5, and 6. They're, I heard that they're, like, very much parallels to, like, these other movies and Oh, yeah, stuff. like older sci-fi Hidden series. Fortress and, like... Yeah, the, oh, yeah. Um, but it's, like, it, if you look at any good... If, it'd be amazing if you were a director who came up with a film that is completely original in every way. Oh, yeah. That's probably not possible because everything has been done, mm-hmm. and whenever there's something new, it it's very standout. You'll hear something that you're like, oh, wow, like, that's incredible. Yeah. But film has been around for so long that it's the point where if you're trying to be a wholly original with whatever you're crafting, then good then for you. you. And and also <laughs> you would have had to see everything. Yes. And had to consciously be like, no, 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 that's a, that's a corner angle from yeah. oh, that that's, movie. That's like, the... <laughs> That's the duality face scene from Persona. Yeah, no, like we can't. We can't do that. No. Are you a big film guy? Um, I, I love movies, mm. but I don't know if I've paid attention to them as much as I should have throughout the years. Like growing up, no rated R movies allowed in our house. Really? Yeah. So there's a lot that I missed out on. I haven't seen the Godfather series. Uh. I haven't seen. You're like the second person I've talked like I've like talked to recently who was like not allowed. Were you allowed to watch? Were you a Christian household? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's yeah. uh, a friend of mine. Uh, Doug uh, was just telling me how he'd never seen Labyrinth. I'm Doug. No, not you. <laughs> no, another. There's more than one Doug. Doug. There's not. I'm the only Doug. Uh, I'm not gonna say his last name because I don't know if he's like if it's a Labyrinth. Uh, yeah, he said Ooh. he said I grew up in a very uh, conservative household. And yeah, we weren't that. We weren't that. Labyrinth wasn't hardcore. allowed to be watched because it was magic, and it's like, oh, okay, that's under. I can see how that yeah. can be construed. It's a movie about goblins and a baby gets stolen. <laughs> but it's Muppets. It's Muppets. I love it. <laughs> well, I, when I hear, I was the youngest. I'm the youngest of three. So when it came to like me watching film, it, it really there wasn't really a like filter on what I was allowed to watch. Because yeah. I think my parents were just like, whatever. <laughs> hey, go yeah sure go yeah, ahead fine. Just go ahead go just watch Serpico go watch Serpico in the other room it's on HBO watch Al Pacino get shot in the face at point blank range uh, I specifically remember seeing He Got Game uh, which is a Spike Lee movie I when that. I was 12 um, and I was much too young to see that movie because I was I played basketball at the time I was like a kid I was playing basketball like any kid does I was in a basketball you were like league. I got game I was like oh I was like, <laughs> I was like oh it's a movie about basketball and I was like yeah it's a movie about basketball let's rent it <laughs> we watch it the movie is about a high school athlete who is considering not going to college even though he's like one of the biggest like prospects to like go to like a division D1 school to play basketball Yeah, and it's about him Dealing with that, he's raising his younger his younger sister and like t- making sure she goes to school and gets an education. It's all this, and it's like he doesn't know what to do with his college career. And his dad has been in jail. His dad's Denzel Washington. His dad has been okay. in jail for at least ten years, I think, mm-hmm. after uh, accidentally killing his mother. After Denzel what? accidentally kills his wife because he comes home drunk, and he shoves her, and her head hits like this countertop, and Ugh. she dies. And so he gets like a bunch of years for manslaughter. Um, and then he ends up going on, he gets uh, parole and he gets an ankle bracelet so he's able to leave and he ends up like trying to reunite with his son. <laughs> and his son is just like, I'm not having it. So it's like, you're kind of like the son, you have the son's story who is like trying to deal with going to college and all this stuff in the future and then you have Denzel who just got released from prison <laughs> and him trying to put his life back together. Who so plays like, the son? I forget. I forget the actor. Okay. Um, but you have Denzel trying to put his life back together so he's staying in this like 
terrible hotel, having sex with prostitutes, <laughs> which when that scene came up, my mom immediately like, covered my eyes because she's on top of a woman humping her. Um, and it's such, it's a very serious movie. Yeah. It's, it's deals a lot with like, game. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's there's like but there's like two basketball scenes in the whole movie <laughs> there's one of him of Denzel and his son playing like at the current time when they, he's out of prison yeah and there's a flashback to Denzel and his son when his son was younger and Denzel being drunk and like shoving his son around and it's a really sad scene yeah the whole movie is pretty depressing it's a great film <laughs> from what I remember I haven't seen it in years um but yeah I I was my, I was 12 my do you remember Celebrity Deathmatch yeah uh, my mom would tape episodes of that because I did claymation when I was younger oh, I, would, nice. I, would, I would do stop, little stop motion films mm-hmm. with this little camera we had mm-hmm. and so my mom my parents are very supportive uh, my mom <laughs> would it was on too late at night for me to stay up Yeah. so she would tape the episodes on a VHS <laughs> and the morning before school I would watch the episode from the night before Celebrity Deathmatch mm, yeah. and I'm, I was when that show was on I was probably like 11 or 12 and I go back <laughs> I think I'm like should not have been watching that, but then, I think I I, I say I shouldn't be watching that, but I think I like, I'm wow, I mumbled really bad. I think what I've been doing now, what I'm doing, if I didn't have yeah. that exposure to, we don't know. Like, we could check in uh, with another parallel universe and ask. We could. The other version of you. Do you have that, you have that phone? <laughs> Almost, I'm this yeah. close. <laughs> do you have that purplish phone <laughs> that has no buttons? <laughs> But yeah, I, um, yeah. So I watched Star Wars a lot when I was growing up. I watched because yep. my grandmother had uh, them on VHS. Um, she had like every Disney movie on VHS for one. Because I I have I have two sisters and then like on my dad's side there's fifteen cousins altogether. Uh, and so when we would go over to grandma's house, she would have to have stuff for whatever. Mm-hmm. So she would have all the Disney movies. She would have Star Wars. She had Tron. Mm-hmm. So I just it it went from there. I watched Star Wars so many times as a kid. So good. My parents recorded it off TV when it came on, mm-hmm. and um, some of some of them still have like little commercial bits. Oh, those are the best. Oh yeah. So oh. mostly though, they would like pause out the commercials while they were recording. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Like some sometimes seamless, but like there would still though. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, some of those old commercials, oh, so oh, they're, good. They're amazing. <laughs> the, the Star Wars, uh, Star Wars action figure commercials from, I think it might have been even like early '90s when the toys started getting like revamped. Yeah, are incredible. Mm-hmm. And because it's just it's and they don't like add any special effects or anything. Nope. It's literally two kids. And a kid, like, is holding the Emperor's, like, transport ship and, like, swoops in and, yeah. like, lands on a kitchen table. And then yeah. you see, like, the Vader mm-hmm. and the Stormtrooper figures. Dude, I remember one of the scenes they did pr- pretty good. With, like, they set up, like, a Hoth play scene. Yeah, I remember that commercial. And, the, exactly and they had about. the things, the like, the generator things. Mm-hmm. And then they had the... Um, the bullet shoot and like it blew up the the generator thing and yep. you're like whoa that's pretty cool <laughs> i remember seeing uh i think it was in florida yeah it was in florida and orlando at star tours at the disney world mm. um and they had the one of they had like a smaller version of an at at that you could actually go on to what? and take a photo with it I think that was at the same time that they had um jim henson had his like creature shop like tour going through and so we went from 
I was sitting in an at-at, and then, like, so you were in heaven. Later, I was in heaven. Ten minutes later, mm-hmm. we were going through, uh, like, just a warehouse of puppets, so you were seeing stuff from Labyrinth and Kermit, and... Oh, that's awesome. They have that here, the right? They have it here. I've tried to get in contact with them to go. I've never been able to, been get, able to get a response from anyone. Uh, um, just, just walk up. <laughs> it's, they don't hide it Kermit's on the roof Yeah <laughs> it's, it's actually like down the road It's on right? Highland right it's on, Yeah I think it's on Highland uh, Yeah they don't hide it I just I've never been able to get a response Because I've been like Hey I want to come in and look at puppets Because I actually wanted to use a puppet Like mm. Just like any kind of creature they had for a short That, I, that I've had planned for a while It's yeah. like hey I really want to like look and see And talk to you about your rates about renting it And which they're probably insane yeah. Um, no response. My friend Tony, uh, do you know Tony Thaxton? I don't know. Maybe if I saw him. Um, he does the Fleece Nobby Pod podcast, <laughs> uh, where he just talks about Christmas all the time. <laughs> uh, but Tony, Tony, no, it's a great podcast. If you're, it li- it's fantastic. Yeah. Go listen to Fleece Nobby Pod. He just put out a Christmas album. <laughs> uh, he put out a Christmas album. That's great too. Uh, but Tony um, was in a documentary recently where they interviewed, um, oh, I forget the guy's name, he's Big Bird. He was the guy who played okay. Big Bird in the 70s and still does stuff for the Muppets now, and yeah. Sesame Street now. And Tony got to go to the Henson Studios <sighs> and sit down and talk with the guy. And he looked through... like All the puppets. All the puppets. At least I think he did. I just remember seeing pictures. And then, and you look at those and you think, wow, the and those things, some of them are falling apart because what they're made out of is, it's a material that eventually falls apart. It's yeah. polyfoam. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's polyfoam or some mixture of foam sometimes, yeah. and unless you keep them up, like the paint will chip and they'll fall Do they fall have backups? Well, there's, there's stuff from so long ago, so you'll see like stuff from Dark Crystal and that it's like, oh, that's falling apart now. And dinosaurs? Dinosaurs. Like, <laughs> you, oh, God, dinosaurs. <laughs> that sh- Do you know how that show ends? They all die. Yeah, they all die <laughs> at the end of the show. <laughs> I told that... Spoiler to- alert! Spoiler alert. The show Dinosaurs, which is on Netflix, too. I tried watching it the other day. You can't do it. It's so... Not ri- the mama. It's so ridiculous that that was a show on TV. <laughs> That was out. Like, what was, how many seasons? Was that like least, three or four seasons? At least seasons? three, I think. <sighs> and I think that was like oh, at the, the same time that season two of Twin Peaks was happening. Oh, the old curmudgeon grandma. I, I remember someone linked something and like it's a scene with the old grandma and it's like a sad scene because she's talking about all her friends oh, yeah. and how they're all dying off the and like show is going extinct emotional. and you're like whoa whoa and if you look at what the actors had to wear in those suits <laughs> it's amazing anyone worked on that show because the suit the body alone is insane <laughs> and then the mechanics in the head like yeah, the animatronics was, in the head yeah it was all it's crazy robotic it's and... all yeah the animatronics like, so you have a jaw uh, mechanism on this thing that is like the size of a catcher's mitt that you're wearing on your face and it has gears all over the place and, and you can so barely see through that you can barely see through that mm-hmm. but yeah I, I I forget who I was telling um, the ending of that show to because they'd never seen it I was mm-hmm. like you know the show ends and they're like no I was like oh they, the ice age happens and they all die <laughs> and they're like that doesn't happen I'm like no that happens that's how the show ends the dad apologizes to his family for knocking over too many trees and 
And it's like a weird, like, it's a weird comment on, like, deforestation yeah, and how yeah. we're harming the planet, yeah. like, now. And this was 20-something years ago. Yep. The dad's like, we didn't know what we were doing. We were just <laughs> knocking trees down. Uh, we were it was our to, job. It was our job. We didn't know what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And then they're all sitting in the house, huddled together, wearing scarves. <laughs> and the baby looks at the mom and says, like, are things going to get better? <laughs> And the mom says, I don't, and the mom says, I don't know. She gives a, like a, just a maybe. And then it's just a slow pan out of their house, which is being covered in snow. And you hear, like, the uh, emergency broadcast, like, there's a newscaster, like, we are going off the air. It's, it's like, it's like the beginning of a zombie film, almost. It's like when the preacher in Dawn, like, for, uh, Dawn of the Dead is like, when there's no room left in hell, the dead will walk the earth it's that kind of like before they go off air yeah it's so sad chilling literally it's, and figuratively it's so dark for a show to end like that i do remember being scared by the monster under the bed episode of dinosaurs the, the baby gets kidnapped by the monster under the bed and the puppet for the monster kind of scared was it me. the monster from the the honeycomb no, no, no. <laughs> was, and there's a really great uh, moment in that. I went back and watched that recently to get over my fear of it, uh, which I've been doing a lot recently. Getting over your fears. Getting over fears from like films that I've watched. <laughs> um, but there's a great scene where like the police negotiator is talking to the monster under the bed, and he's like talking about his childhood. It's like this really sweet moment. He goes. You're gonna forget all that second girl come down there and like he like threatens the monster <laughs> after establishing this like heartwarming relationship. He's like, You son of a bitch, we're coming down there. <laughs> uh but yeah, I've been going back and watching horror movies that really scared me growing up. Yeah. Horror movies, just any movies in general that scared me growing up and like rewatching them and seeing like trying to find out where my fear came from that. <laughs> do you do that at all? Um I didn't see a ton of horror movies growing up because of the whole Rated R thing, mm-hmm. um, but I did see some like snuck some in there like uh, Freddy's Dead, oh. <laughs> um, Army of Darkness, which I saw without any context, without Evil <laughs> so Dead, without a, Evil Dead Two. Yeah, so just a very snarky man with when, a with a severed hand. Yeah, with a yeah chainsaw of her hand, and um, I thought that was pretty cool. The the part of that that scared me oh and Ernest scared stupid that was kind oh, yeah, of scary oh yeah the trolls in that yeah, yeah. that um. are lactose intolerant <laughs> that's a great Halloween movie that's if that's not on your list for Halloween then change up oh, change so your life the thing that was like uh, in Army of Darkness when the when the like evil clone, oh, yeah, clone evil was Ash. on his shoulder yeah. yeah and I was like what the, what's this what's happening <laughs> yeah like I was so young I was just like I, I don't know <laughs> That movie, that that scene has a great joke. Just when they run outside and they howl, I, that's it's when Evil Ash is like breaking off of his neck and okay. like coming out. And they run outside and you see like Bruce Campbell wearing that ridiculous like puppet. <laughs> it's a wide shot and it's him like in the moonlight of the windmill. And there's just the joke where he howls as if he's turning into a werewolf. It's just a really dumb, subtle joke. It's just like ah, oh, run before I. Kill again! <laughs> they just howl at the moon. <laughs> oh, yeah, we. I watched the th- the thing was like the biggest one. For oh, me. it's so good. The thing scared me a lot. I saw that for the first time like three or four years ago. Really? Yeah. That movie still holds up. It's really good. That movie is incredible. Ugh. That is, I think that's John Carpenter's best film. Like hands down, his best film. <laughs> 
And he's done a lot of great movies. What uh, was the short you guys did called? Night of the Creature. Night of the Creature, uh, yeah. When we looked back on it, me and Alex, Alex <laughs> Jacobs, who directed it, um, we looked back, we're like, probably should just call it Night of the Thing. Because <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a parody of, it's yeah. a parody of the blood testing scene in The Thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I found out that I referenced the 2011 remake, or whenever that movie came out, I forget. Oh, I haven't seen that. It wasn't a remake, it was a prequel. It was the prequel, right? yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, it was the prequel. It was supposed to be the Norwegian team, where when they go to, in the original thing where they go to the Norwegian base, and they yeah. find that, like, axe in the wall, yeah. and the blood everywhere, and the thing that's frozen, yeah. like, that's that's what the the newer thing movie is supposed to be. Mm. It's supposed to be the Norwegian uh, research team. Uh, but there's a scene in that where they're on a helicopter, and one of the guys who's an alien, his chest burst open, and has teeth and tentacles spring out of it and I completely forgot that um there's a prop in the short if you go watch it there's a prop where um the character's chest bursts open and it's a jacket that's full of teeth mm-hmm. that my buddy Russell Steppen made who's a makeup artist and a prop maker and all that so he made that jacket and without that jacket that sketch wouldn't have happened <laughs> because I was planning I was like oh I want to do something for Halloween I'd love yeah. to do four Halloween shorts but I don't have that time or money um, so I put like all my eggs towards a thing parody, and I was like, "How do I make this happen?" I remembered Russell has that jacket, so I was like, "Russell, do you want to be in the uh, thing parody?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Are you asking me because I have this jacket?" I go, "Yes, yeah, exactly." What I'm <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's nailed it. Um, he's like, "Yeah, sure." So he brought that jacket in, and then Lawrence Mercado. Do you know Lawrence? I don't think Lawrence so. Mercado. You know Chris Corn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence and Chris uh, took that jacket, and then they. It's filled with, it was polyfoam is what the teeth and everything was made of. And they took that and they put latex over it and grossed it up so it looked more veiny and like monster-like. And apparently that people, when that was getting shared on like horror websites, people were talking about how we referenced the helicopter scene from the the newest thing movie. I was like, I had not seen it. (laughs) I was like, I've never seen that movie. (laughs) I went and watched it recently and it's actually, it's not bad. Um, The thing I don't like about that movie is the amount of CG that they use. The used. thing you don't like about that? There you go. <laughs> we got there. Uh, they, the the studio, it. Amalgamated Dynamics, I think was the makeup studio that did, they made puppets and body pieces and all this stuff for the alien parts of the movie. Yeah. And then the studio, for whatever reason, decided to go with more digital approach to it. Yeah. And it just doesn't look good. And there's a really great scene where... Like in Hobbit Part 2. Or Hobbit Part 3. I haven't seen that. <laughs> You're lucky, though, because I would we would talk about that for three hours, about everything that's wrong with it. Dude, in Hobbit 2, the dragon looked really good. Yeah, the they dragon looks amazing. They did great with Smaug. And then Smaug, Smog, however you want to say, say it. I don't know. The part where he's running away... Uh, uh, tiny uh, tiny Aragorn is running away from uh, the dwarf. He pretty much looks like a dwarf version oh, of... Oh, uh, Killy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know his name. The one who doesn't have a beard. Yeah. The handsome one. <laughs> yeah. When he's running away from uh, Smog, and then he like jumps on his shield on the on the chute of, full of liquid gold, mm-hmm. I was like... Oh, this looks really bad. Yeah. Like this is completely taking me out well, of it. At like the the How the, do they let something like that happen now? There's a scene in that movie that still bothers me and 
it, it bothered me so much after I saw the movie. <laughs> and it's not even like an acting thing. It's during the 18 hour uh, barrel scene. <laughs> uh, it's like in like the 35th minute of that scene um, the camera goes to a shot like a shot of the water hitting them like they'll be like you'll see them in the barrels and all of a sudden oh, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be like a GoPro shot of water splashing <laughs> on the camera and the difference in color like resolution lens everything is so jarring so you're like you're watching this movie that's shot on like two separate red cameras with like 3d lenses like all this ridiculous nonsense for, for a camera you're looking at this scene that has so much great like color grading and editing done to it and it's shot on these beautiful like thousand dollar cameras and then it cuts to something that someone would use a gopro for on like white water rafting so you're like oh huh? oh and it happens like three times and me and my girlfriend saw it in the theater, and when that happened, I looked at her, I was like, the fuck was that? <laughs> and she's like, I don't know. And it bothered me for a week. It bothered me for a week because of someone who does, who edits, and, like, makes, and is someone who's, That's like, so make sure it blends and, like... It, so, it doesn't blend at all, and I'm just like, how could they do? It's a multi-million dollar movie! Like, I get you don't want to get your expensive cameras wet. Just cut those out. We know we're in water. Yeah. They're in barrels in water. You don't need to establish that water is hitting them. We can Wait, see how it. can we be sure they're in water? You guys, we, we should get a shot with from within one of the barrels. Oh, my mom just bought a GoPro for when she goes bike riding. Yeah. We can borrow that. It's only 480, but I think it's going to do good. It's so jarring. <laughs> and then the orcs in that mo- those movies, too. The orcs are all CG. Yeah. And it makes no sense to well, me. Well, same with all of the uh, Lord of the Rings ones, right? But but in the first... Even throughout the movies, when there's close... When there's close-ups, or like... Yeah. There's people in makeup. Yeah. Like the Urukai, they're all in makeup. The orcs, they're makeup. These movies, Legolas fights two video game characters. <laughs> he fights that one orc that has like the... Who looks awful. <laughs> like he the, looks... The big-ass one? The like one the, with like the white eye. Yeah. And he has like the metal like in his face. Yeah. He looks terrible. Like, it just... I were watching, I'm just like, why? And Peter Jackson is someone... And the thing is, those movies, they're well-directed. Yeah. They're well-acted. Yeah. Like, the, those movies are movies. It's it just parts of them, you're like, why the fuck did this happen? Well, when you... It's part of it, for me, like, I think... I think when you bring the resolution up so high, mm-hmm. all of the CG stuff sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. That's true, right? Like, that, Well, that's true, but it's also just... It, it's like, it's so obvious that it's not a person. Yeah. Like, I don't know what they did, because I've seen some... And you can always tell when something is a CG person. You'll tell in the new, when you see the new one. You'll go, <laughs> what the fuck is this? There's a part where, you know, Dane? It's Thorin's cousin. Okay. Just wait for when Dane shows up, and you're going to go, what is happening? (laughs) They didn't hire a person for this? I think it's because our human brains can't function. Like, we're we're shooting higher than our brains and eyes can comprehend. Like, the TVs with the whole, like, uh, 120 refresh rate. Yeah. It fucks me up, because I'm like... It looks like a video game. Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck am I watching? Uh, I remember over um, Christmas break or Thanksgiving, at one point when I was high, and I was watching. We were watching. We're, we're the Millers. Okay. Funny movie. 
I've not like, seen it. It was really good. But I specifically one... did look up the dick biting scene though. <laughs> it's a movie that I was like, oh, I'll see this on Netflix. And then I was like, oh, I heard there's a scene where a guy, a kid gets his dick bit by a tarantula and you see like a disgusting yeah. swollen testicle. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I had to see that. <laughs> I've done that so often where it's like, I won't see this movie, but I've heard there's something really gross that happens. <laughs> so I'll look that up. It was really funny. <laughs> um, but there's a scene where Ed Helms is in this like big ass office. Oh yeah, he has a He has an aquarium yeah. in the background with like sharks and stuff. And it looked totally fake. And yeah. you know why? Because of the fucking refresh rate, like the refresh, the the CG can't keep up with the refresh rate or something. I don't know where it's going wrong, but I'm like, it completely takes me out of it. And I'm like, oh, he's just standing in front of a, yeah. like a big wall a or big something. Green screen, big green screen. Yeah, it's also uh, a film like that probably didn't spend super amount of money on their visual effects department. Uh, it's just I don't know where the balance is going to be. Where it's going to be like, whoa, that was CG. I couldn't tell because right mm-hmm. now I can tell. Yeah, every time. Very rarely does that ever happen where you can't tell. It's very rare, and and it's moments that are a blip. It's moments that can you those happen in a blink of an eye. The ones where you're like, oh, where I didn't even where know. Where like I didn't know, and it's usually for smaller stuff. Yeah. Um, like it, I remember seeing the trailer for World War Z, and I was like, I'm not going to see this movie. No. Um, even way. though I've heard it's good. <sighs> Fucking like those. The zombies making the giant zombie I'm, ladder. I'm in, a, I'm in a minority about that movie. I don't like that film. <laughs> it, it makes no sense to me. Yeah. It, it makes no sense why they would make a PG-13 zombie movie <laughs> and a PG-13 zombie movie about one guy traveling around the world and <laughs> just oh the zombies are running again. We're gonna go to this part of the world now. <laughs> when I saw the trailer and they became water, because there's that scene where they're running down the alley. In like Israel or oh, Jerusalem. Oh, and they're like psh, splashing and they, and they all over each other, and they hit the wall and, and they spill over each other because they've somehow gained nope. the consistency and physics of water. Nope. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't need to see it. <laughs> and then I had to see it because I had to talk about it on a podcast. It's zombie water. I had to talk about it on a podcast, and I was like, I didn't like it. Everyone's like, I loved it. I'm just like, why well, don't? <laughs> so you did see it. I did see it. Okay. And I rewatched it recently too. And you're like, nope, nope. <laughs> That's not what's scary about zombies to me. I heard that the book was like um, well, the, the retelling bo- retellings of people who survived the World War Z. Yeah, it's and like they could have. Uh, someone was telling me they were like they could have done a really good job with it if they would have done like maybe a found footage type thing or like that just well the, when they made that movie they like kept Max Brooks out of production the, out of production pretty much they were kind of just like ah oh, we don't need you for this we don't need you for this and then when they came we down, bought like, the rights we know yeah, what to then do when it came down, they were like oh can you help us and he was like no at least <laughs> this is what I've heard he was like no why would I do that why would I help you after like, you kind of like shun, shut me out of this production oh, the, he says his the best vision of that book is the audiobook. Um, if, because because it's a book about and there's people, a lot of different characters and different stuff. characters people so you yeah. have I believe Henry Rollins is in that is in the audio oh, book. Nice. Uh, there's a bunch of celebrities in it. I think Ian McKellen might actually be in it. <laughs> like, and it's and they're all playing those characters. Out Flying fools. Yeah. <laughs> and he he said that he said the the most realized vision of the book that I wrote is the audio book because they have different actors for each character. Yeah. That are talking through all the different chapters and stories in the book. That's cool. And I so it brings it to, to it. life a little bit. I bet. Yeah. yeah, and I and they act the scenes very well. I've heard. I haven't listened to it. I really want to. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a good book. It's a re- 
pretty light read, too. Yeah. Like, you look at it, and it's a decent-sized book. Probably, like, 200 pages or something. Yeah. Um, I read Ready Player One. I haven't read that yet. It's really good. I've heard that's good. And uh, I don't read. <laughs> like, usually, like, someone's like, oh, yeah, I haven't read a book in, like, a month. Whew, i got to get another book. <laughs> and I'm like, I read one book in the last five and a half years. So... It's not a competition. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I win. No, so... But you have so many video games here. <laughs> I know. Video games, movies, board games. Board games. But I, I read Ready Player One in like five days. Really? That's how good it was. And coming from someone who doesn't read, and like, they bought the movie rights before the book was even released. Really? Yeah. It's gonna be fucking good, especially if and when is Ernest like- Klein is like involved in it all. Because he did Fanboys... Knocked it out of the park. Oh, yeah. That was a weird movie, too. <laughs> yeah. Not like, not like the subject matter, just the way that that movie went about getting released. Oh, yeah, because they filmed... They filmed a bunch, and mm. then they, like, ran out of money or something. I think and they, they had to money. And they had to, like, do a bunch of reshoots yeah. and, like... And then they had to change the ending, because I remember the studio that I was going to put out originally didn't like the ending where the friend died. Oh. And so they shot an alternate ending, I believe. And then, that is, and and they ended spoilers. up keeping the original ending. Yeah, if, if you haven't this movie, that movie, <laughs> the movie was originally from what, like two thousand five. Two thousand five. I, I remember Jeez. seeing a, a trailer for it, and I was like, "Oh, it looks awesome!" And then I was like, "What about this movie, Fanboys?" <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing a preview for it at uh, I watching the live San Diego Comic Con coverage. And uh, the guys who were in the movie were talking about it at, like, 2007. They were like, yeah, we just finished it. Like, it should be out in January. Nope. Four years goes by, and then I see it at Best Buy on DVD. I'm like, what? All right. Oh. And that movie has some great cameos. Yeah, a lot of great cameos. Uh, My favorite is probably um, Ray Park. Uh, He's, uh, He's the security guard. At the Skywalker Ranch, he breaks up the two batons. <laughs> oh, yeah, he yeah. Says, he says, prepare, prepare to get mauled, boys. Prepare to get mauled. Oh, good old Darth Maul. <laughs> Darth Maul. <laughs> also, not his voice in the movie. Really? Yeah. Uh, when he says, when he says there's like two lines of dialogue, that's uh, Peter Serafinowicz. Who's that? Um, he's, uh, he's a British comedian. Um, you've seen Shaun the Dead. Yeah. He's uh, Pete, the roommate. Oh. He's the angry roommate. <laughs> he's awesome. he's he's in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, he's the pilot who ends yep. up dying. So I'm just giving away spoilers. <laughs> he's not a character in the movie. He's a British guy in the movie. Wait, so why didn't they use Ray Park's voice? I don't know. I think it was a thing where they uh, just didn't like the sound of his voice. <laughs> and Peter Serafinowicz, you've heard him talk. He's got a yeah. low register. Yeah, he's got a very like proper regal sounding voice and I guess that's what they want for a character who has horns on his face on his head <laughs> and just like in uh, um, I mean all the Star Wars with they that one actor thought he was gonna be the voice and yeah. then it was James Earl Jones yep exactly. <laughs> it was Prowse right yeah Prowse yeah Prowse was the guy in the suit <laughs> Jones was the voice and Shaw was the face <laughs> three different people which you that was that was such a weird revelation as a kid when they took his helmet off yeah, yeah. and it's just this guy who looks like an egg yeah <laughs> you're like oh what and then that was his voice in Jedi yes and that then when the helmet original, comes off yeah. It's, yeah it's Shaw <laughs> I yeah, he just the guy who's stranded yeah. in the desert uh. needs water 
I l- remember losing my mind recently. And when I say recently, I mean like in the past five years. Mm-hmm. When I watched a version of it on TV. And it was Return of the Jedi at the end. Is when It was the version where Hayden Christensen... Stupid, 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 stupid. I lost my mind. Stupid. I lost my absolute mind. Uh, and I was like alone. And I was yelling. Like, oh, it's... It makes no sense. Yeah, because he aged. He aged? Luke, and then he was there in the original. Yes. Like, keep him. Keep Luke, his ghost. Luke would never know what his, what his father's past self would look like. Yeah, why did he nod to that stranger? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yup nub, stranger. Yup nub. He's like, oh yeah, there's Ben, there's Yoda, and there's... Who the fuck is that guy? There's a guy with long hair and really thick eyebrows. You're supposed to know him? They murdered them. They <laughs> murdered all of them. Shut up, Amy Christensen. I did see... I, I hate memes, but I did see one that's funny where it's like, if Obi-Wan was telling the truth, and it goes, this is your father's lightsaber. He used it to kill 30 children. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, those... Even the women and children. We could talk about those movies for hours, too, if you wanted to. Oh, boy. (laughs) Talk about everything. Yikes. (laughs) Jar Jar. Fucking Jar Jar. Dan Telfer has the best breakdown of Jar Jar Binks. Of the three... Episode one, I liked the most. Really? Because say- of, and it hinges on, the fight with uh, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and if Darth you- Maul. It's <sighs> fucking awesome. See, I don't even like it, though. Really? Like, it's, I thought it was cool to it, see, like, okay, uh, this is, like, some Force shit that we've been missing. We're, like, with, like, the flying and, like, the, okay, like, if you're in tune with the Force, like, you can do all that shit. Well, here's the thing. You, you, you know Red Letter Media? Um, yeah, I don't know. They've done, uh, Mike Stoklausa has, he's a filmmaker in Milwaukee, um, has done breakdowns of all three prequels. Okay. Very in-depth, very, like, you're just, like, watching, you're like, wow, I didn't even think about that, that's way dumber than it, than <laughs> I remember it being. I heard that someone made a, uh, episode one, two, and three, combined it into one movie, like, left out that. all the bullshit. Yeah. Huh? Tover Grace did that. He did? Yeah. From oh. that 70s show. Yeah. Okay. He made his own cut of the prequels. <laughs> I heard it's good. I've heard it's good too. I, I want I, I want to see that happen with the Hobbit movies. Ooh. I want when after the third one comes out on Blu-ray, I want to see someone take those Hobbit movies and cut out all of the bullshit, bullshit and garbage and make a solid single movie. Yeah. <laughs> make one really good movie. <laughs> um, What was it? Uh, episode one. Uh, Red Letter oh, Media. Red Letter Media. But there, he does a breakdown where he talks about... And like in that movie, you're like, oh, they're using the Force, they're pushing droids, they're jumping, doing all this stuff. There's a part in the beginning of episode one where the droidkas, which are the rolling droids that yeah, have the yeah. shields roll up yeah. and start shooting at them, and Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan speed run out of the scene. Yeah. You see them go, Phew, and they're like a blur. They go down a hallway. And in the review, it's like, oh, Wow. Thank God they have that power. I guess they could use it later. And then it shows Obi-Wan running in between the force fields while Qui-Gon is fighting Darth Maul. He's like, oh, I guess we're not going to use that. <laughs> He's like, oh, it'd be a great time I to forgot use- I had that power. <laughs> yeah. I have so many time- powers, I don't know. It'd be a great time to use that force run. No, I guess you're not going to do it. And then he's going to die. He's going to die. One, because he's stupid. Because Qui-Gon is stupid. What if? What if? That whole time, they were using their force run, 
because all three of them had such a great grasp of the force, but they had to slow it down for us normies. Like an episode of Dragon Ball Z. Like, I can't see them. Moving so fast. Just give them that. Just give them I'm that. I'm not going to give them that. All right. <laughs> You've seen the movie. Yeah, one, two, and three. I just, I mean. I can't sit through two. I can't make it through two. I've tried Clone recently. Clone Wars. Um, right? Clone Wars? Yeah. yeah. Attack of the Clones. Oh, yeah. Episode Clone Wars is the, is the cartoon. actually decent cartoon The cartoon series. that I don't like the animation. I don't like the animation either. Because it makes them look like they look rubber like, rubber dolls and yeah. they're jumping. and It's like, I can't sympathize with something made of rubber. I can't. <laughs> like, I heard that they made it, or um, Clone Wars originally, or The Clone Wars mm-hmm. or something, which was animated, and it actually looks kind of good. The like 2D, really good the 2D animated one? Yeah, oh yeah. that was uh, Tartakovsky that was Getty Tartakovsky okay who was the guy who uh, made Dexter's Lab okay and uh, Samurai Jack yeah he so, was the guy who made those series 2D animation yeah. and then they were like nah we're gonna make them look like vinyl figurines like fuck no no stop it that's yeah Tartakovsky did. Uh, with well, the giant chunks of hair like waving like fucking fucking stop it well see uh, I, I get around that because I just I enjoy the storyline <laughs> one it's a storyline not written by George Lucas yeah or those stories have very little very little romance in them which George Lucas doesn't know how to write a romantic love story and there shouldn't be one in Star Wars it could be it Star could Wars be the, is a western there it, shouldn't be a love story it could be the greatest story with the greatest cameos and the greatest mm action scenes ever but if you put that fucking animation in front of me I'm gonna throw it out of your face I don't even know what that even means (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's I I like I like that series just based on the story because that is actually a very well told story of what happened in between those movies and that's that series um, that Tartakovsky did was brilliant and you go back and you watch those and a lot of them don't have dialogue there is a whole uh, section with Mace Windu. Where it's just action? Where it's just action, and there's no dialogue, and it's him fighting an entire, like, tanker of droids. Awesome. And it's amazing, and it's animated beautifully, and it has, like... And if you look at it, and if you're, like, a lightsaber purist, <laughs> or, like, a Star Wars purist, you look at, like, scenes where Luke and Vader are fighting, or Obi-Wan and Vader are fighting, and... and Granted, those scenes were made in the 70s, and they didn't really have a martial arts director or a sword fighting director on scene. Yeah. Also, Alec Guinness was about 107 at the time he filmed <laughs> the movie. But it's like you have... The fight scenes seem very slow compared to like the prequels. And yeah, I know yeah. people who prefer the slower fights because they're like, oh, well, it's more elegance. They're just more... They know each other's moves, yeah. and it's more sensing instead of just like waving yeah. a sword at people. Yeah. Uh, but if you really like animated action, the Tartakovsky ones have really great lightsaber action. And that's also the series that established Grievous uh, as a character. Mm-hmm. And he's way more terrifying in the in a cartoon made by the guy who made Dexter's Lab than he is in the third movie. <laughs> because there's an episode of the animated series where uh, Kiati Mundi, who is the um, Jedi with the long head okay. and the white mustache and goatee. Yeah. Uh, him, Shakti, who is the, I forget her race, but she has the red face the, with, with the horns. The things coming out of you're, her head? You're thinking of Alia, the blue one. Oh, okay. Who's the blue Twi'lek. Um, and no, Shakti is red face, white, uh, like, around her eyes and has, like, big horns. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. I if think you, so, yeah. yeah. So it's a bunch of Jedis. Uh, I think Kit Fisto's there, too, who is the one with the green tentacles and the big 
bulging eyes. Okay. I forget. But they get, like, cornered in this cave, and they're being, like, hunted by something. Yeah. And they're, like, oh, they're, like, in this cave with high ceilings, they can hear, like, scrambling around. And, like, yeah, it's, like, real terrifying. And this one Padawan just, like, loses his shit. And he's like, ah, screams and has to run out of the cave. And Grievous just drops from the ceiling and grabs the guy's head with his foot and smashes it into the ground when what? he lands. Does he kill him? And yeah, he kills him. And he takes him and throws the body away. Cartoon? It's a cartoon. Ooh, and then Grievous, yes! Grievous, like, takes, he has his <laughs> other arms and he takes out his lightsabers and starts, like, fighting all these Jedi in this terrifying game. And, and he doesn't talk. No talking, Ooh. just silent, and he's just like, like wrecking these Jedi, and it gets to a point where he gets defeated, or he gets like, the Jedi's get saved by a clone trooper ship that blows through the side of the cave Ooh. and swings in, and they have like teeth painted on the side of the transport ship. <laughs> and it's like a small little, small little detail things like that, like still stick with me because yeah. you're like, oh, that's so, like it's not new, but to have that in like Star Wars is kind of creative. Because just that universe, you don't think of somebody painting, like, teeth on the side of their yeah. own ship. But it's, like, that's such a little small, like, style. And you're like, oh, that's what the... That's, like, that what uh, that squadron of troopers is like. You know, they're all clones. <laughs> They've kind of established that, like, all the troopers do actually end up getting their own personalities. Yeah, that's their thing. That's yeah. their thing. I don't know. But look that, you can look that up. I feel like it's going to be, like, a six-hour-long episode. <laughs> oh, man. It's been uh, two hours and 15 minutes. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's been a good one. How long do you usually go for? Till till it's good. Till it feels you don't like chop it episode. down at all. Uh, the the only times I've chopped it down is when the guest has been like, "Oh, could you take out that part when I said blah blah blah?" Like I didn't know we were recording. Can you take out all the stuff I said like right up until now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Starting now. Hi. Hello. Oh, hey. welcome. 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 Oh. <laughs> um, do you have any more questions that you've written down? Yeah. Uh, okay, favorite part, dream, and then the last one is, um, so where do you work now? You said you, you're working on Mr. Pickles. Uh, no, right now I'm at Six Point Harness, uh, okay. which is a studio in Echo Park. Echo Park, yeah. Echo Park area, Silver Lake-ish. It's near, um, Glendale Boulevard. Okay. Uh, I'm working on a show for Fusion right now. I'm an animator. Which you can't really talk about. I don't know if I can talk about it or not. This is a thing. I don't, I... Don't, sign, just for safety's sake. Just for sake, NBA yeah, sake. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a show, uh, it's an animated show, um, it's coming out on Fusion TV, I've been there since like October, uh, and then I'm going, in February I'm going back over to Shadow Machine, nice. which is the studio that I worked on BoJack Net- with. Netflix, BoJack. Uh, I'm going over to work on a pilot uh, for them. Ooh. I don't know if I can say the name of the pilot either. I haven't signed anything. Um, Was the pilot's name Wedge Antilles? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was- it was Jack Porkins. Okay. <laughs> Rest in peace, Porkins. I can't shake him. Uh, I can't God, shake I him. I don't know if I can say it over there or not. And this will this will come out uh, on the twenty third, January twenty third. Uh, I'm not gonna say it just in case. Yeah. I think it's pretty well known. Uh, like the name of the show that I'm gonna be working on. It's like in the like ether of the animation People community. People are like, oh. That it's like, oh, yeah. that's a show that's being made. Yeah. Um, but I'm going over to work for about six weeks and change on that show. Nice. Uh, and then, yeah, then uh, I'm going back when season two of Mr. Pickles comes around. I'll probably go back to that. Uh, yeah. I'm doing some assistant writing 
uh, for that show. Nice. I don't know if I was allowed to say that. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not giving away secrets. Yeah. Um, I'm going in as a punch-up writer for that for season two. Cool. Of Mr. Pickles. Uh, but yeah, right now I'm at Six Point, and they're a studio. They've done El Tigre, which is a Nickelodeon show. Heard of? But I've uh, seen it's it. a very, very stylized uh, Nickelodeon show. It's a pretty cool show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the premise is like this little kid whose dad is a superhero, but his grandfather is a supervillain. Oh, and so the kid that's is kind of cool. It's a cool idea, and the show is very stylized. <laughs> and his dad's like name was like White Panther, <laughs> and his dad his superhero costume was like a white suit, and he has like a uh, lucha libre mask that has ears. That's cool. It's really cool. And then and the his, kid has a tiger. The kid suit? has El Tigre, so it's a, kind of like a cowboy costume almost. Like he has spurs and like a belt, <laughs> but he also has like a tiger, like a black tiger hood. It's a really cool stylized show. They did that. <laughs> They've done a bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah. They do stuff for Rugburn Channel, which is like combined with Titmouse. Uh, <laughs> I've never. That's the ones too. I haven't really. I haven't worked for. I think Titmouse. Titmouse, yeah. And they <laughs> come on, Marge. You know I can't say Titmouse without the giggling. We <laughs> <laughs> do you want to talk about Simpsons? Because we talk about Simpsons for days. Um, yeah, that's what I'm working on now, and then uh, doing sketch stuff. Yeah, uh, I do. I put out two to three a month, or I put out one a month. Okay, but I film. I try to film at least two to three a month, just so I'm not. So you have a backlog. So I have a backlog of... of stuff. And so you're still consistent in putting them out. Yeah, I want to move to doing two a month, because uh, a month in internet time is like an eternity. Eternity, yeah. Yeah, because people want it right now. People want it right now, and there's a group out there called Hush Money. Uh, they're friends of mine um, who do really awesome sketches and they put out I think I've seen some of their stuff on Sketchmelt yeah they did they did put together a compilation uh, video for Sketchmelt a while ago um, and they just did a live show at the Virgil they're awesome it's Brody Reed um, Josh Wallace George Coffey Luke Jensen Rivers Langley and Monica Scott uh, that's right. that's Hush Money and I would love to have uh, a team to work with like a team of other writers and comedians to work yeah. with. Yeah, I don't know. I've done it before. I don't know. I think I'm just like too much of a control freak when it comes to stuff. <laughs> um, where I'm just like, oh, I'd rather do this, and then, I don't know. Um, I also, also, it's also just a way of like, oh, well, this is my thing. Yeah, and that's fucking control freak. <laughs> so uh, you don't have a sketch group right now. I don't have a sketch group. I've been in a, I've been in a few. Um, we've done some stuff, but then like, it just, got, I think it also got to a point where scheduling was a thing I hated dealing with. I was just like, well, he can't do this weekend because he's working, and then she can't come here because she has to go to the yeah, show. Yeah, it's really hard to get everyone together. It's, uh, I'm, uh, that's why I'm, I'm always impressed, because they put out a new sketch every Monday. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't have that like in me to like wrangle people every week, for like yeah. every week to make something. And, and so I'm, when I, I'm sure they're like making a living off of that somehow, or some uh, to some degree. Nope. No? YouTube is... Uh, very hard to make money on now. Yeah. Um, the people who made money on YouTube made a lot of their money a couple of years ago. Not even that long ago. I think it was about like maybe two years ago. Yeah. Uh, two to three. Somebody like Freddie Wong or Corridor Digital, or and I'm talking about like people who make films, like people who are filmmakers. Yeah. Um, that's how they. Uh, Backyard Effects, I think, for a bit. Um, Bart Bart Baker makes his money off. YouTube. Yeah. And, but it's, it's gotten hard because uh, the algorithm on YouTube has changed. Where you have 
there was a animation. There's still an animation community on YouTube. Yeah. People like Rubber Ninja, uh, Rice Pirate, uh, Eagle Raptor, uh, El Cid. Uh, stop! Stop me if you don't know someone. <laughs> yeah, I don't know any of them. Okay. El Cid is also a, a venue, like down yeah, in yeah. like right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> his name is really Ms. Rodrigo. He was I used to, I used to work with him at ADHD. Okay. Um, but they they were a community of animators that came from Newgrounds. If you remember Newgrounds at all, mm, no. Newgrounds was a purely flash based animation website okay. where people could put up swifts of like cartoons they made or flash based games. Ooh. And so you would have like some decent animation that came out of there, but a lot of the time people were just making like real crude looking animation that yeah. was real crude humor. Like twelve ounce mouse. Twelve ounce mouse level of stuff. And it was like really crude. <laughs> and I remember getting in trouble once because I was like playing a game on there that my I think it was inappropriate because there was cursing in it. So the Newgrounds community kinda has like they have very talented animators that have come out of there, but a lot of the stuff you have to wade through a lot of the shit mm-hmm. that's there. Um, but then they moved to YouTube a couple of years ago, yeah. and they've made a lot of money off of that. Like, hmm. Ego Raptor, I know, gets, like, I think one of his videos has 20 million views. Whoa. And break that down, that turns into a couple thousand. I think at least 10,000, maybe. Yeah. I think, like, 4 million views on a video equals out to about $5,000. Huh. Uh, in past YouTube time. That's oh, why I, I looked it up. But I was now like, that it's, like, sat- more saturated, like... It's well, here's here's something. the thing is, um, in their new like agreements and like for becoming a partner, uh, Ross O'Donovan, who's Rubber Ninja, he's an animator, um, made a video about how YouTube is kind of fucking over people who put out content once a month, huh. because if you have a big enough um, like audience, Following, you're going to affect you really. You right? won't get, well, you'll get those million views or whatever. Yeah. Um, but if you're someone who doesn't have a big following and you put out a video once a month, you're kind of drowning unless you get, like, one big hit and then you take off. Yeah. But if you're an animator, you can't put out something once a week. And in the new, like, partner agreements, it, I believe it said something. It's, like, it's not, about the, it's not about the amount of views you get on a video now that generates your income. It's about the amount of stuff you can put out. Huh. What? So people who make vlogs... Who sit like here daily vlogs daily maybe even three times a day yeah who sit down and make a vlog about something make a living off of YouTube but someone who's taking a month to animate something or a month to make a short film is not going to make any money really even if YouTube. it gets like a hundred million views that's the only really way um, and then it's also your subscriber count you have to hit a certain amount of subscribers before mm-hmm. YouTube actually looks at you as someone like they would want to partner with yeah but it's just like, and then, and uh, Ross is on a channel called uh, Game Grumps, if you know them. Dave Ross? No, Game Grumps. No, you said Ross is on uh, the... Oh, Ross O'Donovan, oh, uh, the okay. animator Robert Ninja. Right. Uh, he's on a channel, and they, it's a Let's Play channel where they put out three videos a day, yeah. and they have a million subscribers, and they get like 500,000 views on at least each video mm-hmm. um, they put out, and they generate a lot of income through that, but... That's how you. That's how you make money now on YouTube. That's why PewDiePie makes six million a year because <laughs> he puts out what five videos a day, and all he has to do is sit down and yell into a microphone as yeah. he's playing Call of Duty. Yep. <laughs> so it's and uh, and I know people who are really funny sketch teams. Who Garlic Jackson's one of them. They put out a lot of stuff. Garlic Jackson. Garlic Jackson. Yeah, they're they're a New York. Slash LA, they have people in both cities. What's the name of your buddy that was the myth again? Lou Zaviglia? Lou Zaviglia. Oh, did, be... I ever, did I ever finish talking about him? 
Yeah, he died. You know? No, he's alive. Oh, he got he, shot. He got the shot leg. through the leg. He survived. <laughs> uh, I forget. It. I forgot why we stopped talking about him. Uh, I don't know. Um, we just jumped onto something else. We just else. jumped onto something else. But uh, but that'd be a good sketch name. Sketch team name. Louis Vaglia. Yeah. The last I heard of him, <laughs> his parents moved from my neighborhood, <laughs> and my dad said, uh, Louis. Uh, now lives in South Carolina and is in a psychiatric hospital. What? Which the kid is it's become, crazy house. Yeah, it's become like almost like urban like An asylum. folklore. Arkham Asylum. It's like oh, this kid who <laughs> is a regular kid got into drugs, drugs and quotes. What drugs? Drugs. Gateway he drugs. Got into drugs. <laughs> you know, drugs. Uh, got really into metal. All of the drugs. But he's he became. Like, uh, a reef, you became reefer madness. <laughs> it was like, look, it's basically looked at, it's like, here's a regular boy who enjoyed playing, playing army men and then and video games and then got into drugs and now he's in a psychiatric hospital <laughs> and he got into rock and roll and now he's in a psychiatric hospital. Dude, I, I heard dabs is like fucked up like that. Where was that? Dabs is a, it's a thing that I've heard of. A little bit before. Is that a drug? Yeah. Okay. I, I know I think, nothing I think of it's drug like culture. A, I think it's like a super mega concentrated form of THC in like a little strip. And like you put it on your tongue or, or you smoke. I can't remember. But uh, Joe Mandy has a bit that he's done <laughs> did about it. And he it was about a party that he went uh-huh. to. And um, people were doing dabs. And he was like, he was, uh, I'm not going to like try and do the bit but at the end of it he's uh-huh. like he's like they did it they finally did it like they they made drugs what our parents thought they were <laughs> back when they were happening like they made them scary like <laughs> so my friend was like you gonna do you gonna do dabs he's like no 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 man oh, I'm, not gonna, not I'm, touching, I'm good I'm good <laughs> oh god yeah but he's been, that kid became he became like a 1950s like <laughs> Propaganda film. Propaganda film. It became a cautionary tale. <laughs> Drugs. Heavy metal. Psychiatric hospital. <laughs> eating his hair. Like, it just... Oh, what? <laughs> that's what'll happen, kids. Yeah, if you do drugs. <laughs> Which drug? Drugs. Drugs. <laughs> you know that white greenish leaf powder? <laughs> that's in pill form? All the drugs. At <laughs> the bottom of a bottle? <laughs> uh... Yeah, YouTube. Um, this will happen to you. That's. I've been wanting to make a propaganda short for a long time. I animated one in college about sex, mm-hmm. uh, and it, I animated. Um, <laughs> I animated sperm with Satan's face laughing, <laughs> swimming through fallopian tubes, uh, and it said what well, it's like premarital sex in big red letters underneath it as it was like swimming. <laughs> And it was just Satan laughing. Uh, but I made that because, I forget why, but I was watching, like, old propaganda films from the 50s and, like, sex ed films. Yeah. Which, I'm amazed people in the 50s... Had sex at all? Had sex at all. <laughs> and were able to make more people. Just the way it's presented. It's like, the lady lays here, and then you lay on top of her, and then it happens, and then you're done. So it's just like you touch, like you're an alien species that like your heart energy is combined, and then then an egg is made. Then the theremin turns on. Yeah, then the theremin turns on. (laughs) But I was watching it, and then there's, I was watching one that really stood out to me because of how insane it was. 
and it was uh, three kids in like a gymnasium on the bleachers talking about it. It's like, you don't know what sex is. Like, yeah, I do. And they're like arguing. And the gym teacher walks in. The gym teacher is at least 52. <laughs> and he's the 50, he's got a baseball hat on. He's got a whistle. He's got sweatpants course, on and a course. white shirt. He walks in. He's like, he's got a bunch of like big like poster boards under his arm. And he goes, what are you boys talking about? And he's like, we're talking about sex. He goes, oh, well, I'll teach you about it. Come sit down. And he walked in. He, the thing that makes it weird is, instead of, like, bringing him to a classroom and showing him, like, a bunch of, like, slides, the stuff he was carrying under his arm were vaginal charts. Oh, I'm sure of it. So he was like, oh, I already have these with me. <laughs> what a coincidence, kids. <laughs> the coincidence. I'm just on my way to my shame closet to masturbate to these medical vaginal charts and he was just like here you go and just put them up it's like you were those in your car what were you doing why were you just walking around just walking around in school carrying a chart with a anatomy of a vagina on it anatomy of a penis I was like that guy is a murderer (laughs) he's a serial killer but he's not because he's a gym coach and he's basically the same as a cop. Yeah. What you don't <laughs> 19... what you don't see is after he's done explaining and after the camera goes off, he kills those kids. Yeah, he kills he murders them <laughs> and turns them into kites. And that's why you should never listen to your gym never, teacher. There's um Remember that I didn't. Neither of us grew up in the fifties, but just when remember I remember the fifties. Remember the fifties? Yeah, they were great before TV came along. Ugh. <laughs> And then the 60s came along, we spit in God's eye and landed on the moon. Uh, the thing I watched like from movies in the 50s, because I, uh, I went to very... Um, it's actually not that pretentious. I went to art school yeah, uh, in Philadelphia. Of, a lot of people did. Yeah. And we had a class called Narrative Cinema where... It was That's class, pretentious. It's very pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the class. And we watched film from the start of film watched specific films through the ages yeah. and ended in like with she's gotta have it uh, which is a sp- another spike lee movie okay um but so we watched movies she's gotta have game <laughs> she's gotta have game <laughs> I, 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 she's gotta have game and do the whatever do the right thing ah fuck that joke fucked <laughs> and, and where the wild uh, things are other uh, spike that's spike jones, <laughs> jones damn it that's spike jones <laughs> <laughs> Oh my cred! Uh, <laughs> uh, but we like movies in the fifties. You just watch them, and the characters of the the characters in that movie, it really makes you think that like, oh, if you were an ice cream man in the forties, you were on the same level as a cop. <laughs> just like as respect as your career is, where if you look at it now, you're like, oh, you're an ice cream man. You're not doing so great. Yeah. You're an ice cream man in the forties. You <laughs> you could you could arrest someone if you wanted to. Top of the chain. You could tell someone you need their car, and they would have to give it to you. Like that's what an ice cream man well, was. Excuse me, miss. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an ice cream man. I need this vehicle. I'm, ch- oh. <laughs> I'm chasing a burglar who's wearing a striped shirt and a raccoon mask. Charmed, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, no, it was just in those movies in the '40s, and then we ended up watching a movie um, called The Green Berets, mm-hmm. which is a John Wayne movie from the '60s. This is one of his last films. Mm-hmm. And this movie was about Vietnam. Uh, it's about the Vietnam War, but no one had made a movie about the Vietnam War at that time because it was happening. Yeah. And the only people who had, who were written war movies were guys who wrote movies about World War Two, where World War Two movies at the time were like, we got a platoon of these guys and they're gonna go in, they're gonna punch <laughs> Hitler in the mouth in his palace, <laughs> and they're gonna save that girl, 
and everyone's going to talk like this. Yeah, Captain every, America. everyone's grandiose and <laughs> brave, and there's no such thing as fear, and then we're going to slap one scared guy in the movie, and he's going to man up too. And so all the, all the lines in the film are written like a 40s World War II flick, like a 1950s World War II flick, and it's 1966, 67. <laughs> and there's a part in the movie where the Green Berets are putting on a training demonstration, which, first of all, that doesn't happen. <laughs> there's a bleacher of people watching how the Green Berets train. That doesn't happen. I'm pretty sure the Green Berets training is kept secret. Yeah. They don't have a, like... Come out to our training a, a session. Demonstration. <laughs> now look how he slits this man's throat from behind while being silent. <laughs> this is how we'll kill you. This is how we'll kill those Viet Cong. <laughs> and there's a part in the movie, in the very beginning of the movie, where in the bleacher of people, the guy raises his hand and asks the question to John Wayne, and John Wayne goes, "Well, what do you do?" And the guy goes, "The guy goes, well, I'm a newspaper man myself." It's 1966. No one talks like that. Yeah. No one says I'm a newspaper man myself. <laughs> and then in the movie, uh, their main mission is to go to a palace in the jungle, kidnap a Viet Cong like general, and rescue a woman. There were no palaces in the jungle of the Vietnam War. And they escape on motorcycles. They escape on German motorcycles. <laughs> Over a bridge that gets blown up, which is the the whole plot is a. You have to have a bridge that blows up. Yeah, well, in a World War Two movie, you do. Of course, and this is the Vietnam War, <laughs> and John Wayne is and John Wayne, I think, went on record to say it's like one of the worst films he's ever done. Uh, George Takei is in it as a as a uh, as a South Vietnam general as oh, an ally no. general. Yeah, <laughs> he's in it. And I, said, I think this is right before Star Trek happened. Okay. I think it was either right at the time Star Trek was happening or it was right before. <laughs> but the movie is insane. And <laughs> if you if you ever want to watch how to not write a war movie, <laughs> watch Green Berets. Green Berets. It's been like universally panned as like the worst movie about Vietnam of uh. all time. Because everyone everyone on the American side comes out smelling like roses. <laughs> everyone everyone's looked at as Captain America. We're the good guys. Yeah, we're the good guys. We and, did real good. We're the good guys. We had to run away because we were doing was, too much good. Yeah, there's no mention of my lie at all. <laughs> Flamethrower? I don't know what that is. I don't know what you're talking about. That's a fancy term for a lighter. I'm going to smoke this lucky strike now. <laughs> uh, but what yeah, what do you do, Bill? Well, what do you do? <laughs> it was, it, it's so... Uh, watching this movie, I'm just like, the fuck is happening? Because it was literally... It was like a 1950s like presidential physical fitness like thing. It's like come see our athletes train, <laughs> and like you would go and watch like Johnny Weissmuller like throw a javelin. It was just like the weirdest <laughs> thing. Like they didn't do this for wars. <laughs> Wait, so this was part of your class? It was part of our class. We okay. You didn't watch this for leisure. No, uh, <laughs> we watched that movie as like an example of what not to do. We watched that. We watched the Last Picture Show. Which is actually a very, very... It's one of Jeff Bridges' first movies. Ooh. If you've never seen... Uh, if you want to see early Jeff Bridges. So it should have been called The First Picture Show. There you go. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a really sad film. It's about these two friends who... Uh, pretty much just go down to Mexico, I believe. If and I remember they correctly. die from the ice age. They don't age. die. They, they, <laughs> they, they go there and then... It's about like growing up in this like town that's just shit. Yeah. And then they come back and the guy who they really looked up to, his name was Sam the Lion... Uh, his name was Sam the Lion. He mm-hmm. ends up dying while they're gone, and they oh. even get to say goodbye. And Jeff Bridges is like joining the military, and the other guy doesn't know what to do with his like life after high school. And Sybil Shepherd's in it too, and she goes through this mm-hmm. very young Sybil Shepherd, yeah. beautiful, gorgeous Sybil Shepherd, 
before um, the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's like her character dealing with like her sexuality, and it's like one of the first films to like really do broach casual, that fro- like approach that subject well. Yeah, and also do like full frontal nudity of like male and female characters. Yeah, and this is like nine. <laughs> I think this is like late fifties. I think it's a film from the late fifties or early sixties. I forget. It's a very well done film. Late fifties and Sybil was how old? Like twenty? Oh, I'm fucking updates. Probably, uh, probably early seventies. Let me I, see. I, if I had, to it was guess. one of Jeff Bridges' first films. Because uh, Tron, the first mm-hmm. one, was nineteen seventy seven. I think maybe seventy eight. Yeah. Last picture show. Yeah, it's seventy eight, and the. Um, the sequel came out 22 years later, in 2010. Wow, 1971. I'm <laughs> early 70s. Okay, the early 70s. Don't listen to me when it comes to dates. I'm terrible. <laughs> You're like, I think it came out in the I 20s. Think it came out, yeah, I think it was. Like there were a lot of flappers it was, around. It was on wax cylinders. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there being something about speakeasies. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> and he was talking about this guy Hitler sounded like a real upstart. <laughs> he was he was kind of a bad artist, but not too bad. <laughs> not too bad. He didn't. He should have kept going with it. it would have worked out more for him. I don't know what he did after. Uh, yeah, we watched that movie. We watched. We basically started with uh, Birth of a Nation, which mm. you know that you know that film. That's is that the one with. Um... You no one's in it. No, uh, wait, no. What's the one where um, freaking silent film star that I'm blanking on his name plays Hitler? Oh, that's uh, the dictator. The, that's not a silent. The greatest film. dictator. Uh, the yeah, the little... great dictator. Great Charlie dictator. Chaplin. Yeah, Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. that movie was a satire. That movie. Yeah. That movie satire against what Hitler was doing at the yeah. time. Um, okay, but the birth of a nation. Birth of a nation is the movie where the KKK are the heroes. What? Yeah. Uh, birth no. Of a nation, yeah. Birth of a nation is a silent film. From, <laughs> not gonna, I'm not even gonna give a date because I'm gonna be wrong. Uh, it's a silent. 1936. 1936. It, it was before <laughs> before uh, sound was in film. Okay. Uh, and it was before very, they were the talkies. Before they were talkies. Um, <laughs> it's a movie about two families uh, during the Civil War. Uh, and one family, they're like very close families, and one son from the family goes to fight for the Union, and the other one fights for the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the daughters of one of the families is chased off a cliff by a black man. What? By a scary black man. No! Uh, the movie is, and, it, and it's a reflection of the time. Uh, it's, at the time, racist. Uh, yeah. Now, very racist, Ugh. almost to the point where you're like, how this should be banned, <laughs> but you can't because it's the history of film, yeah. and you actually, it's as awful and horribly racist as that was at the time, uh, it's still like an examination, it's like, oh, well, this exists at this time, we need to know about that so we can yeah. learn to improve ourselves as a <laughs> race of humans, um, but the KKK in that movie are presented as heroes because they run to help rescue the Confederacy. Oh my gosh. Yeah, look it up. And the movie's about <sighs> four hours long. What? Yeah. And it's silent? It's silent, yeah. I mean, there's music. There's music. And this is... Sound it effects. Was also, it was also... There's no sound effects. It's all music. Whoa. This is at a time... So well, it's like they'll, they'll move their mouths and then it does the whole It, do, it does thing the title the... card of what they're saying. Oh. Uh, and there's a part in the movie where... Uh, 
a, a, a fat man in blackface is playing a maid. He's playing a lady maid. <laughs> and when she first talks, her her speech card is a lot of O's and apostrophes. And my friend Paul, who's black, or watching it, he out loud just went, What the fuck? It was like the first time a black character, a black in gigantic quotes the size of Stonehenge, uh, talks in the movie. And it is so racist. Oh and you're like, gosh. wow. All right. Uh, but the, the, yeah, there's no sound. Uh, well, this, it was done at a time because films used to be played with a full orchestra. Mm, yeah. They used to have, you would go to a movie house and there'd be an orchestra sitting in the front as the film was playing and they played the soundtrack of the movie. Too, the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the only thing in the movie is the soundtrack and there's, mm. God, yeah, go watch, we watched Star Wars Birth of a Nation and we ended with, uh, Spike Lee, She's Gotta Have It, which is kind of, uh, a retelling of Rashomon. Which is a Kira Kurosawa film. Uh, ninja Samurai. Samurai. Film? No. Uh, well, there. Yeah, there are samurais in it. Rashomon is a Kira Kurosawa film. Uh, I think this is. Before, I think it's after Seven Samurai. Um, Which I also haven't seen. Seven Samurai is great. Uh, but it's. Wait, a, I may have seen that in my art of cinema class. I took. It's. It's. I used the, to go to college. <laughs> the Magnificent Seven. <laughs> It's, it's it's basically it's basically a samurai western. It's what uh, Seven Samurai is. It's a western, but told through samurai. Okay. Uh, but Rashomon is the story of two thieves in a rainstorm sitting under a temple, like during a rainstorm, and they're talking about uh, a story they heard about a I thief, a samurai, this. and the samurai's wife. And the story black is black and told, white. Yeah, black and white. And the story is told through the three um, different uh, perspectives. Vessels. Yeah. And so it's told through the thief who killed the samurai, the samurai's wife, and then the spirit of the samurai who possesses his wife to speak through her. And it's all while they're on trial. And the story is told by these two thieves. Very vague memories, but I it's, do it's think it's a very I've good movie. That. And she's got to have it is kind of a, not a retelling, but it takes heavily from that movie because she's got to have it is the story of this one promiscuous girl. Who is dating all these? Who's dating three different men in New York City at the time in like the eighties? And then the story of their relationships are told through the mm. males as well as the female character. It's a very good movie. Cool. It's a very good movie, and it deals with and it explores relationships really well. Uh, relationships that aren't relationships. Okay. Yeah. It's a very good I, movie. I saw. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw that one. I know we watched like the Lady Killers, like the original. Oh yeah. Um, and then, fuck, maybe, maybe The Graduate was one of them, but yeah, it was like Art of the Cinema class and like... The Graduate's a great movie. Yeah, and we watched, <laughs> that was like 2006, man. Whew. That was when I first moved to San Diego County and I was going to Palomar College. Shout out to Palomar do, College! Do you want me to make you upset right now? <laughs> okay. To tell you what year I graduated high school. 2006? That's when I graduated high school, 2007. Oh, really? Yeah. That's fine. Uh, okay, no, because I, I have, you know, Ben Dunn. Yeah. Yeah, I talk about whenever he talks about, like, his college years. He's like, yeah, in 2008. I was like, oh, I was just starting college. He's like, I had graduated by then. Yeah, I graduated in 2002. Class of 02. I don't know why that makes me feel awkward whenever someone says that. I don't know why. I don't know either. Is it because... The age perception, you're like, oh, I feel like we're around the same That's, age. That's I think maybe. it might be like, that. Yeah, because I the majority of people I hang out with, like Ben yeah. Ben Dunn is, uh, in my <laughs> I talked about this the other day. 
I talked to him. I was like, I was like, you're 32. He's like, no, I'm 34. I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, but I met you when you were 32, so that's how you're gonna stay in my head for the rest of the time I know you, even up until you die. <laughs> oh, I went too young. <laughs> uh, I don't know, because a lot of, especially in comedy, a lot of my friends are at least six years older than me. Yeah. I think the only people who are really close in age are Kyle, Kyle Clark, and John Angaro. Yeah. And we're. Are you guys all in your 20s? Yeah. uh, I believe Kyle's 28, and I think John just turned 27. Okay. And I'm 26. Yeah, I'm 31. I turned 31 in last month, December. I also, I think if you live out here, it matures you a bit. (laughs) It it matures you a bit? No, it matures you a bit. (laughs) It matures you a bit um, with... Well, it also depends on the type of person you are, I think. Yeah, and the type of thing you're doing. Yeah. Doing comedy, like, I... I never am, I don't think I'm ever going to get to a point where I'm like, all right, time to fucking live life seriously. Mm-hmm. Time to get a job, job. Yeah. And like time to just like never laugh again. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like there's so, there's so many people that you meet where you're like, man, you're like a, like a grown up. Like, like, like you, like you act like you're 50 and you're like 25. <laughs> like why? That's so weird. Like, I don't know. I mean, life's so short. Uh, yeah, I don't... I don't know, I guess it's just... Uh, it's also the attitudes... The attitude you have will gravitate you towards people with that same attitude, yeah. regardless of age. Yeah. That's the secret. That's the secret. <laughs> it, it's, that's, that's what it is. Are we going to get sued now by that book? No. Okay. Make a no, vision they don't listen it. to this. They're, they, they don't care. They're too busy laying on their bed of money. Yeah. Their bed... Not only their is bed, their bed uh, covered in money, but it's also made of money. Their bed is covered in money, made of money. Their wife is just a bunch of rubies taped together. <laughs> yeah. They're like, honey. It's rubies with a wig <laughs> Honey, I think we should go out to the movies tonight. And then there's someone marionetting the... <laughs> he just pulls a fishing line through his house and it comes out like a ghost. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure the person who created the secret is happily married with a family yeah. and millions of dollars. I but mean, it, but what if but that in my were head, real? A weird Howard Hughes. But what if that were real? What if that's a sketch right there? This is the real that, secret. Oh, it's like those direct TV commercials with the marionette people. Remember those? <laughs> Did you ever see those? Uh, I don't know. There was a bunch of commercials for direct TV about wires and how wires are ugly, and it was a human man who was married to a woman who was a marionette, and had a son who was a marionette. What? What it's very hell? bizarre. I Look, love commercials like that that just stick with you. They're so bizarre. Oh, man. They're so weird. Uh, I can't even think of an example of one right now. When did you oh. get... Oh, God. Uh, no, the one where... Um, the Mountain Dew one, where it's like... Uh, it made it look like old-timey, like, 50s. It's like, Mountain Dew, a smooth, one-of-a-kind blend of citrus flavor. Quenches your thirst like no other... One taste, and you'll agree, it's doorific. And then there's so, like, there's like an NBC type choir, couple girls, like drink Mountain Dew, and you'll discover what's inside. Uh, shit, what's inside tastes like no other. A blend of citrus just for you, so smooth it goes down easy too. Do, 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 do. This, this was in the last like eight years or something, maybe wow. nine years. Yeah, and I was like. What the fuck was that? Like, yeah, I agree. Like, I love Mountain Dew, but yeah, okay. <laughs> Not anymore. So when did you start doing comedy, though? Because you, you're primarily stand-up. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, about five years ago. Okay. Um, but I, I qualify it because I started, started in like, the first time I did it was like late 2007, I think, maybe like early 2008, and, um, and then there was a period of about two years where, uh, I met someone, we dated, we mm. got married, we got divorced. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all in about two years and like the divorce was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. One of the, one of the greatest things. And, um, but heard, during that, I heard that so much, Oh man, like, like it's, it's really real though too. Uh, I have a friend who just got divorced and when I heard about it, I was like, wait, no, I was like, he was married. And I was like, he's dating this person. And I was they were like, yeah, he got divorced. I was like, when did that? <laughs> and apparently, and, and I just have so many questions about it that I won't ask him. But just in my head, divorce is, like, such a process. Yeah, there's a six-month waiting period, like, cooling off period is what they call it. I'm doing air quotes, cooling off period, because that's what the state calls it. Right, just so, like, that, so that people don't get divorced, and then they go, wait, uh, uh we worked it out, uh. Yeah. But when, for ours, it was, like, fucking, like, ugh, like, no, there was, like, z- almost zero contact. Like, really? The, yeah, like, because... Have you ever talked about it before on the podcast? Yeah, okay. a handful of times. I don't want to bring... I'm not no, gonna... no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, like, because people hear about it and then they're like, oh, like, do you... Because there's always the questions and and it's natural to be curious of that. I'm not going to pry. No, but, like, <laughs> yeah, there was no... Uh, like, the the Yamitators, that's what I call my listeners, the Yamitators, have probably heard this story, like, five or six or ten times. You don't have to tell it then. Abbreviated, abbreviated. You tell abridged, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no chemistry, Pressure from parents, pressure from the church, like, uh, oh. like the, uh, um, church social, yeah. yeah, and, um, <laughs> and so no chemistry, but there was like emotional, like we had things in common and like, I never saw my parents super affectionate growing up. Oh, okay. There was never like, ew, mom, ew, dad, dad, gross. Yeah. So we were like good friends mm. and like I kind of was like well surely after we get married the chemistry will come never came and it just dug and dug and dug eight and a half months into the marriage split separated mm. and then six months later divorced divorce and this is when you were living in San Diego or? yeah and the whole time we were together I didn't feel inspired at all to mm. do anything like while while I was with her, especially. Mm-hmm. So when I was hanging out with my friends, we finally... Oh, no. We started writing this uh, zombie horror show mm-hmm. that we have finished now. And, um, and then the divorce happened, and then we got back into writing again, and we, like, it came, like, flooding out. Like, mm-hmm. I started writing music again. Like, <laughs> like, I started writing scripts that I was just like, oh, man, I have an idea for this. Oh, I have an idea for this. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so it was a total stint and like, like the day of the separation, I felt like a huge yoke of responsibility and like just fucking lift off me. And I was like, Oh, I feel so much better. (laughs) Oh, did it. So it didn't really fuck you financially then? No, she took half of whatever is in savings and checking and that was it. And she (laughs) took her banjo that, that she bought 
she, and her bindle. Yeah, she did. She bought a banjo because she wanted to feel closer to me. Like, Aww. I know, I know. Like musically, uh, so she was like, she'd like play the banjo sometimes, and I was like, all right, huh, yeah. What's? <laughs> are you in a relationship now, though? No, no. no. I was in my first year of college, art school. I ended up getting into a relationship with a girl that. I, I don't know why I kept it going. It went, it went for nine months. Yeah, I it's the it thing months. where you're like, this seems like fun. Like, this, this would like be fun. a good idea. No, I no. look back on it now, and I look at how bored I was, and, like, how we had nothing in common. We had, like, no chemistry at all. Yeah. I don't, and, like, I, and I, hadn't, I wasn't creative. And then after we broke up, um... Mm-hmm. Of like after we broke up and then several months after the breakup, I also, I don't know why I took it so hard. She broke up with me over the phone, um, and I took it real hard. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and this is this is real sad. She broke up with me over the phone. I was just crying hysterically in my room, and my and my dad. I was at home. It was like during the summer. I was at home in New Jersey. And my dad goes, "You want to go get a drink or something?" <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's go get drink and food. And we ended up going to TGI Fridays. <laughs> we went to a TGI Fridays in my hometown of Tom's River, New Jersey. And I got a sandwich that I really liked. And I just drank a bunch of rum and Cokes. And then I remember uh, that same night was the night that Futurama came back on TV on Comedy Central. Yes. And so we went. I went from there and I just went to my friend Gus's house in Rebirth. his basement with all of my friends <laughs> and we watched the season, the new season premiere of Futurama. It was the weirdest. <laughs> Looking back, I'm just like, ah, I was like a child. Like, <laughs> and then several months later, I ended up meeting my girlfriend, who's my girlfriend now, and that's when I started doing comedy more. I started focusing. Yeah. I was like, yeah, animation's good, but I was like, I'd rather... I like I love sketch. I've followed sketch for such a long time. I'll try my hand at it, and so I started doing that. Yeah. And then, and I've been with her now almost four years. It'll be four years on next Friday, I believe. Which will have already happened. Congratulations! Thank you. Yeah. Congratulations the, on four thank years. You. The seventeenth. What'd you guys do for your four-year anniversary? Uh, we went on a blimp ride. <laughs> uh. We went on a nice blimp ride with caviar, and I don't know. <laughs> that would be so Wait. funny if you actually had that plan. I, I would like, not want to do that. And, like, now, like, it's been revealed. Oh, yeah, and then you're like, well, I mean, I talked about it before, but, like, really, it came out, like, after the... <laughs> it was so supposed okay. to be a secret, and somehow she heard it already. <laughs> uh, I think we're going to go up to Big Bear. I don't know. We're just going to go... We just got back from part of part of me doesn't want to leave Los Angeles again for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm with her, and she's like I've never been. When I started dating her, I became really inspired, and I'm still inspired. And she's a major part of that. And she's she's an artist. She we met. She's a dancer, uh, and she actually uh, dances for a company called uh, Gravi- Zero Gravity, which are the dancers, the, 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 the ribbon silks, stuff. The silks, yeah, silk dancing, all that kind of stuff. So anything you cool. see, like, she so does, like wrapping yourself up and like pulling yourself up and, and then stuff, letting yourself spin out. Oh, yeah, uh, they actually crazy. do. They do the trapeze. They do trapeze exercises. I think this weekend, so right. they're actually going to a trapeze like camp to learn how to do, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like so circus cool. performing. Uh, oh. No, she's amazing. Um, what you don't know is that she's prepping to go on the road with a circus. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, 
why? <laughs> so sorry. What did I do? <laughs> well, so she's... Uh, she, like, talks about... Well, if she, with dancing, if you... Like, one of the big things is to get on tour. Yeah. As a dancer, it's really good to go on a tour. And tours usually run anywhere between, like, three months to a year. Ooh. And... And and it's like when she originally told me that, I was like, no, you can't do that. I was like, I was like, and I just got she. We had been apart from each other for about a year, because when I graduated, I moved out here, yeah. and she was a year behind me, so she was finishing up her senior year, and she ended up going to South Korea for a semester. You moved out right after you graduated high school? No, no, college, college. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I didn't out, graduate I'm, college, so I don't know. I moved out here, <laughs> and I moved out here in August on August twenty eighth of two thousand twelve. Right. So I moved out here uh, with two friends I went to college with. Uh, and mm-hmm. then, so she went to South Korea, so we didn't have real, like, steady whoa, contact. Whoa, what? Why? Yeah. What? Um, she, <laughs> well, we were apart, we were going to be apart from each other, and she, and her way of thinking, she's like, well, to not have to, like, just be like, oh, this sucks, we're, we're only six hour plane ride away from each other. Then she made it a further plane She ride. made it further, to, <laughs> to mainly to get her mind off of thinking about, how she's in, we're in a long distance relationship and we won't yeah. see each other, yeah. even though we're like Skyping. So, What'd she do in Korea? Uh, dance. Oh, she okay. did the exchange program. and It wasn't over. just like, well, I'm going to go to Korea. No, <laughs> like, no, no, no. Wait, uh, what? Why? It, 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 it was her way of, it's like, if I go on, if I go on this, if mm. I go study abroad for, for a semester, mm. I won't be as like caught up with, uh, my boyfriend isn't here. It was a way to take her mind off of like, yeah. Like, us not being together. Yeah. Uh, and so she went over there. She did the dance program over there for a semester. She did a lot. She had a really good time. Uh, I really want to go to visit South Korea, even though now might not be, like, the most opportune time to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but she said it was amazing, and I really want to go and travel there with her. Uh, and then she, she can show you around. Yeah. Uh, she, was, she was there for a year? Yeah. She Oh, no, uh, half a year. She was there for a semester. Okay. So she was in living pretty much right in Seoul, South Korea. It's all about soul. Yeah, uh, Billy Joel. And it was at the time. <laughs> it was at the time that Gundam Style came out. Oh, so shit. she was there at the peak. At the peak, peak of the, a peak of Psy. and they went to. She went to a live concert that he put on in mm-hmm. the like middle of like Seoul, South Korea. Whoa! And there was eighty thousand people there, and if you look at the video from that concert, it's an ocean of people. It's like a scene in Lord of the Rings, oh my gosh. like the amount of people that are at this concert. What you don't know is the video, like. There was actually like four people there, but there was a lot of CGI. <laughs> this is a lot of photoshop. They did work. really well. They did such good CGI work yeah. on that crowd. Uh, but yeah, she and then she did dance over there, and she came back. She went to Philly, finished up in Philly, where where our college was, and then uh, she moved out here in June of that summer after she graduated. Nice. And then we live in NoHo now. NoHo. Yeah. What part? Uh, right off of Vineland. Uh, very know, local color. I know the street. Um, if you get off, it's Vineland Avenue is the street that runs. We live on Vineland and Magnolia. Does it go NoHo and then like further up is Burbank or like further up and to the right is Burbank? Further when up I is, say to the right, well, so I mean to the east. <laughs> because when I look at a map, we north live, is up and we, south is down. We live down. in North Hollywood, which apparently extends much farther than I thought it did. Um, and then there's like Sun Valley. Hmm. Um if you're looking at a map of the valley, there's North Hollywood, and then if you go west, is Sherman left. Oaks. 
Yeah, if you go left on the map, there's Sherman Oaks, <laughs> which is where I moved to originally. I moved out here. Okay. I moved to Sherman Oaks, yeah. which was very nice. And then I moved to this area, mm-hmm. and I did not like it as much. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm moving back to the valley. Uh, I, I like it here. I, th- I'm in walking distance of everything, bro. <laughs> <laughs> walking distance of all those McDonald's. Well, I, uh, walking, <laughs> bro, bro, um... That was for comedic effect, you know, potatoes. <laughs> I don't bro out. Uh, walking to the meltdown from here, mm-hmm. it's like three miles, I think. Yeah, I've made the I've made the walk before when I was living here because that was but when I, I was the height of my interning there too. Yeah, and I like I've I've made that walk so much and like so often that I'm like I'm just walking a meltdown. Yeah, but if you if you tell someone anywhere else, you're like you walked three miles to get somewhere. <laughs> yeah, why didn't in you Los just An- drive? In Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah, and I'm like yeah. There's like stuff to see along the way. Like I'm listening to podcasts and music. Like yeah. I'm fine, and um, and then I'm also close to uh, Las Feliz too. Yeah. Like Fred sixty two, the theater over there. Like the that's where I saw uh, they came together. Did you see that movie? Oh yeah, I did. We did watch that. Yeah, yeah. It's so that movie, funny. The Michael Shannon when running with a samurai sword might be my favorite part of that movie. <laughs> Just because it goes, your your spikes out of jail, and he just runs down the street holding a sword, and then he gets shot in the face by a cop. Thirty seconds later, I love when uh, they're playing the pickup basketball, or they're playing basketball, and, and everyone's just an allegory. Yeah, Keenan's like, that's the point of view I represent. <laughs> yeah. That's a very just fuck you movie to yeah. romantic comedies. Yeah, but also, I mean. Yeah, it's totally his style. Like, oh, man, oh yeah, it was so. Well, good. David Wayne movies. The thing with David Wayne movies is they're never like laugh out loud hysterical. Oh, I was laughing. I out like. Loud I mean, hard. to like a general audience. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's, my, there's an in feeling. When there's you're a very in them. feeling, and my favorite thing about those movies <laughs> are the dialogue, the very like weird things that characters will say to each other that never gets like addressed. It's not a joke. It's just the way the character's brain <laughs> yeah. is wired. Yeah. Like, um, Did you hear? Wanderlust has a lot of it. Oh, that was so good. Um, like Carrie Kenny's character has a lot of lines that are the and they make like, uh, was it Paul Rudd? Isn't that? Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, <laughs> the, yeah. way, the way characters react to just the weirdest things people say <laughs> in those movies is very funny to me <laughs> because that's how you establish a character. It's just it's like oh this isn't a joke. This is just how that character. This is how is. that person is. That's how yeah. that person is wired. Did you hear about uh, Hot American Summer is going to be a show on yeah. Netflix? And with most of the original cast, oh, it's oh. so awesome. My question is: Is it going to be? Oh. Is it going to be them getting back together after the date that they've set in the original Wet Hot American Summer, where they're like, "We come back here every we come back here in ten years." Oh it's like, shit! He's uh, like, "I'm busy. I can't." <laughs> like that, like that joke. I love that joke where they're like deciding like their that reunion. That would be a deep callback. Yeah. Has it been ten years since that movie was out? I think so. Longer than that, right? I think it's been longer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, Paul Rudd in that movie, his character is my favorite part. <sighs> yeah, uh, <laughs> getting up from the table. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, I love that part. Uh. It's so good. I'm gonna go hump the fridge. No, I'm gonna... what? <sighs> I'm gonna go, go hump, hump the fridge. fridge. <laughs> that and when he throws the plate of food in front of Janine Garofalo. <laughs> Thank you, Jean. <laughs> Uh, oh, I, so gotta, I gotta watch do it. Do you again. take a lot of your comedy from film or from other stand ups? Um, like, not like material, just inspiration. 
I guess from stand-up I've seen, like, at least style, just uh, a general... Well, like, who made you want to get into it? Um, let's see. I mean, Louie's a big one. Mm. Zach, Galifianakis, Dimitri Martin, uh, Nick Swardson, Kyle Dunnigan. Kyle Dunnigan's great. Dude, his first special? Yeah. It's fucking great. With the loop machine and, <laughs> yeah. like, the joke with the... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kyle Dunnigan's fantastic. <laughs> he, I'm amazed he's not more widely well-known. Dude, he just did another Is he, he's late just, night He's set. still in New York, right? He's uh, a New York guy, I think. No, I think he's out here. Is that here now? Yeah, because they do Professor Blastoff. Oh, that's right. Yeah, him that's and right. Tig and yeah. uh, David. Um, but the he did a Seth Meyers late night spot really? like a couple weeks ago, I think. And it was so funny. Like, he has this bit where he, he pulls out a piece of paper from his uh, pocket. And then he's like winging it like, like in front of him with both of his hands. And he's like, now I have... Uh, magic hands like these hands aren't actually going to do any magic and then he's like unfolding the paper he's like but it looks like I'm about to do like a really good magic (laughs) trick that's going to blow your mind that's great (laughs) yeah I'm amazed he's not more well known yeah like outside of like general comedy circles he he's he'll get there dude like he's oh man he's so good um but yeah just like all the comedy I've seen growing up uh, Ghostbusters was a huge... Ghostbusters is my favorite movie. It's, it's like, when people are like, what's your favorite movie of all time? And I'm like, fucking, I mean, there's a lot of different categories, but if I had to boil it down, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters is my yeah. go-to. It's so fucking good. Ugh, I've seen it so many times, and, like, um, the comedy in that movie is... It still holds up. Yeah. It holds up. It's a nearly perfect movie. There's very... They hate this. <laughs> <laughs> Drives them crazy. <sighs> that like that's one of the few movies, and that's, <laughs> I think the '80s is one of the best like decades of film, because so many films come out of that still are like looked at now yeah. as like nearly perfect films. Yeah, RoboCop. I still haven't seen it. Oh, I know. It's on Netflix. Do you have Netflix? It is on Netflix now. It's on Netflix now. Okay. All three of them are on Netflix. Because there was a, a span where it wasn't on there, and I was mm. like, well, I could maybe just acquire it by other means, but, uh, yeah. Now, now that it's on <laughs> now Netflix, it's on Netflix and I could just you can watch add it. it to my queue and watch it. I'd watch it today. It's <laughs> raining out. <laughs> Sit down. Nice Detroit day. Nice day in Detroit. <laughs> Actually, the Detroit in that movie is nicer than the Detroit that we have now. <laughs> and that Detroit is... that The crime in that Detroit is so bad that they need to make a robot a cop. <laughs> no, they, they make they a made, cop well, a robot Well, they made a man... Cop. They took a man's torso and made it into a robot who cyborg. becomes a cop. Yeah, They had to make a cyborg police officer <laughs> to handle that city. And that Which city's, is not as bad as Detroit It's not as now. bad as current Detroit where <laughs> bears are living on the outskirts of the city. Really? Yeah. Oh, I've heard Wild that. Wild animals have been returning to the outskirts of Detroit where oh, there's abandoned buildings. Because there's people that just left. There's, yeah. They're getting re-gentrified by animals. <laughs> Bears are moving in. Bears are uh, moving I don't think we can uh, live in this neighborhood anymore. There's too many bears. There's bears. <laughs> There's wild animals. Oh, what if the bears like started moving into homes? Moving their stuff in? Hibernating <laughs> in homes in on I'm sure beds? It I'm sure they have like... Uh, I'm sure there's enough like wild brush and stuff that's grown up. That's that a, they've brought in from outside. Dude, that's a TV show right there. I, th- I 
Detroit Today. Call just, it Detroit Today. Detroit Today. And then it's a morning talk show where they just videotape bears in front of it behind a desk. No, the whole thing is all the animals. It's from their perspective, <laughs> and the animals are like creeping out, and they're like, "There used to be a lot of people here, right?" And then these <laughs> you trees see, are weird. You see, they like, look like lights. Uh, all like every so often, you see cars driving out, <laughs> and then they're in a panic. They're like, "Ah, we gotta get out of here!" Like with stuff strapped, like strapped to the top of their car, like they're moving and like, ah. Uh. But yeah, that's if if you've never seen RoboCop, <laughs> RoboCop is really a pretty much perfect movie. For what it is and what it accomplishes, it is a perfect movie. It is a brilliant satirical movie. Okay. The satire in that movie about war, uh, like family, uh, consumerism. Cops. Cops. Crime at the time. Like, everything is a perfect satire condensed in this science fiction crime film. And a guy... About a cop, a robotic cop, who can't run. (laughs) He doesn't run. He can't. <laughs> it's this slow lumbering cop who manages to... He's the bad guy in every horror movie. Yeah. Because no matter how slow they go, they always find you. He's Yeah. He, there's parts of the movie where you're like, how did he even... He was three floors up. And we've seen how he walks. Yeah. It's, exa- it's, it's insane. But it, the movie, that's a near perfect movie. And the second one is pre- the second one is uh, not as good, but it's a it's a good comedy. And there's a third one too, right? There's a third one that's garbage. The third one is absolute garbage. <laughs> uh, the third one doesn't have Peter Weller, who is the guy who plays RoboCop. Okay, uh, who plays Alex Murphy. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't have him. I forget who directed it. I think Joe Dante might have directed it. The guy who did Gremlins. Okay. Um, it is garbage. It's a garbage film. It doesn't have anything. It doesn't have any of the the charm or satire of the first two. The first one's great satire and great action. The second one is a bit of more comedic. The second mm-hmm. one was d- directed by Irving Kirshner. Who did what? Uh, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it has Ooh. some really good uh, comedic moments. If you watch, There's a part where they're, like, RoboCop gets, like, fucked up, and he's, like, being repaired. Mm-hmm. And so OCP, who is, like, the company that owns the police and makes RoboCop. OCP, yeah, you know me. Yep. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a big lawsuit's still going on. <laughs> Uh, but there's a part where they're uh, showing the new RoboCops, and they're called RoboCop 2. And it goes, introducing RoboCop 2. And there's a part, it's like a video that they're showing like the head of the company, and there's a robot that comes out, and his sirens on his head just spin around. And it's like this, it's a horribly designed robot. It has sirens, it goes, and it takes out a gun and shoots two of the scientists. And one of the scientists who got shot is shot in the arm. And you see him at the meeting, and he just has his arm in a sling. He's like, oh, we get sad. And we then need the to other, fix our RoboCops. And then the other robot they show, it walks out, and it takes its helmet off. And it's like a skull of a person who's been flayed underneath, and it what screams and dies. It has some great comedic moments. Uh, Tom Doonan, I think is the actor's name, is in it as the main villain. Okay. Uh, he, You know him from, have you ever seen uh, Manhunter? Uh-uh. Uh, it's that's Mike, the original, that's original... Red Dragon story. Right. Uh, from the Thomas Harris books. Manhunter, then Silence, then Hannibal, then Red Dragon. In, no, or, I think, in I, order of release. Uh, I think it was Manhunter, which is Michael Mann. Yeah. Uh, who directed... Oh, then uh, Hannibal Rises. Hannibal... Well, that's the thing is... The, <laughs> of the, of the, I haven't seen any of them. You've never seen Silence? No. It was another oh. It was another rated R movie that just... Uh, whoop, 
Nope. The way it goes, um, you, Manhunter stands alone. Manhunter is Michael Mann. And Hunter? Exactly. <laughs> M-A-N-N. Hunter. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, that you should, if you watch... watch that's, a, that's a sketch of someone, like, trying to find Michael Mann. Just Michael Mann. Manhunter. After, Bla- after Black Hat comes out and gets horrible reviews, and he just goes into hiding. There. Man, Michael Mann used to work on such good movies. I'm writing that down. Um, but no, uh, Manhunter is directed by Michael Mann with um, Brian Cox. Do you know Brian Cox? Um, yeah, uh, Scrubs. No, 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 no. Uh, that's, you're thinking of John C. McGinley, the guy who plays Dr. Cox. Oh, shit. Yeah. Brian uh, Cox, Brian Cox? Um, have you seen X-Men 2? Yeah. He's the oh, uh, Striker. Oh, Striker. That's Brian son of Cox, a bitch. He's been in a Rushmore, too. Yeah. He's been in a bunch of movies. He's a great actor. He plays Hannibal Lecter in, in Manhunter. So this is before uh, Anthony Hopkins comes in as Hannibal Lecter. And the way they play the character is so different. It's really interesting to watch the breakdown of those movies. Um, because Anthony Anthony Hopkins plays Hannibal Lecter. You've never seen Sons of the Lambs, but he plays him very calculating, very creepy, very always on one step ahead. And I'm going to fuck with your brain. What's the quote that everyone gets wrong all the time? Um, Hello, Clarice, or something like. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, um, I think it, I think the quote they get wrong is "Hello, Clarice," where I believe he doesn't call her that until the very end of the movie, yeah. where he refers to her. Until then, he calls her Agent Starling. Yeah. Because she's Agent Clarice Starling. I forget. But yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, no, he doesn't say, Luke, I'm your father. He, he says, says, no, I am No, I am your father. Yeah. Ah, um, oh, it's so good. But yeah, uh, so yeah, Anthony Hopkins plays it that creepy, calculating, I'm going to step ahead of you uh, kind of way, and Brian Cox plays kind of a lector as this guy who is clearly the smartest in the room and is going to talk down to you because you're not fucking worth his time. Yep. And he's so pissed that he's in jail. <laughs> and he tries to drag out of Will Graham how he's like, well, then how the fuck did you catch me? <laughs> and he tries to drag it out because he wants him to hear, he wants to hear it. Yeah. Just to like satisfy. He's like, well, all right. But it's just like, and then Will Graham doesn't get the satisfaction. He's like, I got lucky. He's like, no, he didn't get lucky. Wait, so this is Silence or this is This is Manhunter. Man okay. Manhunter, which is directed by Michael Mann. It came out in the 80s, I believe. Um, I think it was right after he did Thief. Wait, Michael Mann directed it? Directed Manhunter, yes. Michael Mann, the same guy from, uh... Heat and... Reservoir Dogs and... No, that's Tarantino. No, but Michael Mann was in Reservoir Dogs. No, you're thinking of Michael Madsen. Son of a bitch! (laughs) (laughs) You You just tell me... You tell me what actor you think is who, and I'll tell you who they really are. Michael Madsen! Yeah. Son of a Mr. bitch! You're thinking of Mr. Blonde, the guy with the torture scene? Oh, yes. That's Michael Madsen. Uh, Michael Mann is a director. Sorry, he... sorry, sorry. I can just... Sorry. Michael Mann, Michael Mann <laughs> talks about... Michael Mann is a director. He did He did Thief, Manhunter, uh, Heat, uh, The Keep... Which is a movie he does not talk about, and he doesn't, and he's like burned the release, like he burned the like negatives. I think of Whoa, that movie doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. It's a weird movie. Uh, I'll, I don't. We've been is going it, for is, three hours. Yeah. I don't want to like. Is it about about a dungeon keep? Like a, technic- a yeah. Well, actually, the movie is like about treasure. The movie is about a group of Nazis who go <gasps> to this castle <gasps> in a like in a Romanian esque country, mm-hmm. and they go to. Stay we'll just there. say it was. Romania. We'll say it. We'll say it's <laughs> Europeana. <laughs> yeah. We're in Europe. 
Can you believe how much we're in Europe right now? Look at all this Europe. (laughs) The architecture here is really European. Um, But they stay in this castle, and uh, some of the soldiers end up stealing this silver cross that's bored into the wall. Mm -hmm. They steal it, and it actually awakens a golem. Yes! It sounds awesome. Yeah, it awakens a golem who comes alive... (laughs) And to murder the Nazis, but is also his main plan is to end up, like, destroying the world. The Golem? The Golem, his plan. He, like, has all this, like, insane amount of power. I have another and, envelope where I write down movies I gotta uh, see. Ian McKellen is in it. Gan- <laughs> Gandalf is in it. What? Yeah. He plays an archaeologist who's bound to a wheelchair. Who ends up getting... The Golem, <laughs> the golem gives him power. The Keep! Uh, oh. The Keep, and then... Oh, shit. Uh, Lance Henriksen, I believe, from Pumpkinhead, and he's, mm. um... Bishop in Aliens, you know, oh. the, you know the android in Aliens, yeah. that actor, he's like, he's apparently <laughs> like this weird, like immortal being who shows up to kill the Gollum. It's very weird film. Michael Mann doesn't like it. He won't. That's he doesn't. Awesome. It's not on DVD. It was on Netflix for a long time. It just recently came down. Oh man. Tangerine Dream does the soundtrack for it. Who's that? The band Tangerine Dream from uh, the seventies. Who's the band that did Incense and Peppermints? That's not the Doors, is it? No, that's not the Doors. Uh, that is. Let me see if I can find a. Hmm. Yeah, tan- I, that's where we should end the podcast. I'll, I'll play, <laughs> Tangerine I'll, I'll play <laughs> the song by Tangerine Dream called "Stealing the Silver Cross." Play us out. Yeah. <laughs> it's called. It's oh, the music they wrote it for the movie. Tangerine Dream did the soundtrack when it got re-released. I think they had a <laughs> weird score originally, and then. Tangerine Dream got brought in to do the soundtrack for it. <laughs> yeah, they do an amazing job too. The Keep. Oh, I gotta see that. <laughs> it's it's not a great movie. It's good because it's bad. Is it one of those? It's not even bad. Like, it's good because of how weird it is. Okay. Yeah. And you're like this. They're like, how did this happen? It's one of those movies you watch. You're like, this is such a weird concept. Yeah. That. It's amazing that someone took a risk on it to make it into a movie. That, like, someone was handed a script and was like... Oh, like Zardoz. Like Zardoz. It's it's along the same lines as Zardoz. It's not as weird as... Zardoz. Zardoz, but it's up there. The penis is evil. The penis is evil. Take these guns. (laughs) If you've never seen Zardoz, go watch Zardoz. You get... um, It's spelled Z-A-R-D-O-Z. Because I had trouble... No. This is Z? D-O-Z. Oh. And I'll tell you why after the podcast is over, because that's a spoiler. Oh. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, God. Yeah, Zardos, if you've never seen it, you get... It's real bad Ooh. movie. Too, it's though. crazy. <laughs> it's crazy, but it's terrible. And if you've seen Rick and Morty, the episode you with... Uh, um, the Gazorpazorp episode. Gazorpazorp, yeah. Raising Gazorpazorp. Then uh, it's a direct it's reference. It's a direct reference. To the flying head that sends out the sex bots is a direct <laughs> reference to the, the man tribe of in Zardos with yeah. the guns. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk D and D for a bit before you're out? Yeah, dude. Yeah. How, how long have you been playing? Um, a couple years, maybe a few years now, but like off and on. Like I haven't had a a solid campaign for a while. Same. And I've been fiending for more. I've been well. I. Before Christmas happened, I had, like, I put together a party people wanted to play. Yeah. Some had never played before. Some have. And I was like, okay, let's make characters now so we get all the characters yeah. made. That way we can just hop into playing. Because day one is making the characters. Yeah. 
so we did that one night, and I was, I don't know why I did this. I thought I would have the time to run a D&D campaign, and I just mm-hmm. fucking don't, because <laughs> I spend so much, so much of my time is spent making sketch yeah, and yeah. making shorts and all that. That's majority of where my time goes. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that I was, like, trying to do a second thing that mm-hmm. would just take up more time, I was so dumb. Dude, it might still happen. What if, like, um... I can't remember if this was my idea or someone else, but having the D and D campaign that you've that is going, mm-hmm. writing down like main plot points and then animating it, how fucking awesome would that be? Because that that'd be great. It's just like because it's, so it's all original and yeah. it's all on the spot and like. It, Provided you have a good DM, like, mm. it's fucking awesome. And, like, you can tell stories that you've, of games you've played and campaigns yeah. you've played like you were actually there. Oh, yeah. And because it's such theater of the mind where you're like, I want more people to know about to this. To know, like, what you... Lots of, I've, so many people have talked, they're like, I don't see the appeal of... <laughs> after, like, what I explain what D&D is, and, like, well, it's you and a party of most likely your friends. You're sitting around a table, and there's probably graph paper... And mm-hmm. if you're lucky, you have miniatures. Uh, sometimes not. Uh, sometimes you don't even need them. Got some miniatures. Got a uh, uh, got a wizard. Got a, an avenger. Nice shifter, and then a. So that's a lot of four E stuff. Warlock. Yeah. Well, the warlock's from three five. Yeah. But, um, have you played? What have you played predominantly? Like what's fourth. Fourth. And I I was brought in on fourth, and I had a lot of fun. Like, people shit on fourth all the time, and I'm like, it's all I knew. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking awesome. One time we played... It's also real easy to grasp if you've never played D&D before. Yeah. And like it's we, a good starter. We played... Uh, my sister and brother-in-law came into town one day. And uh, they were in town to like meet up with their other married friends. And then mm. they came by to mine and Tyler and Josh's place in San Diego County. And they were like... So, but, like, a week ahead of time, they were like, so what's this whole D&D thing? Like, we we want to, like, come by and we want to play with you guys mm. to see, like, what it's all about. Cause, so, basically, their thought process going into it was like, how nerdy can this be? Like, haha, <laughs> uh-huh, D&D, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so we played, and we played fourth, but we played it like fifth before fifth was mm. even out. So, like, we had you the character. You don't need, it's like the movement stuff you kind of, like, laid back on. Right. We had the characters out, like, we had the little miniatures out, but we had our character sheets, like, we made our, our characters. Mm. And um, and then we, uh, we did, we had our abilities and everything, but we didn't use them all that much because we it was a lot of improv, a lot of on the spot. Yeah. Totally, um... And we played for six and a half hours. And then after that, my sister was like, oh my gosh, oh, I can't wait to like go back and like kill that guy. And like, oh dude, like, oh. And so then her and her husband have been playing really? consistently now. Yeah. It's, uh, they, it is an addicting oh, experience. It's so fucking fun. I started playing when I was 14. Nice. So I've been playing for over a decade now. Yep. Uh, and I started with third edition. And it all started, I had uh, my friend Gary, who's the friend whose house I could just go to and yeah, stay at yeah. if there was nobody there. Mm-hmm. Even. Um, I went to his house, I was hanging out, and then one weekend he was just like, oh, I went to a bookstore at the mall and I found this book, it is the player's handbook for three, third edition of Dungeons and Dragons. And he's like, do you want to try it out with me? And so me and him kind of went into D&D like, head first, like, together. Yeah. Not knowing anything. Not knowing anything. And so it was me, him, and his little brother, and then our friend Alex. Uh, and then we kind of, like, 
did a we did like just a one night like thing to like learn the game. Yeah. And then I got kind of hooked. Yeah. Uh, and I started. Then that's when I took over, started becoming a dungeon master instead of a player more. So you like to DM more? I did. I did. I think. It's fun. I mean, both are fun. Both I've, are fun. I've I've DM'd one delve, and then like I I started making grab uh, grab that green book over there next to the dungeon master screen. <sighs> Yeah, so just open up. Uh, yeah, I'll show you. So We're I started. A green notebook. I started. Full of yeah. Old maps. I started drawing this world, and then like this is uh this part, um, zoomed in. Mm-hmm. All right, right to there. But then I was like, this would be so awesome. Like I can't even. Like I want to go to the Broken Isles. <laughs> I, I want to go to Craven. That's what I was like. What's there? I was just recently. I was like working on the world map for the campaign I was going to run and then I was like what am I do? Do it, dude. It's gonna We got to get a game started. It's going to it takes so much. I think that's the thing that set me off um, from DMing was I had put it, so much time into it for so long. We yeah. ran a campaign for easily over a year. Um, when we were still when we were in like high school. Yeah. This is when we were, I was younger. Well, Brian Posehn has nerd poker. Yeah. It's so uh, awesome. I haven't listened to it, but uh, that's such an awesome It's great. Uh, thing. My buddy Dan Telfer's on it now. Oh, nice. Yeah, Dan's a regular on that show now. Oh, it's so cool. Uh, but yeah, we ran... I ended up running a 3.5 campaign for about just over a year. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing was, uh, when I talk to people who've, played, who've never played D&D, they're like, oh, that's a super nerdy game. I'm like... I was like, yes and no. It's like... <laughs> yeah. But the people who play, you would never expect, because the campaign that we had... The one I was running, I was captain of the baseball team in high school. <laughs> my friend Shane, my friend Shane was captain of the football team at his high school, <laughs> and then the two other people who played were both varsity like track and field athletes. Yeah, and so it, it, people were like, "Oh, that's a game for nerds." I'm like, "No, it's a game for someone who has a creative mind and yeah. enjoys fantasy or any kind of storytelling." Yeah, doesn't necessarily mean that you are the stereotypical vision of what. If someone thinks a nerd is, mm-hmm. and then that uh, that the thing that makes it nerdy is like, or t- quote unquote nerdy to people who are outside of mm-hmm. it is that they have no understanding yeah. of what people are talking about, and so they're like, ah, oh, that's just some nerd shit. I don't mm-hmm. know. And oh, like, it's like oh, you sit around and you wear helmets and like, talk in mm-hmm. voices. Like no, no you can. I mean, if the you voices want. are fun. The voices yeah. are fun. You can <laughs> talk in voice. Feel free. That wizard character. Uh-huh. Um, I talk like this. No. I talk like Deckard Kane from Diablo Two. Um, stay a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stay a while and listen. listen. Um, and uh, my but my character was twenty years old. Mm-hmm. And so then, which is young. So, you know, and then the DM was like, "Wait, why is your character talking like that?" And then I was like, "Uh." So I had I came up with some backstory of like, while I was growing up in these mines, like um, as a tiefling, like being discouraged from like any kind of wizardry or whatever. Uh, I imagined that all wizards were like old and sage and wise and everything. <laughs> so I you just kind of I put on this affect, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 we played, and then after, after high school, I went, I went to college, play baseball, blew up my arm, uh, and also I was like, well, I can't really throw anymore, and I major in communications. But I can throw some dice. That's all, here's the thing, I stopped playing, I, I, like, in my senior year of high school, I had gotten so disconnected from doing art, and anything that wasn't 
baseball related. Yeah. I was playing I was playing high school baseball, we were playing summer leagues, fall ball. I was playing at least 100 games Whoa. in a year of baseball. Okay. And so I got disconnected from all that. I went to went to this college in Pennsylvania majoring in communications. Mhm. I, I think I like mm-hmm. I couldn't play baseball anymore because I hurt my arm, and I was like I was like all right let me fall back on my no nope. communications is just sounds like answering phones apparently according mm-hmm. to the teacher, mm-hmm. and so I like talked to my like parents I was like I think I'm gonna drop out I was like I don't I'm not happy here there's nothing for me here really, yeah. and they're like well you can always go to community college and I so saw for a year I went to a community college five minutes from my house in New Jersey yep so I was like I was basically back in high school again. Uh, and I reconnected with a bunch of friends who I didn't know, who I hadn't seen since elementary school. Yeah. And we reconnected and we ended up running, we ended up playing a D and D game that ran for about a year. Uh, and that was a fourth edition game. Yeah. And I wasn't DMing. I was playing a character. Dude, I got to show you this map I made. (laughs) And then, uh, oh, nice. One by one squares. And then I bought, I bought this stuff online of, uh, so I just showed him a foam foam a uh, big big ass square foam thing and i mm. cut out one by one squares i did it like in lines but um and then i bought these like clear um uh sheets that you could put over top and then i was like that would make dming cool like for the maps and stuff yeah. you could just draw it with a dry erase and then just erase it and make yeah. a make a new map that's what uh, vincent kirk does that Oh yeah, the guy who plays over. He plays a D and D melt yeah, every Sunday. I know, I know. I you know, know Vincent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He does that with his boards. Him and me could do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I really want to start playing. I played a. I played one night of Fifth Edition recently. And. And really good. Nice. It's really good. You play that, and you're reminded about how much of a board game Fourth Edition feels like. Okay. Because. Like, 4th edition is very battle-based. My phone just died. Oh. <laughs> I was going to play Tangerine Dream! Oh, uh, damn. Um, iPhone? Yeah. Okay, I was going to offer you to charge it. But <laughs> it's not important. All I have is micro USB. We can post it in later. <laughs> we'll edit that out and post it. We'll edit it later. We'll edit this episode down to about an hour because I've only said about, like, 45 minutes of interesting stuff. If no, that. no, this has been good. This is almost... This is... Yeah, three and a half hours, How man. How long do they usually go? What's your longest one? The longest one's three and a half hours, man. Oh, I'm going to break it. Boo, 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 boo. You got it. Oh, <laughs> Is there anything that, like, important that we want that you want to talk about? Like, anything? Because I've just been rambling about movies that I like. Dude, this has been awesome. Um, <laughs> the, uh, do you have stuff to plug? Do you... Yeah, um... Plug everything, man. Yeah. What's your uh, Twitter? My Twitter is at Adam, A-T-O-M... <laughs> I look back on it. I, the reason I did it is because that was the only Twitter handle I could get. That yeah. was like because Adam Murray was taken every time over. Because it's a very rare it's name. A very rare, <laughs> rare, rare name. <laughs> um, I think it's like me and two other people have it. Uh, now Adam A T O M underscore Murray M U R R A Y. Yeah. And then from there, I was like, I'll keep this brand going. And that's why I named my YouTube channel. It's my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Adam Murray, all one word. Mm-hmm. Uh, A-T-O-M. A-T-O-M. I do that because there's nowhere for me to put Z's in my name to look cool. Uh, <laughs> so I, made, I came up with Adam. Uh, and yeah, I, I put out a uh, new sketch every month. Um, I'm trying to move to two a month. It's yeah. hard if I get 
If if there's more subscribers, then it, if I get start getting more subscribers, and I start seeing money come in through monetization, then maybe I'll switch to two a month, and then hopefully one a week or yeah, something. I don't know. It's it's what I want to turn my main focus to. Yeah. Um, animation really is. It's not like fulfilling me creatively wise because I'm. It's also not doing that because I'm working on other people's stuff. Yeah, you like working on your own thing. Mm-hmm. As, Aside or besides working on someone else's thing, I would imagine that uh, this directly correlates with D and D actually, Mm. (laughs) because um, all of the games of D and D that I played, minus one delve that I DM'd, Mm. which was fine because it was like a starter thing and it was still fun to do. um, All of them have been all original, ground up. Like my buddy Tyler, he's a fucking awesome DM, (laughs) and he like. He, he, he'll, he'll, he'll come up with like 30 minutes worth of stuff and then it just goes for like five hours. Yeah. 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 And all of it was like a lot of it was made up on the spot and it's all original and like no one else has that, you know, like people are like, Oh, did you play that one, that one, uh, mission from three, five or whatever? It's like, no, I've only played like temple of elemental evil. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) No, I've only played original stuff. Like it feels that much more personal mm-hmm. when it's your own thing oh, yeah. than when it's like, oh, a lot of people have done that. Or like, yeah. oh, that's someone else's creation. And that's... I'm feeling that super hard right now. Yeah. And I think it's because I've gone to a point where I'm starting to actually enjoy the stuff that I make. Yeah. Which, if you're a creative person, you look at yourself, unless you're the biggest fucking egotistical dick in the world, <laughs> you look at something you made, you're like... That's awful. Or at, or at the most, you get lucky if it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> well, that's how I feel personally. Like if you, from videos, I feel like, great. I, feel I look. <laughs> it's, well, it's like I look at I look at the stuff I made now. Like I look at Night of the Creature. Yeah. That I put out. I'm just like, yeah, I'm happy with that. There's like maybe one or two things in it that like still drive me nuts that yeah. I wish I could have fixed. Uh, but I look at that now compared to where I was like two years ago making videos and I've like made leaps and bounds but it's still it's that horrible is that a bit of type A coming out? (sighs) I think so (laughs) I I like to think there's more than just type A and type B yeah because there's no one who's like like (laughs) some people would argue with this for me there's no there's no one who's chill all the time All the time. Like, I'm pretty chill, like, most of the time. Mm -hmm. But there's sometimes where I'm like, oh, shit, there's this. There's, like, I mean, I gotta worry about that, whatever. And, I don't know. You know? (laughs) And then there's, like, there's people who are, like, uptight, but they're not uptight all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, when I'm on set, I really, I'm very comfortable, very laid back on set when, when directing or acting in something. I don't. I don't get caught up in like, oh, well, this has to be done now. We have this amount of time left. I've had that happen where I've had an actor had to leave at a certain time, and it's, I don't know, I'm very comfortable on set. It's yeah. every other process around that that drives me kind of insane, where I'm like, well, this sucks, this isn't good, I should have done this shot instead. I'm editing it, I'm like, why the fuck is this not working? Why am I so bad at doing sound design? Why isn't this <laughs> I was, I, I, I'm my hardest critic, and I'm sure fucking every person who yeah. makes their own stuff is their hardest critic. If they're not, then they're kind of stupid. Yeah, it's good to 
be it critical just of your be stuff. Super hypercritical. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I feel it does it does really feel nice when someone's like, oh, that's funny or oh, that looks good. And, I'm, and again, with something especially that's been in your head, you're like, well, this is garbage. <laughs> you know, like this on fire. This will never see the light of day. And I've made sketches like that. I've filmed stuff that has never seen the light of day. Really? I've filmed, edited, and dragged it to the delete bin. You deleted it completely? Yeah, I've I've done that at least four times. But have you emptied the delete bin? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. A second after I put it in there. A second after I was like, well that's deleted. Now it is. I've done I've done that at least four times. And it's it's the same thing with writing. Creating it's the same thing with, if you're a writer, you know the writing process, ninety percent of the stuff you write is gonna be shit. Yeah, it's very. But there's right. that ten percent gold. Yeah, man. there's that ten percent gold. Where and you I've can, got it. I've you, got it all. <laughs> you find that ten percent of gold, and you're like, oh well, I can build something off of this. <laughs> like I, when I was going to community college, I wrote an entire first season of an animated show. What? I, I went back and I read it, and I'm like, there's nothing here except for these three jokes that I <laughs> that, that I you can, go over and over again that I can what? take and add to something else, <laughs> or this idea that I could bring to something else. Whole season? How many episodes? Thirteen. Holy shit. Yeah, they're all 24 pages in length. Wow. I had a lot of free time at community college. Yeah. Did you have a script writing program? No. So you... Uh, also, yeah, that's the other thing. I go back and look at those. I'm like, it is like a chimp, like, type of these up. Because oh. I didn't know how to... I didn't understand. Oh, okay, okay. So I the understand, like, oh, well, this is how dialogue is set in a yeah. script or a screenplay format. This is how, like, this is supposed to look. So it would just be, like, rambles of, like, yeah. of, like scene action. Yeah, because I have Celtics, and so that takes care of all That's what the I use formatting too now. for me. Yeah, it's free. Yeah, just I mean, give it to me, internet. It's free. <laughs> <laughs> but as you, oh yeah, I right now I'm like dealing with a script I'm writing right now. I'm just like, is this even fucking worth filming? Is it sketch? Yeah, it's sketch. Uh, I'm not gonna give it away because it's gonna be a sketch for don't, February. Don't give it away. Um, but is it worth filming? <laughs> <sighs> Then we'll see my 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 method now of thinking of something is worth filming. What's your method, man? Is if I spent <laughs> fucking money on it. Um, oh, because well, I made I made Beast Lord. Have you ever seen that one? Yeah, yeah. I made Beast Lord, and that has a really high production quality too. And this other thing is, I want to make sketches that have super high production quality. Yeah, you want it to look good. I want it to look like something you'd see on TV or a movie. I don't want to do a sketch of two guys sitting on a couch and then there's a gun and fake blood. Um, which oh, I've that done. sounds great. I've done that sketch. It's called Tattoo. <laughs> it's my least favorite one. I hate it. I'm amazed I haven't deleted it yet. So look up Tattoo. Look up, go on my YouTube, look up Tattoo. The, <laughs> the, the thumbnail is Travis Clark with a fake tattoo on his face. No, I, I, I have... I really want to get out of this mindset because in my head I'm like, I feel like a sketch is only worth making is if it's a full-on sketch concept and when i say like a full-on like a full-on sketch is something that you would see on snl or monty python yeah or you would go to a ucb theater and see yeah or groundlings or io yeah something that has or second city second city something that has <laughs> there's characters in the world and it's established and then there's a build there's a turn there's a button and everything is connected within that like however long minute sketch yeah and there's plenty of sketches on the internet that are funny, but I don't see them as sketches. I see them as videos. Yeah. Where it'll be, like, a very funny concept, but it doesn't, like, follow that formula. Yeah. 
And you don't have to follow a formula. You should never just... There's no wrong way no to wrong eat way. Reese's or to make... Yeah, there's, there's, really no wrong, there's really no wrong way to make a, a funny video unless it's not funny. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to break from the idea of, well, this has to be a three-minute-long sketch set in this world with this kind of genre behind it and this yeah. kind of look because I'm letting too much of the filmmaking part of it uh, affect the script process or the sketch process. So the one I wrote now, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say it. It's um, it's two roommates who approach a third roommate about um, it's like an emergency roommate meeting, and the roommate they're talking to, who is the bad roommate, is also the mayor of Imagination Town. <laughs> so it's two regular roommates approaching a third roommate who is this man in a purple suit, top hat, big orange bushy beard. <laughs> I would cast you, but I've already casted myself. I pointed at myself. He pointed at himself. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I got the idea because do you, did you ever go to uh, Disney World as a kid? Disneyland. Disneyland. Yeah. But did yeah. They, they didn't have Figment the Dragon out here. What? Figment the Dragon. Figment the Dragon? Yeah. No. Do you have internet on there right now? Yeah. Yeah, type in Figment the Dragon. Figment the Dragon. Uh, he was a. Pro- that sounds like a band. He was a Portugal pro- the Man and Figment the Dragon. He was a product of uh, Epcot. Oh he, he yeah, was- no Epcot. <gasps> oh, I've seen him. Yeah, he's the little purple dinosaur who wears a yellow T-shirt sometimes, like he's Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was a product of Epcot. Now, if you type in Figment the Dragon, uh, man with beard, I forget the guy's name. This. Uh, just go this? to image. Yeah. I remembered him from what my childhood. What the hell? Yeah, what, if, you, if you're listening to this, Google Figment of the Dragon, Man with Beard, and you'll get a bunch of images of a man who looks a lot like the fat dwarf from The Hobbit. <laughs> um, like the really fat dwarf. Also a, a little bit of uh, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, very wizard, he's a very like whimsical character. He's a man mm. with a giant red bushy beard uh, and a top hat and a blue suit, and he looks like he's the ghost of Christmas present, kind of. He looks so happy. And he has a <laughs> puppet of Figment the Dragon, which, as a kid, I didn't understand that that was a puppet. Like Someone that, dressed as him. <laughs> I didn't understand that, that he was holding a puppet and that his arm was actually inside the puppet. And so as a kid, I would, like, hold Figment's mouth shut. And now I realized, I was like, oh, I was hurting that poor old man's hands. <laughs> and so just the, I, the the imagery of that character was, was really stuck out to me. So I was like, I'll do a sketch about somebody like that. The guy who holds Figment. Like, a guy who just looks like the mayor of a city made of candy. <laughs> and I was like, what could I, situation could I put him in? I was like, you know, it'd be really funny if he was just like in a regular apartment and he's been like paying for checks with money that doesn't exist. <laughs> Like, just he wrote a check on a piece of bread <laughs> and, like, put it in an envelope. And so it's like it breaks the wall of, like, no, he's not the mayor of Imaginary Town. He's a fucking crazy he's person. Crazy. He's just a crazy person. And so and then I was That's like, oh, well, I was like that. And, and, and in my head, I'm like, that concept fucking sucks. I'm still right now, I'm just like, that's so dumb. No, that's good, man. It's so dumb. Uh, uh, and, yeah. Well, well uh, uh, I mean, the context. You have to build the context somewhere because mm. I don't. I didn't know what that guy was. Well, or a lot of people won't was. either. Yeah, I've I've wanted to do for so long a sketch mm-hmm. where I can somehow integrate uh, the makeup from 
the music video Warrior by Scandal. I don't know. Yeah, that whole sentence <laughs> is insane. I don't know what you just it's said. It's an insane person sentence. <laughs> Patty Smythe, who was a singer in the 80s, <laughs> used to be part of a band called Scandal, and they dev a song called Warrior. And in the music video, she has this really ridiculous makeup painted on the side of her face, and I've been wanting to find a way to put, integrate that into a sketch <laughs> because I really like that visual. And a lot of what I write comes from a visual... Like standpoint. I'll see something as that I like visually. <laughs> like Beast Lord is that. Yeah. I really like Conan the Barbarian. Mm. I really like those sword and sorcery movies from the seventies and eighties. <laughs> and I really like Beastmaster, even though Beastmaster is a terrible character. <laughs> I really enjoy that. And so a lot of my like I'll it's another process that I need to fucking get out out of my head because that doesn't always lead to an idea. Yeah. Where else mm. I'll be like I was like, oh, what about that? Nah, it doesn't work. Hey, man. Detroit Today. Fucking, we'll do that shit. (laughs) I've seen, and there's, I've seen so many sketches. There was a sketch I saw, I forget who made it, but it's called War Machine at the Office. And it's a sketch about War Machine working at an office. He doesn't talk. It's just him, like, wrecking stuff by accident because he's War Machine. And it's not a sketch. It's a video that got made because you had access to a War War Machine Machine costume. costume. Yeah. That's why you made it. And I've had those thoughts where I'm like, oh, I could get this and base that, that, and that doesn't work. Now, if you, now, if they took the War Machine costume and, like, he enlisted in, like, the Peace Corps something, or something, something, like, something where, like... Or you have War Machine and he's just going through a list of upgrades to add to his suit and it just gets more and more absurd with the kinds of weapons that he has put on him. Where it's like, oh, you activate this and it's that punching bag, punching, or that boxing glove that comes out of a jack-in-a-box sometimes. <laughs> or like this a, a cancer um, switchblade and then they're like, no, 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 that's illegal. You can't. <laughs> this is our AIDS bomb. <laughs> no, 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 no. It gives a it's whole... too far. Yeah, just no, no, War Machine, no. Oh, but I am created for war. <laughs> this is my crossbow that shoots chainsaws that has guns attached to it that shoots smaller knives. No, 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 that's too far. It's, oh. There's our sketch right there. There you go, yeah. There's just, it's... <laughs> there's so many things I do that I just, I when I'm trying to create something or write something, I'm just like, oh, this is fucking stupid. It's called Rage Against the War Machine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So stupid. It's very it timely. It's so very, stupid. Very timely. Work. What year yeah. is it? Yeah, 1996. Oh, we've been going for almost four hours now. Yeah. We might as well fucking hit the four hour mark. Yeah, let's do it. Why not? <laughs> no one's going to listen. They might. They no might. One's, they're they gonna, might. They're going to say, Dude, who the fuck is that guy? The, the longest episode of uh, You Made It Weird I've heard so far? Four and a half hours long. Is that Matt McCarthy fucking one? good. David O'Doherty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, but that's David O'Doherty. Yeah. They're going to see They're gonna see my face or my name next. They're going to, huh. They'll go, oh, well, it's long. They <laughs> it's must long. have a lot to it's, talk they about. They must have had a lot to talk about. And we about. did, and we have. <laughs> we did. We did. <laughs> I've we talked did. about Spike Lee like twice. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's come up organically. None of this stuff has been forced. None of it's been forced. Yeah. It's, it's fair enough. Fair enough. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'll pitch stone cutters. Yeah. I'll do that. I'll so plug stone cutters. Plug stone cutters. Plug uh, whatever um, you want. No, I'm just well, because I just looked at the wall and I saw the Futurama paintings. Yeah, and that the the Bender like John DiMaggio signed that oh, at wow. Comic Con, and then the the drawing is from one of the girls who drew Bender. Really. And then that Springfield one. That's awesome. The uh, the artist is named um, freaking 
Tim something. I forget. Yeah, I've seen, I saw because there's also a different Off of color. Spoke, there's a color art. Yeah. Yeah. There's a different color variant of that one. That's too, at night, night and glows in the dark. Yeah. yeah. There's a Futurama one. Like whenever he has his, it's called surreal estate. I think. Yes. And whenever he he comes up out with an art line of uh-huh. prints that he's done, they go fucking quick. And there really? was a, yeah, there was a Futurama one that came out, and I wanted it so bad, and it was like. It was like 60 bucks or something, and I was like, I can't. Well, you have the gold uh, bender. I know, I got you, that at Comic-Con. You, oh, you got that at Comic-Con? <laughs> yeah. You didn't win that at uh, Stonecutters? No, I oh, didn't okay. win that time. I got that at Comic-Con. That was the exclusive, and it was like the last year they were going to be there, and I was like, uh, all right, well, I got to I gotta get it. Well, you, Doug is a right... Stonecutters um, is a Simpsons... It, we call it a fan show. Um, John Ungaro... Uh, is the brainchild behind it. It's his show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thankfully, he lets me and Kyle Clark uh, go on stage and get drunk <laughs> and try not to ruin... We do trivia. So we do pub-style trivia of Simpsons questions. Yep. Uh, and we don't go past season 13. I don't think we've... I think that's where we our cutoff is for questions. Yeah. Is season 13, because everyone knows seasons 1 through 10. Who, yeah. At least people who are Simpsons fans yeah. know season one through ten. It's those are kind of the seasons ingrained in people's brains, especially seasons eight, uh, three through eight. There's a crayon in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just it's and yeah, John. John is the biggest Simpsons fan I know. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point, the point like that, it's kind of like <laughs> savantish, like what he's <laughs> able to recall. Have you met Alex, the guy who's like your partner yeah he single-handedly like well okay this last time this last time he doug and alex are regulars we've teamed up now and this this last time you won uh twice now twice two months in a row but yeah so this last time he did uh, you win this past one yeah i wasn't there ned flanders yeah i know the so um he like he had his girlfriend with him and then like he he gave it to me mm-hmm. to answer the question first, and if I couldn't, like he, he would take over. Stuff yeah, yeah. So he's like trying to teach you how to shave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We and that's I, the show started off like our first show was super big. Mm-hmm. This is before I was even like a host on it. I I slid my way in, mm-hmm. so like just unsubtly planted myself into that show because though there was three hosts. Uh, this last one was a really had a really good turnout. Really good turnout. Yeah. Awesome. I was still in. I was at Harry Potter World in Florida. Okay. Uh, no, the the original one of the original hosts um, ended up leaving Los Angeles, uh, and then we like after he had left, I think there was a Futurama. It was our first Futurama one mm. where we had David X Cohen, and John Mathet and Maurice Lamarche. I was there for the second Futurama one. That, that one was insane. Yeah. That was insane. We broke fire code. <laughs> Did I tell you that? Mm-mm. Um, But I'll, I'll finish. It was like David X. Cohen, Maurice LaMarche. Phil Lamar. F- no, the, I'm trying to think of the first one. I forget who else was on the first one. We had a good... We had a Johnny hand- Maggio. No, we didn't get him yet. We hadn't got oh. him. I want to really want to get him. Uh, but yeah, there's more people. Uh, Steven Sandoval was there. He's an animation director. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we had like the first Futurama turnout was like great. And I'm a, I know more about Futurama than I do about Simpsons. Yeah. I'd say I, I have a 
pretty good knowledge of Simpsons <laughs> since I run a trivia show based on that. I come up with a lot of the questions. My knowledge of Futurama is more. I have much more knowledge. And that's also because the show played on Future on Adult Swim for years yeah. on a steady loop. And so I've seen those original episodes mm-hmm. so many times. Yeah. Um, and then that was the show where I was like, hey, do you mind if I co-host this because I really love Futurama? And then I didn't move. <laughs> I wedged myself into that role, and now I'm... I am staying, I bitches. I am third fiddle. <laughs> it's John is the captain, and me and Kyle are just the horrible shipmates who kind of steer the ship off course every now and again, <laughs> and we'll accidentally give away trivia question answers while we're talking. <laughs> Whoops. And then we try to throw microphones back and forth <laughs> to each other and get yelled at. Um, but yeah, then we do... And that's the first Saturday of every that's month. The first Saturday of every month at Meltdown Comics in the back. It's a free show. Mm-hmm. Uh, starts at four p.m. Starts at four p.m. We can't we we can't charge money for it because we're showing yeah. copyrighted material. Yeah. And, but we wouldn't if if we could charge money we wouldn't. We probably wouldn't. Yeah. We wouldn't. It's it's a, it's like one of my favorite parts of the month. It's I know I know it's coming up first Saturday of every month. I'm like oh yeah this is gonna be fun. What's the theme for the next one? I think we're gonna do Valentine's Day again because it's February. Oh okay. Um, I choose choo choose you. That's gonna be on there. I think <laughs> I forget. I th- uh, Julia Prescott, who is now we've gone from a group of like four people to there's kind of like a gang yeah. that runs the show now. Yeah. yeah. So we have me, uh, Kyle, uh, John Angaro, who is the creator and the quiz master. Uh, ben Dunn is our tech guy. Mm-hmm. He runs the show. Uh, ben Trandum does a lot of our uh, video stuff. Okay. Uh, so he's the one who rips stuff for the visual rounds. Yeah. That's Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julia Prescott, uh, who's a very funny stand-up. She's our scorekeeper. Uh, and then we also have Laura Crawford, yep. uh, who's a person who submits questions. Uh, Asterios Kokonos, who lives in New York now. He used to be out here. He's mm. a stand-up. Very funny guy. He's a really awesome guy. Uh, he submits questions. I submit questions. Kyle does this one question every month. Uh, yeah, and then John Mathet, who used to actually be a storyboard artist on The Simpsons. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, which is he runs horrible movie night. He runs horrible movie with night. His wife. Yeah, and that's how we got a lot of our contacts is through him. Nice. Because that's how we got David X Cohen, and that's how we got people like Alf Clausen, who was the composer for Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had Matt Selman, who is an executive producer. Nice. Uh, Tim Long has been on twice. He's yeah. an executive producer and writer. Uh, God, Josh Weinstein, who yeah, awesome guy. Mm-hmm. Josh is awesome. He loves coming. He's, he's like, yeah, I'll come back whenever. <laughs> he loves. I, my favorite thing is when I see someone. I want to get to this point where I see someone who's a creator who loves talking about what they made. Yeah. Uh, and they're ex- you want and they're you want to be able to I, love what you're I want about to be able made. to. <laughs> and there's points where I've had you made BoJack. You made parts of BoJack. I, I drew parts of BoJack. Yeah. What did what what went through of what you made from BoJack? Uh, all the lemurs. Oh. In the party episode where all the lemurs <laughs> invade his house, I designed ninety five percent of those. I was given like I was given like four lemurs, yeah. and then I was told like we need like seventeen of these. <laughs> so I just designed a bunch of the lemurs. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek Jeter, okay. uh, when he's helping the old lady across the street, yeah. the old, I made the old goat, the old goat lady too. Um, I was only on the show. I was on the show for the full run because I, I I stepped in to help out and then I ended up going to Mr. Pickles. Okay. Uh, shortly after when Mr. Pickles started up, but no, I like Josh Weinstein is a person 
who really loves talking about. And this is stuff he made like back in the nineties. Yeah. Him and Bill Oakley were writers like in like ninety five to like ninety eight, mm-hmm. if even that. And the way he still talks about it, he's so excited and he loves talking about what he made. Yeah. And there's I've talked to I've met Guillermo del Toro and he's the same way. He's always excited about what he's making. Nice. And it just seems like such a nice place to be. <laughs> to be excited about what you're making. Pacific Rim 2. <gasps> I don't know what they're going to do. I don't either. I'm one of the few people who likes that movie. I love that I movie. I love Pacific Rim. Dude, after I finished watching that movie, I was dancing around my room. <laughs> like, I was like, I, I was expecting to like, like the movie. Yeah. But I wasn't expecting to fucking love it. Like, I loved it. So much. I was dancing around my room when I yeah we were almost, almost hit there. four hours. Oh man, yeah. it's so good. So yeah, good. Uh, stone cutters first Saturday of every month unless it's something pops up that's different. It rarely happens. Uh, we've had Matt Groening on. Yep. Were you there for that? I haven't been there for that, but dude, I'll be there for every. The way the way that happened, that was just we're amazed that happened because we were doing. Did um, he pop in or? Well, this is what happened. Uh, the uh, afternoon before one of our shows, we were doing commentary for a web series that me, John, and Kyle, and Ben all worked on. Okay. It's uh, Nerd Turns on Nerdist Channel was the web series we worked on. Okay. Yeah, don't watch it. <laughs> um, as someone who worked on it and has a lot of friends who were involved with it, we can all say that it, don't watch it. <laughs> uh, um, so we were doing commentary for that just just to try to drive up. Uh, like people to watch it be like oh you can yeah. like watch it you know, we have this commentary that you can listen to at the same time so we're in the theater doors are closed we all have, we're all like linked up to microphones pretty much and we're yeah. just talking over episodes and then in between episodes josh who run who works at meltdown yeah. uh comes into the theater goes you guys need to come out here right now and mm-hmm. we're in the middle because you need to come out here right now <laughs> and we had met him before this too yeah we had met matt once before and it was actually while we were filming nerd turns we had met him yeah uh and he, we told him about the show he's like oh cool uh, and then when we saw him again, he was like, hey, guys. Like, he remembered us. <laughs> he, was there, he was like, how you doing? And he was like, good, we're just doing commentary. He was like, and then I think I asked, I was like, are you going to stick around for Stonecutters today? He goes, oh, is that today? Oh, I can't. I have a thing I have to go to. He's like, when's your next one? And we're like, oh, it's this date, like, first Saturday of this month. He goes, what time? We were like, 4 o'clock. He goes, okay, well, maybe I'll see you. <laughs> and he's super nice, took a picture with us again. And like, you were like, we'll probably not see we'll, him. We'll never yeah. see him. Yeah. And we were like, we we're, were like, he's gone forever. Mm-hmm. He's never coming back. So we, I ended up, uh, ended up booking David Silverman, who is a longtime director. He's been on the show since the beginning. Okay. He was there with the Tracy Ullman episodes. Uh, he directed the movie. Yeah. Uh, David Silverman has been involved with The Simpsons for a long time yeah. since the beginning. Mm-hmm. So him and Matt know each other very well. Okay. We booked him. And if you go on his Twitter, you can find, he posts every now and again, he'll post old, like, drawing, like, breakdowns of Homer's reactions for, like, early episodes of The Simpsons. Nice. Like, he has them saved and he posts them. So you can watch, like, just find, like, old archive art that he's made. It's yeah. pretty awesome. Uh, so he's there. Um, we get him on the show, and then he was going to talk about um, two episodes he directed and one he executive produced. Yeah. And during the first round... Kyle's out there sitting there doing commentary on an episode mm-hmm. and me and John are in the green room or in the tech room and Josh opens the door and goes there you go and Matt walks in <laughs> and he goes hey guys I'm here Ooh, and, we're, like, and we're, like, we're like we're like we're like no. we're like okay no. and, and I, was, I was like do you want to go out and do commentary on an episode 
And he's like, yeah, sure. He's like, who's out there? And I was like, David's out there. He's like, David Silverman? I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, that's great. <laughs> and he just, and it's the it's the craziest thing because he walks, like, out of the door from the side stage and onto stage, like, right in front of the projector. And as, it took, like, a, as the episode's going? As the episode's going. So it's, like, dark and, like, you can't really tell. But then people, like, eyes register and see who it is. And Kyle loses his mind. Everyone loses their fucking minds. Yeah. And they're like, oh, the guy who this he's here he's here right now and we derailed that entire show we like after that episode was done david and matt just started uh talking to each other about like stuff they worked on like about the beginning of the show me and john ended up going out and we're like, you know what? Trivia is canceled for today. Mm-hmm. We're just doing this. Like, we don't have, our prizes suck this month anyway. You're not going to be upset. We only had to, done one round of trivia. We're like, are you guys fine with us just doing this? And everyone's like, yeah. Yeah, everyone's like, yeah. So the two of them talked, mm-hmm. just talked for like a half hour. Uh, we watched an episode. Uh, we watched The Mysterious Voyage of Homer, where Homer, uh, the chili cook-off. Oh, yeah, with the with, chili pepper or with whatever. The chili pepper, that, yeah, with the chili yeah. pepper that Wiggum gives him and he hallucinates. The, the, yeah, the vision quest. And the vision quest with Johnny Cash as the voice of the coyote. <laughs> and so they talk about they talked about that episode. And I got, it was like a dream. I got to sit next to Matt Groening. <laughs> and we were literally like, our, like elbow, uh, elbow to elbow. And we were talking about... Literally rubbing elbows. Literally rubbing elbows. In <laughs> talking about design choices <laughs> and who the, why they got that guy as the guest star. <laughs> and then they did a Q&A afterwards. <laughs> and it was like a 30-minute Q&A. And then after that, they hung around for like two hours to sign stuff and take pictures. That's so great. And it was... I mean, if if he ever comes back, we're gonna do the same thing again. We're gonna fucking derail the show yeah. out of trivia, unless he unless he says no, unless he's like, no, let's do trivia. Yeah, and but I'll come up with the questions. Well, he that's the thing is he's like, he's like I don't know anything. He's like, he's like he's like he's like I have he's like even the stuff when I was still paying attention, I don't know anything. <laughs> and that's it's a weird thing because a lot of like we've had directors on, we've had writers on, yeah, and they're like. I don't, don't remember like, it. Like, I don't remember that. Yeah. Wow, you guys cut deep. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, that's what, during the Q&A, uh, someone came up and said, uh, in episode 13 of Itchy and Scratchy, <laughs> when he's play- when Itchy's playing Scratchy's ribcage like a xylophone, <laughs> he hits the same rib twice and produces two different notes. I really hope someone was fired for that blunder. <laughs> a wizard did it. <laughs> what? A wizard did a it. A wizard did it. <laughs> What's wrong with you? What the hell's wrong with you, nerds? Uh... Yeah, so he's been he's been like the guest of guests that we could have had on. Yeah, the there's one r- other real dream guest that we'll probably never get, and that's Conan. <sighs> Maybe. And, Maybe, and if we got him, we would never announce it. Dude, yeah, because so there be, you go. It would be fucking insane. If you if you if you come to Stonecutters, you look at the Facebook event, and it says there's no special guest listed. Mm-hmm. It's either because we don't have a special guest. Or because we got Conan through some miracle. Miracle, yeah. And he's come on the show. Through through some miracle in Evergreen Terrace. Nah. Yeah. Is that an episode? N- Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace is one. Uh, nah, probably no. not. I'm yeah. trying to think if there's a Christmas one named after that. Yeah. Um, what I wanted uh, out of the Christmas one, like I loved the three that we watched, mm-hmm. but I was hoping for Skinner's Sense of Snow. I wanted that one too. It's so good. 
I want that one too. I love now a film about a grinchy little character, character who almost steals, steals Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> the Christmas that almost wasn't, but then was. Yeah. yeah. What's that? You want the pee bucket on your head? No, 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 no. you're twisting my words. <laughs> no, no, you're twisting my words. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I I can do a good Wiggum. My throat hurts because we've been talking for fucking four hours. <laughs> You'll probably manage Wiggum. Do Wiggum. I said Wiggum. <laughs> I like Shim Shim. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, I'm trying to think. A donut. I've got donuts. I've got. Hey, I know you. It's <laughs> so my favorite Wiggum line. Is twenty two short twenty two short films about Springfield. Oh. Uh, it's the it's the Pulp Fiction reference to what? when Snake hits Wiggum with his car. <laughs> Because Wiggum, like, it's after leaving. It's when him uh, and Lou and Eddie have the conversation about McDonald's <laughs> and treat it as if they're, it's the conversation about, like, Royale with cheese. Oh, okay. It was right after Pulp Fiction came out. I gotta see that one again. That's the one where uh, Lisa gets gum in her hair and goes through all the ways of trying to get gum out. Oh, and they put peanut, peanut butter, butter and, like, ice <laughs> and, like, other hair, like, on it. And then they just cut it out. She gets they? a haircut, and she's like, "I look like a real girl." And then Nelson immediately laughs at her. And her she puts a hat on. And that's the one with the tallest man in Springfield. Oh, driving the little tiny car. Do you find something funny about the way about my automobile? <laughs> hey, everybody! It's the kid who laughs at everyone. Let's all laugh at him. Uh-huh. Blow uh-huh. them kisses. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But then there's the joke with Wiggum when he's he's like, I'm going to get some donuts. And he walks across the street and he's singing the donut song. He goes, hey, I know you. And Snake hits him with his car and he just goes, wait, we got to exchange insurance information. <laughs> and then they walk into the gun store owned by Herman, the guy with one arm. Yeah. And it turns into the scene where Ving Rhames and Bruce Willis are going to get raped. If I had my gun, I'd shoot you right now. Yeah, yeah, well, well, you don't. Yeah, well, you don't. <laughs> Get a prison bush. <laughs> Former President Bush. I love that character. He's yeah. not a character. Just his voice is great. That's that's his area, right? Yeah, that's Hank. Yeah, it's gotta be. Also, uh, you were there for when Josh said that Frank Grimes was originally gonna be Nicolas Cage, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I think so. Yeah, that was, was, the, was, the, did, it was the most recent uh, time Josh was here. When Weinstein was there. Because uh, we were talking about... I, I missed the Marge one, but the one before that. I think... Or maybe was was it during know. the Marge one? It might have been. I don't think it was during the Marge one. I don't know. The one, the prize for last time, you don't know because you weren't there. Wasn't there. The time before that was the Marge one, I think. And the time before that was... Wait. Oh. Oh, shit. Josh Weinstein was our guest. January maybe. was Flanders. Mm-hmm. December was... Christmas. Christmas? Oh, uh, I that's was when there Josh for that. Was there. I was that's there for Josh that. Was yeah. there. He was there for Christmas. The one before that was Marge and I didn't make yes. that one. Yeah. Uh, but no, Josh talked about. Um, there's a lot of characters who were, vo- were supposed to be voiced by celebrities that ended up Hank Azaria just ended up doing the voice. <laughs> and we talked about Frank Grimes, which the episode of Homer's Enemy, which is like one of the top ten oh, so good. best Simpsons episodes, so and it's good. so sad. Yeah. And we talked. Josh was talking about. He's like, a lot of people thought it was too sad of an episode <laughs> because it's just a guy who has a sad life who dies. <laughs> tragic silo he, explosion. Tragic silo explosion. <laughs> I'd live above a bowling alley underneath another bowling alley. This place wow. is a palace. <laughs> and Whoa. lobsters for dinner. Lobster. 
Your son owns a factory? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he dies. He gra- he, he The factory with the Wacky fa- Jack. There's oh, so much God. that happens in that There's episode. So Bart buys a factory for a oh. dollar. And, and the collapses. seizures. And the property seizures. The property seizures. Millhouse, well, you were supposed to be watching the factory. I was, I was watching, watching it. it. I watched it Just start like to fall over. over. And, and then, then it fell, fell over. over. <laughs> all right, everybody tuck your, your pants into your socks. When all the rats go from the, yep. the building into Moe's bar. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah, and then, yeah, uh, Frank Grimes. Yeah. Grimey. The saddest character in television history. I'm better than okay. I'm Homer Simpson. You, you wish. wish. <laughs> well, I love the idea Extremely that... high voltage. High voltage. Nicholas Cage was supposed to be that character. And just oh. imagining him being like, what's this? <laughs> Extremely high voltage. Well, I don't need to touch that. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, Nicolas Cage delivering that line would have been so surreal. Yeah. And then uh, Josh was like, it was a point where this character mm-hmm. needed to be understood completely. You can't just have someone come in yeah, and do a voice. Yeah, do a voice, yeah. Hank understood the character, and so Hank Azaria mm-hmm. brought... And it's one of the best episodes still to this day. He's in a contest for children. Yeah, and he beat their brains <laughs> out. out. <laughs> he just, look, everyone! He's in a contest for children. Yeah, and he beat their brains out. What? That's the same one with... Oh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, computer wore tennis shoes. Oh, yeah. Uh, e- email? What's an email? No. <laughs> it's sort of like uh, an electric letter. Or a silent phone call. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And that was... And I think <sighs> that time of... That period of Simpsons was my favorite because that's when Josh Weinstein and Bill Oakley were writers and executive producers. Yeah. And a lot of their episodes had very human, realistic-like mm. messages. And like, some are a four-foot-two. Where they go to the Flanders Beach House. Yeah, yeah. I've got, I've, I've had that vacation where I've mm-hmm. gone to beach houses in like small towns, in like small nautical towns. Where you didn't know anyone. Where I don't know anybody. And it's like you try to be cool. You try to be the cool kid like with the group of locals there. Mm-hmm. And that, that episode is like so real. Yeah. It's such a real episode. Yep. Uh, Marge Be Not Proud is another really real episode. Yep. And it has some, it's super funny, but it's emotional, it's real. And just the, the concept of your mother not loving you anymore <laughs> is so, so hard to take. Especially when it comes through a cartoon. <laughs> oh, I feel like we've, I, yeah. f- I broke the record. We've extended, uh, we've extended these people's listening habits to uh, four hours at a time. They've, they've tuned or, out. Or, or they're listening while they're working and they're very grateful that, for it. Yeah. I had a job. I had a job that I left to move up here that I would listen to podcasts all day long. <laughs> and that one four and, a half, four and a half hour episode of You Made It Weird while I was working. <laughs> laughing my ass off. Well, you've had, you've had, like, who else? You've had Zach Sherwin on here. Zach Sherwin, Matt McCarthy, uh, Kate Flannery, who played Meredith on mm-hmm. The Office. Uh, She's a, she went to the same college as me. Oh, yeah? She was at my graduation. Nice. Yeah. Her <laughs> advice was don't drink on the job. <laughs> uh, Dave Horowitz, Abed Gaith, who was the inspiration for Abed and yeah. Community. Uh, so many. And Lindsay Ames. Lindsay's Kurt, great. Kurt Neal, Will Anderson. And now you have me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm the longest one. Adam And I'm nobody. You're somebody. I'm, uh, you, you uh, is. You is. I'm Alan Smithy <laughs> on this fucking podcast. That's might as well who I, I am. P. 
People, I think people are going to like this episode. We covered a lot. We covered a lot. We covered a lot. uh, I re-listened to the episode before I release it to get tags and keywords. Holy shit, this is going to expand the XML file, I'll tell you what. You're you, gonna, guys, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Expanding gonna, that XML file. We're, ah, we're, ah. we're currently at 14 Four minutes. hours. Four, Four hours, hours and 13 minutes. 13 minutes. And I'm going to do a pre-roll, and I, so it's going to add like a gonna minute. It's going to be like seven hours. <laughs> I feel... And I've only said one thing that's interesting, maybe. No. In, <sighs> it, it, this isn't about interesting. I know. This is about entertaining. <laughs> I've said maybe zero entertaining things. If you Yamatators have made it to the end of this episode, please, please, Um, please, leave leave a a rating or review or or both on iTunes. I'll also, if you made it all the way to the end, I'll tell you where I keep my gold. Oh, shit. On your bed of money. (laughs) It's actually not really gold. It's more of a personal treasure. That's the secret. It's the laughter of children. (laughs) Okay. Well, this has been fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, this yeah, uh, this has been you and me and thoughts and talk with Doug Culp and Adam yeah, Murray. Yeah, thank you. I'm gonna plug, well, yeah, YouTube channel. That's the last thing I'm gonna plug. Your YouTube, youtubecom YouTube.com slash Adam Murray M U R A Y. Go there and subscribe. I've been desperate for subscribers. I have no shame. Please subscribe. I'm trying to break a certain amount of numbers. It's free to do. Yeah. You don't even have to watch my stuff if you don't want to. Just click subscribe. It'll make me feel better. Click subscribe. Click play. Walk away. Yeah. Walk away. You can, you can do that. Go to the playlist. Click play. Let it run. Come back in about a half hour. Occasionally come in and click on one of the ads that's on there. Something. Come back in about a half hour. I have I have seven videos up. I think it's about a half hour of material. Just do it when you're doing laundry. There you go. And come back, and you'll be like, oh, I watched all of them. Oh, I watched them. There you go. Were they good? I don't know. You don't need to know. (laughs) Do you like The Thing and Beastmaster and references to Norwegian films? Then you'll love Then you'll love my channel. (laughs) You'll love really esoteric references to films that no one has seen and references that no one gets. Because nobody watches liquor commercials from the 1960s. That's where the money's at. That's yeah, that's, yeah. Instead of trying to do like hip, current. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's a sketch about North Korea. Screw, no, I'm gonna focus on this sketch yeah. about Busby Berkeley. Yeah. I think this is Whatever what people really want to see. <laughs> We're gonna sketch about a mayor of Imagination Town instead of making a reference yes! on Kim Kardashian. Yes. Figment uh, the dragon. The new the the one that's coming out. They'll probably be out before this podcast goes up. Um. Is a is a nostalgia is a nostalgia bomb of a fucking sketch. Nice. Uh, I'm not gonna say anything about it. It's just you're gonna watch it and you'll be like, oh yeah, I remember the 1994 as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what it is, and it's very sad. It's an incredibly sad sketch. <laughs> it's a sad sketch co- uh, parading around as something lighthearted and fun. <laughs> okay, so yeah. yeah, watch that. Follow 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 him on Twitter. Um, follow at Yamatat on Twitter if you're not already. And, uh, four hours. Yeah, yeah. We, I didn't know we were recording for at least we, 20 minutes. We were, we were. I think we were recording you before I walked in the apartment. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> I was like, okay. Okay, uh, uh, do, get, get on with your lives after this. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Bye. No one does like four hours. <laughs>